with EFAP number 45. Can you believe it? Unbelievable. Yes, we're back. We're Hopefully so it separates cool. out. I swear to God, if it doesn't, I'll be upset. I gotta add Wolf's channel into the description. Um, but yeah, once I'm doing all those boring no, things... you don't have to do that. That's, that's I literally, bad. by law, have to do that. It, like, it looks like... Uh, uh, I don't know. The word of wolf. Um, so... It looks, it looks different. Um... I different. thought the chat was the same as it was before. I think it might just... not change. I don't think chat does change. Like, it doesn't uh, refresh. Well, uh, oh, okay. If not, it'll be a really long stream. <laughs> stream health yeah. is looking okay? Is everything working? Let me look at my... Uh... Welcome, people. We are back. Hello. We have returned, and we've gained a person. Say hello, Wolf. Yeah. Be massive. Hi. You guys and went for so long that I was actually able to make it after work. And, and the, one of the first thing he says when he comes and joins us is he lays down one of the most atrocious statements I've heard in a while. <laughs> Repeat it, Wolf. Do it. Sir. Repeat it. Oh. Uh, Alita Battle Angel is kind of terrible. Oh. Oh. Okay, so, Shad, so Shad <laughs> I want to give you the rundown of my, of my opinion of Alita. Or right. my history with my opinion of Alita, because it's changed multiple times. Right. So I watched Alita Battle Angel shortly after making my Aquaman video. I hate Aquaman. That's a terrible movie. And I was kind of on a hate high when I made that. Hate. So, yeah, we'll call it a hate high. So after that, I went to see Alita and I was like, man, I could totally rip this movie apart. And I started thinking about it and I was like, it's not really rip apartable. It's more just like bland and doesn't do anything even remotely interesting and then i read the manga and now i hate it more than anything it's <laughs> so good at, like like literally anyone that has told you that it is a good adaptation is lying to you <laughs> it's a horrible adaptation this, this is this is hilarious because i like you're basically in the exact position we just I was flipped, flipped the efap around now <laughs> I'm now on the receiving end, but I, I, I'm actually more than open to acknowledging that if the comic, like the manga, is so much better than the movie, that by nature readjusts the um, the point of comparison. What the, I mean, I, I, I can't because I haven't read the manga, and so it's harder for you me should. to judge it against something greater. Um, it, but if there is a version that's so much better, and this doesn't match up. That honestly means that it is a less, or it is of less quality than what you know it could have been because there's a higher point of comparison. Kind of what we were talking about last stream. My my, the, my analogy that I gave is that is with um, uh, records, world records in like sport and stuff, and something is only the best until someone else beats it. And when it's when it's beaten, the thing that used to be the best is by nature redefined as not the best anymore. And in actual fact, if that if that um, world record gets surpassed to the point where it's more than twice as fast as the original record, that record that was once great can be objectively bad, even though its time did not change because we're now looking at it from uh, a new point of comparison. So, interesting. I, I would highly suggest the Alita manga. Um, I, I need to read the manga consumable. now. Because um, I've watched the anime, and the anime, uh, I thought the movie enough. was... Yeah, I thought the oh the the OVA, yeah yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of dated, but it's also nothing like the manga. I don't like that one either. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but that, I, I dislike it also because the animation is just kind of it hasn't aged very well as compared to other animes. But, you know, that's that's a different subject altogether. It's not I kind of forgot most of the OVA at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I look at Alita Battle Angel, the movie objectively, it's like really dull for the most part. And it's world building is the biggest issue I have. And uh, the world building of the manga is I loved her vulnerability. Yeah, I loved her vulnerability. She's her a Mary Sue, though. <gasps> See, no, I got it. Like, she fails and she needs help and everything. And the only time she failed, she got a. She, the only time she failed, she beat the shit out of a dude twenty times her size and got a body that was way better than before. I think that's simplifying it a bit. She gets trashed, like in the in the one on one when it was just her and him. She, she gets ripped him. apart into pieces, and then she's crawling away, and she's about to get stomped on and crushed. And then she literally killed Ido. him without any limbs aside from no, 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 arm. no. She wouldn't have been able to do that if Ido hadn't came in, come in, and stopped him from crushing her. It's only after that because that was going to be game over. So her life was legitimately saved and she legitimately lost at that point. And it was only after that that she then, and this is interesting because this is kind of like the whole um, Spider-Man homecoming thing when it's crushed on the thing where she fails and then she regains her strength again. And even only having one limb, she pulls out that huge move and just right through the eye. I loved that part. I mean, yeah, it was visually cool, but character wise but, but thematically every, emotionally I mean, that 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 was brilliant i thought the only emotion i felt was laughter when the stupid little dog died and she took it so seriously <laughs> you know what's really actually sad is uh gruishka actually has a character in the manga and it's Does he really... see i didn't i like um fully happy to well, that he has ways to improve him like so... he serviced the the purpose that he was filling in the in the movie from my understanding and stuff and so i like I didn't the, really need anything. Yeah, they they ruined his character. It's like the biggest character assassination I've seen aside from Luke, probably. Oof, ouch! It, it's kind of terrible because he's actually got a lot of depth in the manga, whereas he's just he's evil because he's evil in the movie. Oh, well, so, that is a good time. Like, he is not a complex character in any you way. Did it, in the movie. You did it on Cosmoronics. You haven't done it here, so you can actually like talk about it, but. Someone's just said, but in the manga. So it's like, oh, do you want to clarify your position on adaptations for the for the audience? Dan and I already said that objectively it's like dull, but I'm talking about my uh, position on the manga as opposed on the adaptation rather. So, uh, do you want to be clear about how how you separate them, or do you just want to leave it there? Um, I don't know. You know, so so I will, uh, you know. Let, let me think. It, oh, right. We'll just use The Shining because that's always my go-to example. Uh, the Shining is a horrible, insulting adaptation of a far better book, but it's still a really great movie. Subjectively, I probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch The Shining movie because I'm too attached to the book, but I will still admit that it is an objectively good movie. It just kind of depends. It's uh, We got to go movie by or adaptation by adaptation. It's kind of subjective depending on what I'll actually like, like uh, the It movie from 2017. I really liked it, but it also changed a lot from the book. Could you say, yeah. like, is there one that you could say is better than the other when it comes to The Shining? I, I personally feel the you book, could, yeah. even though, like... Yeah, the yeah, book is way better. The book is way better. <laughs> Infinitely better. So, well, see, that, that that's interesting, because then I, like... 
Well, I don't have a point in comparison, so because I've heard people love the movie better than the book, so I, I can't really comment on it then. Uh, it's hard to say. You, you should read the book. It's really good. Like, like, does it change the source material so much that... It's it, uh, does... it also does a huge character assassination. Assassination, sorry. Uh, Dick's character is nothing in the movie, whereas in the uh, book, there's an actual reason for him being there, other See, than just dying. Well, that stuff really ticks me off when, like, a good character is just butchered in an adaptation. And uh, my my opinion is that you can legitimately have that reflect on the overall quality of the film, not just as a separate adaptation. I feel the adaptive quality is an essential part of the overall quality as well. And you can critique subsets, but if you're trying to say, is the whole thing good? I feel its effectiveness as the adaptation informs that judgment. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, look, like I said, you're not going to hear me call on The Shining uh, a bad movie. It's a really good movie, but I don't like it because it insults a book I really love. See, because if if the movie was done on something that I loved and it, and like betrayed certain characters and everything like that, I would be more inclined to say it was bad. Even if other elements were good, I, I feel if it really be, like underperformed to what it was supposed to be, which is essentially an, a, a good adaptation. That's a part of what it's supposed to be. That is a big, you know, uh, influence on the quality that I would give it. So, I disagree with that. I think it can yeah. still be objectively good while disrespecting the material, which is, like I said, it's what The Shining does. Oh, well, it's I'm not, sure yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, I'm saying that the effectiveness of its adaptation influences it. It's a, it's a, it's a part of your judgment of it. And, like, if everything else is brilliant and like really, really good, well, that can overcome its flaws in its adaptiveness. It's always a balance. I try and try and figure and, it out as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it, it. Like I said, my uh, I I can't really make a scale for how I'm going to like a movie that's that differs from its source material. Um, it's really subjective. It depends on a lot of different factors. As long as it stays true to the characters, the world, and the uh, uh, story and thematic elements, then I'll be fine with it, which is uh, what it did. It's uh, very true to the spirit of the book. Um, See, this is that, that I, like that's kind of my issue with the Spider-Man stuff as well. Being true to the character, even the spirit and everything like that. Those are the important elements that I want to see translated accurately in a Spider-Man adaptation. And I'm open to certain experimentation and variance, uh, you know, uh, but if it changes too much and betrays certain things about the character, that's when I have an issue with it, which is why I had an issue with Far From Home. I don't, like it's average yeah. for me. Look, yeah. I, I didn't get to say it because I wasn't part of the uh, the homecoming debate. Um but I don't mind if someone makes that argument of uh, adaptation, you know, if they don't like it. If they don't like Spider-Man Homecoming because they think it's insulting to the Spider-Man comics, then, yeah, I totally, I'm totally okay with that. That's fine by me. Um, oh, I also feel the, that there the, the are only... other element issues in characterization and plot that make it a worse movie as well, which means it's a poor adaptation and a poor standalone movie just considered independently. So, yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure people don't want us to get into um, too, too much of that since he already did a five-hour stream all about that. I thought that, that was but... interesting, though. Shad, wait, 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 wait. Shad, you, 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 you made a point to separate those two things. I thought you said they were intrinsically tied together. They are intrinsically tied, but you can judge things or, like you can 
judge subsets of it separately, right? But just to say something is good because it is consistent doesn't discount the other elements that can that can be used to judge its overall quality. Characterization, I feel, is a very important one, and uh, its adaptive quality as well. And so even if you say something is brilliant in its consistency and its plot and things, if uh, if also graphics, if, if the special effects or just filming, you know, quality is junk, making it unwatchable, it doesn't matter how good the plot is, it's a terrible film still. I, I think that uh, the plot and stuff is more of a significant factor than, um, like, i.e., this film is shot like garbage, the sound design is crap, but the writing is awesome. It's like, well, the film can be good, even if the oh, rest no, of it's see, bad. Whereas... No, if, if, it's, if the filming and sound quality I mean, you, is so bad literally... that it's unwatchable... Oh, uh, like... yeah, right, but what I mean is it's bad but not unwatchable, then it's still a good but movie. There's, but there's a level where it becomes unwatchable, that's my point, and so... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so there are, there are external elements that you can look at a film in judging quality separate to you know story yeah. plot a thing that absolutely inform your overall assessment of the quality of the movie as a whole right but uh, i guess it's whether or not we're pulling from other sources or and by other no, no, sources, you could use other sources cost. as a standard like a great example is uh, you use a film that has excellent graphics as the standard to compare the uh, filming quality of another film and in this instance you could even use okay, but, uh, Last uh, Jedi an as an example one. of the I have, graphics I have an interesting case. point now um films age so does it get worse because of that you know yes i got yeah well, I mean, I would actually, what i mean in some is instances, like, yes so we look at uh, we look at like ter- well that's age well uh, independent <laughs> yeah exactly see because there are some films that had what, what about what Citizen Kane sorry what about Citizen Kane I haven't seen it um, but there are some really? films that use what they had available so well that even in in the modern day where we have CGI graphics and everything they still hold yeah, up and, but, and that's but a, my that's point, a, that's my, a my point would be um, like okay let's take a video game like Crash Bandicoot. It's like the game looks pretty shit now, but um, it's not like the game got worse. The game is as good as it was when it came out. It just looks worse relatively. See, I but don't it's know. Still like the same. A good example: Baldur's Gate series. Loved it to death. One of my all-time favorite games. Now, right? Or was right when I like. I just that was drugs for me. Loved it. I can't play it anymore. Uh, the I like the graphics are too jarring for me. Uh, the fact that I have to read everything and there's no voiceover takes too much effort because I've experienced something that's so much better, so much more immersive, takes less effort to enjoy. It's now restructured my uh, opinion of the original Baldur's Gate games. Still love them. I can st- and I can still say that they were so great for their time and when I experienced them. But compared to what's available now. There, there are better games, much, much um, better games. Yeah, but, but what I mean is, like, the game itself hasn't gotten worse. It is yeah, as but good my now point as of it reference, was when my, it came yeah, out. My point of reference, the thing I'm comparing it against has changed, and there, and because there's so much better, I can't uh, think, I can't actually say this is one of the greatest games, period, ever, ever made, because graphic quality and, and immersion, all these other things need to be considered that are done better because technology has improved. Yeah, but I guess the difference would be that technology is different to plot and story. Like um, Odysseus doesn't age in a sense because it's, it's just a story. 
Well, no, it's... it does. It does. Like the structure of prose and everything like that and what people are familiar with and how easy it is to absorb and everything yeah, the, like that. The story of Odysseus, like the story can't age. What do you mean when you say age? It can't get worse? Well, well, the thing is, is um, because when we say age, we mean it appears worse relative to other things as time progresses. Um, but the plot itself is not susceptible to wear and tear or looking worse graphically or visually or in sound design. And like, or if like semantics the... or words had to be updated to understand them, like just, just a word that's not used anymore versus one that's now so someone could translate it for you, Technically speaking, the story never changed. I agree with you there. But yeah, I mean, that's why Shakespeare still holds up today. You're able to change the language and still make good adaptations of the work. Good adaptations, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, yeah, my, my uh, going back to the original thing, is that when a higher standard is created that you have a can judge it against, it ultimately does affect where that sits in comparison to what you're comparing against it hasn't changed but if uh if you're trying to say what if if a good movie is a movie that is in the top 50 percent of movies made okay and a movie was made that reached a 10 out of 10 so it's in the top 50 percent but suddenly if that rating now jumps to 100 it's only a 10 out of 100 it's now in the bottom 50 percent because there's a, such a larger pool to compare it against it now becomes one of the worst movies ever made didn't change right but, but, but the the film itself isn't worse like it's it's the no, same no, because you you can only judge what is good and bad based on a point of comparison and if your point of, point of comparison is better and greater than it was before um, it can become worse so without changing just an example uh just to see if i can maybe poke a small hole so like uh okay. game mechanics is of being hitboxes how well can i judge a hitbox so like in ds2 i rip into them for a good like 20 minutes for how awful they are and my standard would be, how close is the hitbox to the model? And so if someone was to create a game in 1995 where the hitboxes are tied directly to the model to a T, like there's no mistakes whatsoever, there is no time where those hitboxes can age to be worse. They will be that good forever because there's no standard that can get higher than that in terms of uh, the standard of hitbox matching uh, model. Do you, do you yep, see what I mean in that I case? Yeah, I agree in that instance, absolutely. Okay. But see, where in the story have we been able to define perfection definitively? I don't know if I would say it's uh, so perfection? like a story um, that was written in like the 1900s could feasibly have been written tomorrow. Uh, the, the, there's not necessarily you haven't lost the ability to write. Obviously, I'm not including stuff like say I wanted to write a medieval story. Um, I feasibly could, theoretically I should be saying, come up with the same story as a guy living in the medieval times, because uh, if I'm only drawing from uh, the limits of pen and paper, if you if you understand what I mean, like like making my mark, it would be the languages would be a difference as we've already highlighted, but um, the storytelling itself, there's uh, I don't know that we as as a society age to the point where a story. Um, You're right, it, like like. I, I do believe objective standards exist when it comes to storytelling, but I will absolutely agree that those objective standards can change based on culture and many, many parameters. And so ultimately it's impossible to have a perfect fuller story if the standard you're trying to determine by which it is perfect is changing. So obviously that's impossible. 
Um, <coughs> sorry, I just uh, tried to drink something. Either way, would everyone like to discuss Far From Home? It's been so long, and we'd oh, finally be able to do it. Before we do it, before we do it, I have two things to say. Oh no. First, first thing, Shad, I'm like halfway through, a little over halfway through your book. Oh, oh! I'm at like page, I think I'm at like 290 something or other. I don't think I'm quite at 300 yet, but I'm closing in. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like the. Oh. <laughs> is it anything else, or, or it's just that's. Uh, well, I I feel like I kind of want to read the book to completion before I make any definitive it's statements yeah, it's on it. Good plan. It's a good um, plan. yeah, because I mean, some of my criticisms right now might be remedied by the end, and I don't want to say something that okay. will be like completely false. Oh well, yes. But, let's hold off on that. I don't feel like having a knife stabbed through my but, heart right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say Be gentle, uh, sir, okay? This is this is treading on some very vulnerable ground. This isn't some video yeah. essay talking about Spooderman. We gotta be careful, okay? <laughs> well, I I wanna say that of the objective statements I can make thus far is your world building is immaculate. Oh, thank you. It, that it, means a lot. I, I would say well, of all the self-published books i've read yours is definitely the best i've read so far granted that's only like nine or ten but you know of the nine or ten it's the best and your world building is really good have some criticisms of how it's conveyed but it's still yes good. yes i can i can be a bit expository and i did actually struggle over deciding to be briefer in certain instances and stuff like that and i had to make a call and ultimately it was if i enjoyed what was there and so that does kind of come to a subjective again thing like you know and and so yeah i did struggle over those elements i fully admit but uh hopefully it doesn't distract people from the enjoying the story yeah uh yeah i i'll i'll probably give you like a rundown of all the things when i'm when i'm finished with it but that's the that's the thing that i can say is like objectively really pretty fucking good about it awesome thanks man oh i can't wait for you to finish it you got some very exciting things to come <laughs> yes i i am i will try to finish it as soon as i can unfortunately got a heavy work week ahead so i probably won't be available for the next defat but you know and the second thing is, for anyone in the chat that's a Corn fan, you'll never find me. It's such a good fucking song. I've been listening to it on repeat, like <laughs> literally all day. Like I fucking love this song. It's awesome. All right. But hey, thank, thanks okay, for reading that, the book, it. man. That means heaps. I really appreciate. Well, it. yeah. I mean, I think I've bought like every book written by a YouTuber <laughs> I like. Well, you're just gonna stop Sometimes a book. Well, <laughs> oh, every book. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay, well, I, I mean, Jesus Christ! If you saw the bookshelves behind me, then you might actually think that. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, bought recently. Well, before you, uh, do you know who the YouTuber Hello Future Me is? Oh yeah, and I know, like, I, I'm good mates with him. Actually, we chat on Discord on the occasion. And yeah, oh, cool. um, yeah, his book, um, How to Write Fantasy, and so I, I think it. Uh, no, I think it's just on writing, and it's about mm. world building specifically. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I mean, as soon as he uh, posted that he wrote a thing, I was like, "Well, gotta gotta get it." 
And then I saw that you wrote a thing and you said you're a Brandon Sanderson and Robert Jordan fan. And I was like, well, I definitely am obligated to get it now. So, and I definitely see the inspiration, you light blinded fiend. (laughs) That's a naughty word. You can't say that on stream. It's naughty. Thank you for giving it uh, a good justification using light. Because yeah. at first I was like, oh God, I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way. Because when it first, when I first started uh, reading it and I noticed characters using light, I was like, oh shit, people are going to think he's just plagiarizing. I know, I know. And this, this is kind of my issue when it comes to that. I know, sorry if we're getting a bit off topic chat, we'll be brief here. <laughs> is, um, <laughs> if I come to a decision regarding the world or plot or anything like that, naturally on my own, that this is the most natural result of the world or what would happen even if it was done in another story i don't like letting that detract me from what you know should i should have the freedom to implement just because that makes the most logical sense and stuff and so there's actually a couple of word choices that are the same in certain other books and it's not because i'm copying it's just that was the best word for the situation and stuff yeah yeah i i've come to like it because um I don't remember exactly what page it was actually justified on, but you you make the distinction of what light and dark means in this specific world with like oh, the yeah. difference between a normal night and the night or the, mm-hmm. the four nights that have happened. Um, exactly. And uh, I don't remember exactly what the insult was, but you said shade something or other for another insult. And I was like, oh, that's the distinction. Well, that's mm-hmm. kind of neat. And now I don't have any problem with it at all. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm impressed that you were able to take an insult from something you were inspired by, give it a different justification and context, and still make it work. See, this is how you appropriate other people's (laughs) (laughs) You're appropriating, what would you call it, Jordanian culture, we'll call it that. (laughs) And we had him on this podcast, we didn't even know. Yeah, I I will try to get through the book as fast as I can, and I will have a conversation with you about it. Oh, mate, let's do it on EFAP. I can't wait. I'll I'll just sit back and listen like, hmm. (laughs) Well, well, you know, Maula, the the book is available. I I really, if only you'd made a movie or a TV show or a video game. I I, I have made an audio book. Just, just putting that out there. Hmm. Oh, Chad, trust me. I've been trying to get him to get into things for a while. I tried to get him to read uh, or to listen to the Expanse audiobooks, and he won't do it. I tried to get him to read Watchmen, and he won't do it. He, <laughs> just, he, does, he doesn't. I read. don't do much reading. I just watch the fuck out of movies. I've still got a shit ton of movies to watch. I got like a whole I'm bunch of recommendations. Reader, Chad. It's okay. You got a friend in me. <laughs> I, Alrighty, well, that's you've exposed awesome. me. I can't read. You happy now? <laughs> yes. I will honestly though. It's it's more. There's no book I'd be more considering. I was like, hmm. I do like Shad. Hmm. <laughs> Good enough for a reason to read it. Oh book. God! Even Jay said. Even I've read Watchmen. Yeah, but he, it's, does that count for anything, really? Well, Mahler, it's now that Jay, he he's. Read a thing that you haven't. He hasn't he's watched something. He probably hasn't he's watched a, like. But here's the thing: you can't allow him to experience something that you haven't, because then we can't keep the meme going. Oh, you can. He's 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 watched things that we haven't for sure. He's probably seen movies that we <laughs> haven't. Book which... is a bad ripoff of Fern Gully. <laughs> 
how did they know holy crap <laughs> that, that's oh. a deep meme from one of my streams how about Mola read us the book i spent an efap just reading his book <laughs> get a little fire on the screen get into legal trouble yeah i probably would actually um so yeah does everyone want to talk about far from home remember that movie came out yeah Anyone? Yeah, I remember that movie. Gosh, so that, that movie. Why don't we we take the most polarized opinions on it first? I I reckon that'll be Fringy and Shad. Oh, uh, what do you want me to say? What I think of it? Sure, you can go first. Then then Shad, I guess. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to mull it over. Um, Far from Home is good. Uh, I think it's very good. <laughs> It's not a, I don't know if I'd say it's as good as Homecoming because Homecoming is really solid, but I think Far From Home is good, albeit there are some contrivances and some iffy things, some questionable things, like questionable decisions and stuff like that. Um, my view on it is that it's, it seems like a logical next step to, to see where Spider-Man is going. Like, it... Hmm, I'm just trying to think of a way to explain it. Um... Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a natural escalate, uh, a natural progression from where he left off after Homecoming and Endgame. National Geographic. What? What? National Geographic. Is that is that what I said? Yeah, you know, Wolf was trying to make a joke, and it's now it's now just yeah. confused you. Well done, Wolf. Yeah, Good job. Um, you're welcome. The, the reason why I'm trying to mull it over is because I don't want to say something that I'm like, oh, whoops, that was wrong. That was stupid. Um, I mean, it's all right to be wrong. You're right. <laughs> You'll be yeah, fine. we're just going to be scrutinizing you mercilessly, though yeah, I am. I don't care to be wrong. I, I, I take, I take issue. On your side. I take issue with the sentence Guys. that you just said, uh, Shad. I want to scrutinize it. You can never it. be wrong. If you're wrong, then you're a bad person by default. And yeah, so well, I'd say ashamed. Far From Home, like Homecoming, is kind of a great example of cause and effect in action because things always keep, you know, there's a consequence to things that happen and then there's a progression of things that happen and there are enough subtle hints and build up to certain decisions that are made in certain important character moments that it never strikes me as odd or out of left field. Like, um, sort of the, the reason why, you know, he's... Uh, why Peter is likely to befriend Mysterio and then obviously kind of get fooled by him as well as his uh, progression towards figuring out how he needs to be a hero. Like if, if Mola said that the um, that homecoming is the why, then uh, Far From Home is the how, you know, like, because he, he feels inadequate. He doesn't feel like he's good enough. And these are things that would have been reinforced by past events. And there's just a vacuum there, not only in his life with the loss of a mentor figure, but also in the world with the loss of Iron Man. And so it's very much about him coming to realize what his role will be in the world. Um, I'm sure more things that I like will become apparent as we talk about it. But yes. So, so are you criticizing it or saying why it's good? <laughs> what the fuck? How did you? You only said nice things about it. <laughs> I know. All right. I thought I thought you introduced Mauler as the one. Mauler and me were going to say things we disliked about it. I'm no, I said Fringy and you were probably going to have Fringy, the, Fringy. Oh, the okay. polar opposite take. So, sorry, I meant Fringy when I said Mauler before. Okay, yes. All right. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to explain what you think, then because uh, I probably yeah, that's probably enough for now. I'll figure out more when we talk about it. Okay, so biggest thing I disliked about it was uh, 
Peter Parker's, uh, I guess, whole character. Um, sorry, I just mean I got my. Sorry, my daughter's here, so there might be some background noise. I apologize. Um, yeah, it's so. Shadling. Yes, there are, there are many of them. Um, I, I really felt the portrayal of his character was a contradiction on the established Peter Parker, you know, character that exists in all the works and so not all, but most of the works and stuff. And not only was that a failure in its adaptive quality, but also it was a more unlikable character just comparatively. Uh, I feel he made some pretty damn dumb choices a lot of the plot is based upon just trying to fix a mistake he made he is actively trying to avoid helping people and saving lives which i found selfish and uh um unlikable and uh and so yeah there was a lot of elements about his character that i really didn't like i felt there was a lot of plot hole well enough plot holes to be annoyed at in regards to um, elements in the plot. Uh, I really didn't like the glasses. I thought it was dumb that Peter had them in the first place uh, for many reasons. And uh, and then his use of them. And uh, I didn't like Mysterio. He rung very true on a couple of levels. Like he seemed like a villain that was uh, up. Like I know I'm characterizing him and you can try and go into a bit more depth, but it, it came across like he was a villain because Tony Stark called his project Bath. And, and that sent him down the track where he was willing to take lives and everything. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I, in terms of feeling for his uh, justified motivations, that fell very flat for me as well. And, uh, and I might be coming across that I hate the film. I, I feel the film was average. I give it a 5 out of 10. So when I say I dislike it, that's not me saying I hate it. But I do kind of fall into the dislike, even though I still my, my rating is still five out of ten. I kind of fall into the dislike camp with the additional souring in my mouth of the uh, the uh, failure as the as an ad adaptation of Spider-Man as well. On top of that, so that kind of makes me dislike it a bit more. Can I come back on the Mysterio thing? Because now I'm thinking about that again. I think Mysterio is a good villain. Uh, I'd say he's a pretty great villain. He's not as good as Vulture, but I think he works really well. Um, he's It's another sort of example of a well-integrated villain into the MCU. He's a little bit more closely tied to Tony Stark more so than, um, than Vulture was, but he's still very much opposed to, like, Peter Parker in the story. Um... I think I think the uh, I mean Mysterio is a cool villain in general. The idea of using illusions to trick people and convince people, and that's part of the reason why it works well that he was able to trick Peter. You know, not like in terms of manipulating him. He knew exactly what things to say, and there are a lot of hints that he's paying close attention to what's happening so that he knows what to say. Don't apologize for being the smartest person in the room. Oh, you hijacked his holiday. You just want to have a time with his friends. Oh, but you know, you you just want to be with your friends and stuff like that. And it's just paying really close attention and saying the right things to coax Peter towards doing what he wants. Um, and then it also demonstrates how well thought out he is in terms of the way that he uses his technology as well. Like we see him planning out his attack, like, all right, double the damage, do the projection like this. And this is something we noticed as well. Um, like, you, you know how uh, MJ picks up the hologram and then it starts playing the uh, the projection and of course, the immediate thought is like, well, that's convenient. But what I realized was um, they were testing their technology at the same time. 
and the the uh the hologram that was missing was part of the relay. The only thing that would be convenient about it was how much information it showed when it only should have shown fragments. But it's just that kind of well thought out sort of details. It's like you know when a film gets that precise and is really thinking out these details well, it's generally going to be leaning towards a good film. So hang on, what details specifically impressed you? you like, just, so you know how um how when um Peter is fighting you know uh, in Prague against the lava one. Um, and then the projector goes missing and MJ picks it up. Like when she is talking to Peter, it starts projecting the information that they need to figure out Mysterio as a villain, to which you would go, that's convenient. But it's projecting the footage of the London monster because at the same time, um, Mysterio is testing out. He's preparing. He's doing his um, rehearsals for the London one. So what comes across as convenient actually makes a lot of sense in context because he's testing it and it's still part of the relay, which is how he figures out that it's gone missing. It's like, see, well, you didn't have to see, do that. I don't did. know. That doesn't, that doesn't really impress me. That just kind of strikes me as, well, of course they would want to at least do that because that's what you would, it would exist consistently just to, with what's. Yeah. But it's there. just a lot of movies don't do that. A lot of movies will just. But, <laughs> would, wouldn't that, isn't relay. that a, a more negative indictment on the state of film rather than a positive uh, thing? This movie. Um, did? <laughs> perhaps, but it's something that it did well anyway, because they, there was an explanation for it, which is a positive, even, even if it is convenient, the information that it really. I don't know. See, explaining conveniences logically should be a standard we would hope to accept than, yeah, than actually give credit yeah. to it for doing it. So I, I guess what well, I, 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 that yeah. didn't impress me because that was kind of my reaction as well. I was like, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine then. It's still yeah. a thing though that was good and not bad. The chat um, thinks that yeah, Spooderman is hell gay. Wait, Wolf, is, is gay good and straight bad or vice versa? <laughs> I don't well, understand. Look, this is a good Listen, this is a good Christian podcast. Oh, I see. Oh. Well, I mean... We don't we accept the gay here. What about the hella gay? Not that either. I'm not hearing no's. Oh, damn, he said no. Well, uh... I don't know if we... Did we just... I didn't mean to interrupt there if anyone... If Battlefriend was saying... I guess the topic is well, Mysterio. We, because Mysterio seems to be the topic now, so yeah, maybe yeah. we want to break, break him down a bit and see. So... Do you feel his actions were justified based on what we know from his past and character? Like, would that logically tip someone over he, to the point where they're willing is, to um, murder to get what they want? Like, a good comparison to... is Vulture. Because like, Vulture is a man who loves his family. And we can understand this. We can relate to this, that he feels his family is threatened. And, and that the tipping point was, you know, the... Um, uh, the shocker thing where he threatens his family and stuff. And he didn't even know that it would kill him. But after he died, shocker, he wasn't phased about it. And he, he was pushed to that action to protect his family. That's a relatable, understandable thing. We can, we can see that progression, how he got I, there. The with, thing with, is right. With Mysterio, you, shocker. being insulted shocker. that his wife's work was called Bart. Shad's trying to make a point. Take away my thunder. Um, I, had to, I had to get in on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so good. Yeah, like being insulted that his work, you know, life's work was called bath. I mean, like, that and then he got fired. 
Yeah, I mean, it didn't re- it didn't ring true to me. Like, I admit there are cases where people who get fired can be pushed over the edge. Well, and go it's worth more than note that he's clearly he's he, yeah he did. He's definitely insane. Like no, no, he, his actions, like his actions, identify no, him as you insane. You remember but the, scene, the motivation when uh no, but you remember the scene where like um he finds out that that drone went missing and he's like you know you know none of us want a bullet in our head right. Right, and he, you know, and he's, and then there's the parts where he starts screaming to like fire all the drones. He's more unhinged than uh, Vault. Yeah, see, was. see, to me, that just strikes me as the whole mustache twirling villain. I'm evil. I, think, I don't evil. believe. I don't think he's mustache twirling. There are still oh, instances see, where it's showing we don't, that he. I don't see any justification for him being. He like wants to be an Avenger. He wants to be an Avenger, and he wants to do it because he feels like they live in a. I mean, you remember how he said, "Don't apologize for being the smartest person in the room." That's like that's him. He was the smartest person in the room and he's got nothing to show for it. You know, he's intelligent. He created this illusion tech, but the only way to be recognized for your achievements in the MCU is seemingly to fly around shooting lasers in a cape. And so I can't he believe took you're subverting my poll. Why? Your, your polls suck. No, he's talking to me. <laughs> your poll is confusing. Nobody's... We, we can't be friends anymore because of this. You, I'm sorry. I, your poll made no sense and I felt bad for the chat. I did my this for you, chat. Perfect sense. Mine makes more sense. Okay. Look at the grammar. <laughs> Carry on, Frankie. If I'm right, yeah. Being recognized for you know your work and uh, an aspiration to be the next Iron Man is not a direct equivalent to leading someone to be uh, like. No, so he was insane. He was insane, and then. But he... see, he, I like he's more established as a normal person who had a job. He got insulted. He got ticked off, and um, then he decides he wants he's to kill. He's a psychopath, him. which means that he's good at lying. Case in point, but, he tricked but, Peter. What's tricked, what's a cliche uh, villain? Because that same argument applies to a cliche mustache twirling villain. Yes, yeah, um, evil because they're evil. Is he? Well, what do you mean cliche? What he's he's not evil because he's evil. He's that, unhinged, that's, that's and he I mean. wants to. He wants why? to be presented as a hero. Like, this is like, why Vulture is a good a villain, because right, but, he's a regular person, that, and we can see how a regular person can be pushed to that extreme yeah, I, I can evil. also see. I can also see how a mildly unstable guy could become a little bit more messed up if he spent years developing something, another rich guy took credit for it, and then fired him. Like it's people getting fired. Like it's it's not exactly a great thing to happen. So like to you can, you, there are ways to sell that villain archetype. They didn't execute it well in this movie because they didn't do the backstory. They didn't show how invested. They did do the backstory. No, no, they didn't well, show. He was so invested. invested. He said he was no, no, invested they, in it. Saying it isn't showing it. If they if they went through what? like he, if he they went invested. through and showed him working on it, or how much he invested in it, how much he sacrificed to do it. Did he lose the, like the after abandoned loved ones to achieve this great thing of achieving this life work and then it being belittled? But even being belittled doesn't really rob him of the success of yeah, building what he wanted. They think Tony Stark made it, and he wants recognition because he made it. That's why he. That's why he's Mysterio. He wants to be the next Iron Man in terms of status. That's why he he was uh, after the drone so that he could do his Avengers level threat. So everybody would be like, "Look at me, I'm Mysterio. Look at how great I am." And it worked because it worked in Venice and it worked in our uh, Prague. He got as far as he could tell Nick Fury. Like it was working. It was an effective plan. I don't like his plan. We'll come back to his plan. Well, I mean, his plan <laughs> worked. Oh, well, what? How so? Do you mean like the drones or something? Now, I'll say that it. his plan worked, but it seemed, I don't know, it didn't seem very uh, believable, to be honest with you. 
Well, like the uh, the illusion tech. Well, I mean, the illusion tech it definitely worked because um, in that regard. But how did he know Peter was going to suggest here have the glasses by? there's a couple of there's a couple of um, narrative issues with his his plan. That and yeah, this is like I, the first one. How did he? I feel like, like this is Zemo all over again. Honestly, what do you mean? Um, where people are like, well, his plan was like this, whereas um, he, remember how he. His plan was to keep doing this anyway. It just accelerated things. He even said, well, that was easy or like, well, you know, that makes it easier. He was building up to, he had drones. He could still do smaller stuff, but he wanted the, the massive drones so that he could do his Avengers threat. It was only a matter of time. If not, he'd just keep making See, more drones. This actually comes to oh, some and of he, the- he knew where the glasses were because one of his staff members said that she found out about the glasses because she worked for our Stark Industries. Yeah, see, Sorry. this comes to some fundamental issues I have with the movie overall. Uh, I don't think the glasses make sense. I think they create plot holes in the MCU uh, just by their mere presence. I don't, I don't buy the fact that Tony Stark would have even given them to Peter. Like, uh, I think that's an irresponsible move. He's obviously not ready for him, and uh, and uh, that causes that this like Peter Parker having access to you know a worldwide information net and death drones. This is where the you know argument can be made more fully that it undermines certain narrative beats that you can achieve with Spider-Man's story. Um, uh, by his limitations, that now undermined by the fact that he has such a power in his. Well, I mean, I, I mean, and, as demonstrated then, in the film, it, it, he it, is more powerful than the drones. He beats the drones. They the drones no, like there. if the whole if the whole drone army was set onto Spider Man to kill him, they we would expect that they would be able to kill him. But they didn't. Like, though. That, he beat I mean, them. No, because like if you what a thousand drones around him, all pointing at him from say fifty meters distance, where he doesn't have enough, you know, well, um, range to jump to and fight him, and they just shoot him. Well, what do you mean survive. in the in the movie the drones were chasing after him constantly? They yeah, did a that, lot of damage, but they didn't get him because yeah, he's but that's not he's... being that's not being realistic to the actual power at firepower that the drones have okay well so i mean that's just an issue with the fight well, scenes but hang on hang on we don't want to get derailed because going back no i i kind of don't want to skip this now that you brought it up um like he okay the drones. if i was controlling the drones and i could the drones well, well let's put it this way right the drone <laughs> the drones are like what are the utility of the drones in um in certain instances like because as, as it was no, shown we, uh, mysterio uses the illusion tech he created it mm -hmm. he has it on his wrist and he has to plan that ahead. So illusions aren't necessarily something that are going to work for Spider-Man unless he learns how to use it, but it's not really... No, no, yeah, just the firepower, the guns, the distance, oh, yeah. the range. What if he doesn't number. want to kill people? Like, Spider-Man doesn't want to kill people, so the no, drones no, 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 aren't hang on. useful. I thought we were talking about that the drones are way overpowered and you, undermined. Yeah, but what you're saying is that undermines him because he can use them, but he doesn't... Yeah, he has access. So yeah, he doesn't kill people, though. Spider-Man wow. doesn't kill people. Doesn't he? he <laughs> the dogs, the space dogs don't kill. <laughs> you said that. I don't know. The I don't know. Like, if he's fighting Norman Osborn and he has access to all these drones, uh, yeah, let's just send a few thousand drones kill. Yeah, but look uh, at the Green collateral Goblin. damage that the drones cause. I don't think he would use them. I, I, I think he would. I don't. Why would he? If there's well, some if he out, like they can be very precise and just say, "Oh yeah, go kill Norman or Green Goblin." Right, and then so, when he's when he's dodging all those bullets in London, if there were people around, they'd be dead. 
Okay, so drones, wait until Norman Osborn is further away from collateral damage, then kill him. Well, what do you mean, wait? He just won't. He'll just bunk it. What? So like, there's um, no point in which Norman Osborn would be vulnerable. Well, I mean, if, if, if he knew that the drones were there, why wouldn't he just... Yeah, worldwide surveillance technology on top of this. Where's Norman Osborn? When is he vulnerable? Okay, he's vulnerable. Then I mean, go it, kill him. Is, it is worthwhile to note that there's a good chance that Spider-Man would think that he still shouldn't use them anyway. Because, I don't know. Again, he feels like he, no, he gets pushed to the point where he will be more than happy to kill someone to save his loved ones. I don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that he would. Um, even yeah. Tom Holland says Spider-Man wouldn't kill people. He only said the space dogs. Tom Holland. No, but like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, if we look to chat, if we can find an instance where Spider-Man might be willing to kill someone, um, uh, I feel that there are instances, and I it, probably more importantly, even if there aren't instances, I don't think it betrays the core of his character to be willing to do that. So it doesn't betray the core of his character to kill people, but it betrays the core of if, his character to have drones that he can use to help him out. It undermines the limitations that has served his character okay, very well um, to create Spider-Man conflict and to people, overcome. So, so like, no, 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 the no, limitations is, that he has actually, to deal with conflicts. No, 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 no this is important. <laughs> oh, hey, Fringy, hear me out. This is important, right? So characters when you're creating a character and what they can do if they have superpowers especially what they cannot do is actually far more important and i'm referring to brandon sanderson's laws of magic here like he's actually written several papers that go into how to employ magic and spider-man's powers are a magic system essentially into a story and what they cannot do is far more importantly what they can do this is the problem with superman because superman is so overpowered you run into narrative limitations with what you can do because of his powers so the more power you give a character yeah I, I easier it is to overcome problems well now spider-man has just been given a huge lot of power right which will undermine well mysterio had it and he still beat him so yeah, evidently the drones aren't Oh, yeah, he was an idiot. So, if I had the if I had the drones he, he, or Spider Man uses drones, because this is this is the thing, right? To try and create the the uh, the conflict for to, for instance, Mysterio had them had the drones and he failed. The only way that they were able to make him fail with him is because he wasn't using them very. No, smart. Mis- no, no, no. Mysterio very nearly killed Spider Man. As far as he should have known, the train would have gotten him, and that was pretty smart. He fucked with him and got him on the train track and got the information out of him, and he nearly so, died. So, so. You do so then agree. Smart. So hang on. By he's that smart. logic, by lo- that logic, you then agree that the drones could kill no. Spider-Man, that they're overpowered. You just no. said that he was almost killed by blowing up the drones. Yeah, but that was Mysterio, not the drones. Mysterio knows how to use the drones. He so if the drones are used effectively, they are extremely overpowered and they could kill They're not overpowered. Spider- they're sufficiently they are, for powered Spider-Man, for the villain. No, no, because if <laughs> Spider-Man has them now, right. that removes so many of the um narrative conflict and limitations that serve good plot by him possessing them if he comes across green goblin so these drones could kill green goblin they could kill Doc um, Ock, they could kill what, what? so many things like like they, they so are spider-man a, didn't want to kill vulture he didn't want to no. kill mysterio but he no. would kill green goblin they Look, you could even use the drones to incapacitate Green Goblin fairly effectively, right? So even by saying that he wouldn't use them to kill, he would definitely use them. And by him, the mere fact he has such a powerful tool, this one, and this is separate to the spider suit, because with the spider suit, he has enough limitations. It's not overpowered. This is overpowered. And it hamstrings what you can use um, in his plot to give him appropriate limitations for the villains he usually faces. If I can just, I just want to jump in, okay? And then I'll jump right back out. But my take on the drones is that they are most effective 
when uh, Mysterio is able to use them illusion style, and apparently he needs to be within the vicinity of Peter and you know understand his up, down, left, right. You know, while he's on the bridge, he seems to just send them after Peter. Now, our understanding of the drones is they can shoot bullets, they can fire pulse shots, they can probably throw a, f a flamethrower or something, and so even when they're in their hundreds, they're still pretty drony, and we're dealing with a Spider-Man who is very talented, and the film does, from what I can tell, make a pretty good effort to show Spider-Man pulling off some pretty crazy moves to give, like, collect them all up and damage a lot of them at the same time, if you know what I mean. Man, I don't even really care about Spider-Man. <laughs> He's what here for the roller coaster. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I have so little to even add to this. I'm just listening <laughs> to you guys. See, uh, yeah, so... Like the fact that the the drones weren't fully sicked on him at the at the beginning of it, he was able to sneak in and do his uh, taser webs to take out a good number of them. All good, I'm on board with that. Okay, uh, but and I I uh, agree that you, of course Spider Man's not going to lose lose in his own film, so you're going to structure the fight scene in such a way that is going to win. I feel that is robbing some of the like realism that could actually happen if you were to say, okay, Spider Man can do this. These are his strengths. These are his limitations. The drones can do this. Okay. If the drones just surrounded him at a 50 meter distance and he, you know, Spider-Man isn't going to get cover and he can't reach them to take them out and they just shoot him, he's not going to be able to do much to stop yeah, that. Couldn't you say like, well, you know, if the US Army just set up right in the middle of a desert and there was no cover and it was a broad daylight, you could probably beat them it's like, yeah, but you don't put yourself in a situation where that happens. Spider-Man is in cities and in dense areas, so the drones aren't particularly useful in that setting because he can swing around, he can go into places. Uh, of he can, he's more maneuverable than... They're, yeah, they're useful in a sense, but like Spider-Man has an advantage in not only that he's super-powered and that they're drones, but he's more maneuverable, he can move more quickly. Yeah. Um so, yeah. so hang on, hang on. You're arguing the point that Spider-Man can fight against these drones, and even well, though he, he not, can and he I'm, did, I'm yeah. not. I'm not on board with that, just on a realism logical sense. But that's not my main issue. My main issue is that he has the drones. Okay? Does he though? And Doesn't the, does he? And this and they're too powerful. It undermines the narrative that you're that you want to explore with the well, Spider-Man. Look, you you know how like when a soldier goes to war, they're not necessarily going to bring. RPGs with them. They might they'll bring like their assault rifles and their pistols and knife, but they're not all gonna bring RPGs and like ten grenades. You take unless no, no, wait, wait, wait. Right. unless yeah. unless they knew the villain they were facing and that if RPGs were needed against that villain, of course they'd bring them with them. Unless it's a Call of Duty match and Rust. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the point I'm making is that you know he as I mean the fact that he doesn't use the Iron Spider suit, like he doesn't take it with him on his trip, would tell us that. Spider-Man recognizes that his suits are tailored for different purposes. No, I just thought he wouldn't be able to get it through customs. Um, what? The, oh, and the fact, the, sorry, and the fact, and the fact he didn't want to be Spider-Man. Yeah, no, no, no. But, but what I, I mean is like, what, what I mean is, um, you know, if he's, if he's working on his suit and he's like, okay, I'm going to go up against drones, I'd probably want to use my Iron Spider suit or something like that. But in a different situation, like he built his suit knowing that he had to fight the drones. So he must have thought that it was better for him to not be using iron or really hard things so that he could get around and be quick. No, um, no, no, no. He just, he didn't have access to the nanotech. I'm uh, sure if the nanotech was available. Did he, he not have the nanotech on the ship? Oh, that's my assumption because if the nanotech was available and he didn't take it, that was bloody stupid. I think was I agree with Shad on that actually. Okay. Well, that he, well, if there was nano, 
Oh, what? If there was nanotech or whether he would take but nanotech? Thinking about it against drones, he probably would want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The iron spider armor, suit. Right? <laughs> you, you want armor yeah, so I assume he didn't have that sure. option. But he, we, were, we were shown him declining the iron spider legs oh, in the film. Yeah. Iron spider legs? Yeah, that's leg? a bit of a problem there. Okay. So when he was choosing his suit, it shows the iron spider legs, and he like he like sort of sways it away, like I don't want them. So oh. implying that the iron may have been an option. Uh, in which Ooh. case, yeah, he probably should have used that. That's a bit of a problem, yeah. if so. And if someone uh, made the argument yeah. that he's not dexterous enough, I'd be like, he's pretty dexterous in Infinity War when he's grabbing yeah, everybody up. Um, exactly. Now, yeah. a, a question I have, right, is does he have Edith at the end of the movie, or does he only use Edith to turn it off? Does he does he have it? The tech, or did he? You know, I, I thought he did. I yeah, don't know. He I, I guess nobody else to give it to. We don't know what he's done with it exactly. I mean, he, okay. he's shown himself right. irresponsible with it, and so he tried to get rid of it uh, to Mysterio. And again, I didn't like that he started trusting the Mysterio so easily. But he tried to get so okay. It can make sense by the end of it that he might have given them to someone else. Uh, my issue with the glasses is their very existence. I feel is a bit of a plot hole. Um, because the only time in which Tony Stark could have decided to give them to Peter is during the events of, you know, Endgame, essentially. And that means that they were in existence during Endgame. So why the hell isn't he using him? An army of drones would have been useful during that big mm. last fight. That's a good point. Yeah, I agree. And so I have, I have an issue with that. I have an issue that he decides to give them to Peter Parker. Um, I mean... Peter Parker's a teenager. You're going to give him a teenager an army of death drones. No, even, look, Tony Stark is responsible, but he's not that irresponsible. And he's already shown himself that he's going to be hesitant giving things to teenagers by the fact that he asked for the suit back. That could say that he has a measure of trust for Peter Parker, but does he have that much trust to give an army of death drones? Especially when the true successor, the lot, like, this is the thing, thematically, from a meta example, you like yeah okay peter parker can might be the type of successor you want for iron man but in world it's the no it's the is no way would he be chosen as successor think, to iron man Rhodey, war machine uh, of course yeah i mean that was that was where my mind first went to i mean um, if anyone was going to receive those glasses it would have been war machine is War Machine smart enough to really handle the tech? I, I think we'd have yeah, to concede he's that he's a much better choice than Peter Parker at this juncture. Because I don't recall War Machine being quite as smart in order to like really get things working. I think um, the idea You're is just that saying he's... that because he's black. I think it's more to do with him being responsible. <laughs> Rhodey's probably high up there on the responsible ladder out of all of them. I'd say so. so. Um, well, do you necessarily have an issue, Muller, with Peter getting given the glasses. The, what I like, if, like supporting evidence for why he would have them, is that Tony would trust that Peter would know who to give the glasses. I kind of like the sentiment of that. Like, Peter recognizes the goodness in people or something. Ironically, he fucks up with Mysterio. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do take issue with the idea that Tony would give Peter what is essentially the power to, like, almost destroy cities. It's a bit, you know, to the greatest degree. I'm trying to think of what they could do. I guess, um, I guess the thing is, is was... So the, the illusion tech is integrated into the drones, which means that Tony must have been aware of the illusion tech, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, right. That makes it a little bit... Because if it was like, oh, well, Mysterio gets the drones and then he messes with the drones to make them like that, it would be another thing. But they were fully the movie, equipped. No, I, I know. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Because um, in, the, in the London part, they just get deployed straight from, uh, 
from space and do exactly what they need to do straight away. So yeah, that makes it a, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting And that is what the entire plot seems to hinge upon essentially well especially the last big you know fight and everything that it's all about getting the glasses and so the glasses mere existence is an issue for me the fact that he gives them to peter parker is an issue for me the fact that mysterio how would, would did mysterio, mysterio figure out that... on his crew that knew about yeah. the glasses the film that's, does that's, one of the women see that one is yeah. very convenient for me i can it's like all right yeah but yeah, still don't like it. Like, well, I mean, is it is it unbelievable that he still has connections within Stark Industries? And people would have to he be involved in Stark's estate in terms of the liquidation yeah. or the spread of whatever things to whatever people. There's gonna be a you know a line of so, people. So, so what did he have written down? These glasses will go to Peter Parker, or these glasses will go to Nick Fury to give to Peter Parker. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. See, see, why would he choose to go through Nick Fury? Why couldn't he just? Why couldn't he send War Machine, Pepper Potts, or whatever to go through? Hey, Peter, um, you know, Mrs. Stark, he really loved you. He wanted to give you these. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know well, that it's a bad it, choice. Well, the the thing here is that um, Mysterio. The only reason he tries to get chummy with Nick Fury is so to get get the glasses. Essentially, be there when Nick Fury gives the glasses to Peter. And so, uh, yes, and he, and also yeah. we know that a lot of other Avengers are yeah, sort of out of commission at the moment. Fury is so, the network of heroes. No, no, there's a lot of Avengers that were, could have been far better. Well, no, but well, what I mean is like, so we know that um, the only one that I think would be Scarlet Witch is questionable where she is, but the, the ones that are the most effective, they explain like Thor's not available, Captain Marvel's not available, Doctor Strange is available. I don't see what Falcon or Bucky could do. War Machine? What could he do? You shoot bullets. War machine? Uh, Are you kidding me? Well, shoot. Well, what about the water one? You just shoot bullets at it. What about the wind one? You shoot bullets at it. Like it's just going to go yes. right through it. Well, no. If he would, if he did a spray of bullets into those things without even knowing, he will actually end up hitting one or two. Wait, oh, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, wait. And he could have yeah. exposed the entire. You know, you're arguing like from this is the thing no, though. No, We're no, arguing. Why would we bring like, War Machine in? What like Tony Stark? Well, if you, well, if you if, Nick Fury, all he needs to do is make a phone call. That's what he did with Spider Man, right, but, and but what, he would be far more effective. Like, the, the, if you're asking what could War Machine do, you really need to be asking what the hell could Peter Parker do? Spider Man, from Nick Fury's perspective, will only be able to punch and hit what a giant well, they do, water monster. The lava monster is able to uh, pack parts like materials into it that degrade its power. With his webs. Yeah, so War Machine could have done that. Scarlet Witch could have done that. Um, uh, I think Falcon and uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name, the arm guy, you know, oh, Winter Soldier could have done well, that as it well. It is worthwhile to note that Scarlet. It's worthwhile to note that Scarlet. It is worthwhile to note that Scarlet Witch has a bad track record. Uh, she created Ultron. She screwed up in Lagos. She's unwieldy, and when there are people around, it might be dangerous to have her around. I don't. Do we know where she is right now um, as well? Like, I, like, it, it's a, there's, like, uh, what I'm trying to say here, no, 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 is that um, Mysterio would have had no way to know 
that Tony Stark would have called Spider-Man for help by establishing these monsters. In actual fact, it would have been far more logical to expect him to call any number of heroes because did Mysterio know that Thor was off-world? Where did he get that information? Did he know that Captain Marvel wasn't available or or uh, Mysterio? In actual fact, from his perspective, he should expect that any number of the Avengers that are still around would have been a point of call before Spider-Man. I, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. Um how much, and this is another thing on its own that we'll probably get around to, but how much of this can we attribute to the fact that that's not the real Nick Fury? What do you mean? Probably a decent amount, because he's not as savvy uh, as the real Nick Fury. Yeah, like making, making poor choices is apparently a consistency for Talos right. in this movie. But the thing is, that would only have uh, anything to say on regards to Mysterio's expectation of what nick fury would do if mysterio knew that this was a fake nick fury like i think from uh, mysterio's I mean, perspective he didn't know but uh, it, it, uh, well then well then mysterio wants to get the glasses and his plan was to make monsters to get nick fury involved to then call spider-man to come along to be given the glasses to then chum me up to spider-man well, to get the glasses like what the hell if consider Considering that Mysterio knew about the Edith glasses, he already knew that they existed, and he knew that they were meant to be given to Peter Parker because of the person on the inside. So there's a lot of reason to think that uh, he'd be able to. Wouldn't have he gone straight to Peter Parker then? Like he actually Uh, tries to recruit Nick Fury first, which means yeah, because Nick Fury's got the Edith glasses. Like Nick Fury, and then and then he is gambling massively to think that Nick Fury would go to Spider. Yeah, he is. He is gambling. He is gambling. Dumb plan. It is profoundly stupid. Is it dumb necessarily to have a plan that might not go off? I was about to say. I think it's the best plan he's got though. Like, what what else can he do? to try and get access to those glasses other than wait with Nick Fury until the day that he gives them away to Peter. Well, presumably that's the purpose of him having the glasses so... Oh, he needs authorization remember? He has access to invisible drones already, not a huge number but enough, and wouldn't they have been effective just to observe Nick Fury until he passes off the glasses? If he knew that his Nick Fury's intention was to give the glasses, just wait until he does it and then approach Peter Drake. Well, the thing, yeah, but then the whole point is he needs to and win I, them I don't over. Mean, he so might have been able to just send a drone into Peter Parker's room and pick them up off his nightstand. Yeah, but skin. he needs authorization from Peter to wear the glasses. He needs okay, to get Peter true, to give true. them. So to him. once Peter has him, he could then have established the whole monsters in New York. Well, I think it would be a little. Him. It would be very convenient that the moment he gets the drone glasses, suddenly. All of these attacks start happening. No, 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 that's not convenient because bad guys appear in the MCU all the time. That wouldn't be right. What I mean is, like, I think, I think it's like because the way that the plan worked, had that drone not been lost, Peter would have been none the wiser. Whereas if Peter got approached by Mysterio, gave him the glasses, and then like later on, a bunch of these attacks happen to be like, huh, interesting that, huh. As Andrew May just highlighted, in fairness, so this this trip is taking place where Peter has gone to Venice, and then oh yeah, um, the idea is they generate a water monster in Venice. That's a bit convenient. It's like it's almost like Mysterio's doing that on purpose to push Spider-Man into the fray. Yeah, but that's already taking into the fact that he approached Nick Fury first with a monster previous to this. Well, he's got to establish his hero presence regardless, and Nick Fury is the network of heroes on Earth. Sorry, it was luck that he uh, did this. No, I'm saying that he's got to do that regardless, but then he finds, oh, Peter's heading on a trip at this time? Mm, Okay, how can we make this way? Venice. Oh, we can make the water eternal, or elemental turn up there. So It's a pretty smart plan. 
I don't know. So you're saying he was a, he was watching Peter Parker and learnt of his trip to Venice before he decides to launch. Well, his all plan he has to do in terms of the elementals, since he's in control of them, is he defeats one in front of Fury and, and Hill, and then he can wait as long as he wants before he generates the next one. And he finds out, ooh, Peter's no, no, going no, to he, blah blah it blah. Wasn't, it was already pretty established that we know where the monsters are appearing. Like he had their yeah, coordinates. He, he tells them that. He told them where they yeah. are. But so he would have I set mean, it like, up in Venice. It seemed to have been established that he had already told them previous to Peter Parker um, even meeting them. Well, it's but, worthwhile and to again, note that the trip would have been planned ahead of time. I, yeah, I don't think this is addressing that he had, could um, guarantee in any measure that Nick Fury would have gone to Spider-Man as the first person to get to help well, in I mean, the situation. I would imagine that he would go to him in the uh, in if he's in Venice, which is where he is. All we, all we like, need now is the actual time, so we'd have to look at dialogue exactly. Uh, how long ago on, did the rock on. one happen? And did, didn't Nick Fury try and contact Peter Parker before he even left? He did. Yes. Yeah, he did. Yes. So, uh, the fact that Peter Parker's on his way to Venice, even if they knew that the next monster was going to be in Venice, doesn't does not in any measure did, like make it that he would be more likely to contact yeah, them, any of the other number heroes, especially like. If this is a teenager who's supposed to be in a class trip or whatever, that, wouldn't you think a dedicated person whose full-time job is doing this be a better person to contact, like War Machine, like the Scarlet Witch, well, like, you know, again, uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon? Contacting him moments uh, before he goes on his trip to Venice would still fall in line with the idea that he knows he's going to be in Venice. Because yeah, he yeah, calls but, him the day before he leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I don't think that discounts the thing that there's a whole number of heroes that he really would... Like, Mysterio would not have been able to guarantee that Nick Fury would have contacted Spider-Man. It was... Met, like, it's a plot hole. It's like meta-knowledge. Hey, what about Spider-Man? So I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a plot hole. I, I think it's silly yeah. that they didn't call more people in as well, but I don't see why you wouldn't call Spider-Man. Well, it just seems dumb to me. I think there was a whole number of more convenient ways to be able to ensure getting these glasses from Peter Parker than uh, a lot of things where there's a lot of chances for it to go wrong, which makes it feel contrived and convenient that it you know, goes the way that Mysterio had planned and stuff. There but, are but, ways that it uh, could go wrong, but... Sorry. Um... Sorry, guys, I really got to go to the toilet. <laughs> okay. We've been doing this for hours already, but I'll be back in a sec, okay? Did, um, according to Rad's... Barker, uh, it says Fury said, did say you're all we've got. Did he say that? He well, I I just remember that there was that scene where they were talking about you know all these people are unavailable and that's why they were come. I mean, I got to imagine that there are other things going on that um make it difficult to get other heroes. Mm. Um, I mean, the three most important ones being, well, the three most powerful ones, Thor, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, all had explanations for why they weren't available. And those are obviously the first people they would have gone to. Um, and again, I think Scarlet Witch, you could just say, well, looking in the past, we bring her into civilian populations and look what happens. She's too unwieldy to have in this setting um, by comparison to Doctor Strange, who's quite in control of what he can do and things like that. I, like I said, I won't settle for the idea that Nick Fury wouldn't call upon Spider-Man. I will settle for the idea that he probably should have called in a few others that we know should be available. We have to get reasons for why they weren't, sure. I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, especially because we'll as much as Scarlet Witch may be dangerous, it's like, well, if these things are potential world-enders, right. yeah, then... Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get you. Um, I don't think it's one, a plot that, hole. that one line that he gave uh, when he asked about Captain Marvel and said, "Do not invoke her name." I, that was 
felt like a double meaning. Um, well, I think it's because Talos, you know, because Talos has respect for her. So it makes sense that Talos would say that, whereas I don't think Nick Fury would give a shit. And I also wonder if that was like a subtle nod to like, please don't talk about actually, Captain Marvel. <laughs> I feel like it could have been pretty cool for War Machine to actually have, uh, you know, been fighting it and not being confused as to what exactly it is and maybe get a bit more character for him, especially being that it's a recovery from Iron Man's death movie. I think it would be suitable for him to be in it as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with him being in it. Now, I know what Mysterio should have done. He should have kidnapped, is it Ned, Peter's friend? Yeah. yeah. He should have yeah. just killed the he fat should have, kid. No, he should have kidnapped Ned and got Ned to hack into the Edith system to give him full access like he did with Peter's suit. Problem solved. I got, I got to imagine that hacking into Edith is a bit of a step up from hacking into a suit. I'm oh, I don't know. They seem to be able to hack into whatever the plot needs. And um, you'd think that there would be good protection on a, a suit that has an instant death mode uh, to be able to prevent a teenager getting access to it before they're ready. The thing, the thing is, like, I see the suit as not only do you have access to the physical suit so you can make changes to the suit while you're there, is a bit different to trying to hack into a satellite. Uh, I don't know. Hey, we don't know how good Ned is at hacking, but well, we know he's pretty good already. So yeah, we know he's pretty good, but I guess but, the but, famous said that he's hacking so, to. I know I'm being a bit facetious here, right? But I'm just trying to point out that there are a lot easier ways for Mysterio to get access to this army of drones than the convoluted way we see in Far From Home, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's partly to keep in mind that the plan is to establish his reputation as a hero, and so to do that, he needs to show himself doing heroic acts. Um, and the escalation makes sense too because he gets in with a uh, fury firsthand when he shows what he does with sand with the sand monster. Um, he gets Peter involved when he. Uh, when he um, defeats the the water one, and plus the, all that is important for him to convey to Peter, I'm a hero, I'm trustworthy, because for all Peter knows, he has no reason to doubt this guy. He he, as far as I he mean, can sorry, tell, he saved the world. This is the other convoluted thing as well. Even though there's another issue that I want to bring up, I mean, how did like how? Could he be so confident that he would be able to convince Peter to give him the glasses? What if he just said, "No, I'm keeping them"? Um, because Peter no, is no, no. Like, like if I was an outside observer, knowing that okay, this is this father figure to this character, he is passing on a very significant, you know, heirloom to this character that he's going to cherish, and I think I'm going to be able to walk up and through a few conversations and convince him to give them to me. Well, no, it's, it's I mean that's, that like, doesn't follow logically. It's it's. Yeah, it, it does. Makes much, it makes much more sense for him it, to just try and steal them off of Peter or off of Nick Fury. No, because how how is he then meant to get authentication? He needs to earn his trust, and you can see in the conversations that he has, he very deliberately does things, and the film demonstrates things that draw parallels between him and Tony. When he puts on the glasses, it's like yeah, he sees Tony and Mysterio. That's why he gives him, and that's like the final push he needs to give him to him, because as far as he can tell. Mysterio is a hero who has just saved the world. Mysterio is like the only person in this group, like with Nick Fury and, and stuff, who's actually friendly to him and acts like he understands his problems. And, yes, and in how, fairness, how would yeah. he, still, how would he have known that Peter Parker would have given the glasses? He like, doesn't know that. He didn't know that he would. It, 
like it's so much to gamble on. And not only this isn't a 50-50, this is like it would be so unlikely that an outside observer would think that someone would pass on a cherished heirloom given from someone of importance to them that they just received. Like I don't think like, so. If you think about this logically from an outside observer, I find that very hard to believe so that someone would think, we'll, yeah, I'm gonna try and get them. Gotta consider context heavily here. And by the way, I want to I want to also contest the idea of like there's some kind of risk. What's the worst thing that happens if he doesn't fulfill the plan? Okay, he carries on being recognized as a worldwide hero on smaller scale. All getting the glasses d does is fast forward his plan. It doesn't it, it doesn't enable his plan. It's, uh, he, he was he wanted to get an Avengers level threat, which means he needed more drones. And I think considering we can see he has these drones already, it's just gonna be a matter of time before he has enough. Assuming he can make them, Sorry. I think that's a fair assumption. So, would you then consider that by recruiting another superhero to be very close to him, right, um, just increases the risk of failure? Like, wouldn't he want to get the attention, but in the most assured method? Sorry, the method that has the greatest assurance of success. Um, I mean, it is worthwhile to know that Mysterio is very ambitious. And driven to be yeah, a next Avenger. Like, so, by the context of the film, he's been waiting for many years already. What's just another year um, or so? Has he been waiting for many years? Yeah, ever since Iron Man... No, ever since Civil War, at least. No, I think... Um, well, it depends on where you're drawing his he, start. Did he get snapped? Yeah. Because if he got snapped, then it's like... It's, yeah, we it's don't... He could have spent years just, like, you know, depressed or whatever, and then he hooked up with all these other ex-employees. You know, we don't know how long he's been enacting this plan exactly. Yeah, like, maybe maybe what he was doing in those years was creating drones or finding ways to get access to drones and, and building up his drone army bit by bit. Yeah, to su the support, like, what, why would Peter give him the glasses? It's like, well, number one, Peter's got immense pressure on him right now that Mysterio's more than aware of. Mysterio is trying to get an immediate connection of, like, mentorship. He's telling him, like, it's going to be okay, you are smart, you're a good guy, you know what's up, you you're going to be fine. Every time Fury's an asshole, like, Mysterio sort of swoops the scene. He's like, hey, you're doing great, you're all right, like, and, and you know... Peter says it's like it's great to have someone to talk to about superhero stuff. He's like already connecting to him immediately. The fact that Peter sees that this guy died almost, almost killed himself to save the world, which is something that someone else did recently. Um, the idea that Mysterio so, so comes from this world that's been destroyed. There, so, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but like, couldn't another likely outcome be to him showing Peter that he was willing to sacrifice himself to save the world be that he inspires Peter to live up to his full potential to keep the glasses. Yeah, then, potentially, yeah. To be like Mysterio to show. So, so then what he's doing is dumb to try and ensure the whatever, outcome when it could easily Whatever plan you think he should enact, I would say would probably be better as a backup plan to the one he's trying to do here where he gets it voluntarily versus doing something See, coercive. I don't know, that I disagree with because this plan has so many options for failure. It even has an, a chance of pushing Peter in the opposite direction to what he wants. And so I feel if this is a guy who has any measure of brains and he wants to, a plan that has the highest chance of success, that's the way he's going to go forward. Um, honestly, like get the glasses, steal them when they're on the coffee table or something and just hack into the system. Like with enough concerted effort, with the resources, but, with the people who, with the people he has access to, who are inside, you know, former employees of Stark Tech and all that stuff, surely someone would be able to hack into this. That's, that's the problem. Your I plan mean, just assumes you can hack into it. Yeah, of course, but the the, the current one assumes that it, you can't, and that's just as well. No, 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 no. So I'm 
As much as I am critical of the idea that you can hack into them, because I don't think that's necessarily true, even if it is, that's the backup plan then. If Why it doesn't not? work, if Why Peter not? doesn't give up the glasses, just keep a drone on him until he puts the glasses down well, and then take the them. Is, no, no, I reckon going no. to Peter to get access would be the backup plan. The first point of one well, is to try and hack into it because it has less risk of failure. Then, if you hack into it and then they're like, oh, someone's hacked into our fucking hologram drone network. There's no guarantee that they'll be able to detect it. So whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. If you use an army of drones that are not authorized by Peter Parker, something's gonna be up. No, no, so no, I'm saying I thought you were saying someone be able to detect inside the system that they'd be So there's a there's a chance of failure to that one then. So but see that that conclusion is as arbitrary as them not being detected because that's the way the they choose to do the narrative. The reason both are as valid, so my, your point doesn't contradict mine. The reason why we would suggest Plan A B attempt to convince Peter to give it willingly is that uh, Mysterio can use them whenever and however, infinitely. If he hacks into it, the second he starts using them, they'll be like, "What the fuck? Who's doing this?" And then no, 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 a lot of actions going to be taken. The hack was to give him full access. But Again, that wouldn't, a, kind of it wouldn't an, have been authorized. No, that's an arbitrary, that's kind of an arbitrary assumption. No, 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 it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't result. be authorized, so there's a problem. The government's fury, Spider-Man. find the code, no, if you can hack in, find the code, and get full access as if you are the, you know, master user, there, there's no detection, there's no problem, they, they're able to do it. What do you think that they will think is happening when the drones are being used? So, hang on. You're assuming that someone is monitoring the use of the drones. That's already established that no one is. Peter has full access of the, of the drones, and there's no one monitoring him and saying, you just accidentally nearly killed There's like an army of them that launch the out of space. Yeah, that's not, that's not even present in the movie as is. No one's watching the use of the drones already. No, I mean, so the idea that they'll eventually be used this, this, down the no, line... No, they are monitoring it, because remember, Nick Fury knows that he authorized a drone strike on the kid in class, so that's... Yeah, he, know, he knows, but he didn't take the glasses off him. He had no power to stop right, the but, use of the drones. Right, but, he had no but, access but, to the system. No, but what, what I mean is, like, if somebody knew that, then surely if somebody hacked into the system and then launched, like, a thousand drones, they would be able to find that out. And if it, and if they, by monitoring it, registers as Peter Parker is launching a full drone because they have full access and they're able to access it as if Peter Parker is doing it, that's what they would see it as. Right, and all they have to do is ask Peter if he did it. He'd be like, no. Mm -hmm. At which point they'd be like, okay, so someone's infiltrated our drone so, network and at the same on. time Mysterio hang, So hang on, hang on. But that's what they could have done already when Mysterio had been launched heaps and stuff. But so. Mysterio was on the inside and he had access. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. So launching the drones isn't a suspicious thing as established already in the film. Now, no one would have questioned it. What, you mean at the end when he launches all the drones yeah. to attack no, no. London? Yeah, no one questions um, it, the fact well, that Well, again, they used. are on the ins... Well, do you, do you remember how in the scene, like, uh, the scientist just takes 500 drones and then he takes, like, a USB disc or something then? So, like, they have some sort of inside access to the drone network. Which Sorry, would, can I, I which, don't mean to interrupt you, I just want to say, even though I'm sounding very impassioned about this, this is just because I'm enjoying the argument. Yeah, I yeah. love you guys, alright? No okay, oh is, yeah, no, it's, I'm it's not, This is like, not, this is enjoyable for me, not personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. You love us? I love you guys so much. That's the big, oh, God. Like, you know that it's big gay. It, the, the gays infected him already. <laughs>
how, <laughs> well, yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, so the overall purpose of this point is uh, the feasibility of his plan. Shad, you think that he should have hacked it. I think I his think plan as it dumb. stands was probably the best gamble, and that he could just do your plan as a backup. Yeah, and, and I understand that. Um, but yeah, good to know. <laughs> yeah, like, I get, this is a point I think we won't be able to see eye to eye, but we have voiced our reasons quite adequately, I feel. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. So, so uh, <laughs> we talked about we Mysterio, have a, we, have a... we talked about the plans. Oh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. We have a, uh, do you have a thing? Well, I mean, we still, I still don't think there's plenty of movie to talk about, so pluses oh, and yeah, cons. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, my, my biggest issue is Peter Parker's characterization, that he is selfish, unlikable, he is actively trying to avoid responsibility at the legitimate risk of many lives, um, and uh, that sucked. That, that was, uh, it didn't impress me, it didn't make me like him as a character, it didn't make him appealing, and it was also so not only was it bad on those levels but it contradicts the spider-man character quite strongly on top of that would anyone like to uh, yes, anyone, <laughs> any thoughts on that um i've already talked about it a decent amount maybe mauler wants to rebut that one well or okay, if he so agrees, sorry, i was about to say i've probably talked third most i want to make sure uh, we got two other people here do they want to talk no <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was I was gonna ask you to repeat the point because I had a bit of a work emergency. I had to quickly. I'm sorry, Mola, would my you be Russian to wife voice... who is currently yeah. dying of radiation sickness? I can't pay attention to this now. What? Well, that's a valid reason. <laughs> I'm playing Metro. Well... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm interested in hearing how Mauler would contextualize my viewpoint in this because sometimes that just is instructive to know on how you how people understanding what I'm saying. What specifically? What I disliked about Peter Parker. Um, well, if you want to, are you saying like how would I convert it into an issue that I might hold? No, no. Oh, well, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. I was just because I've been speaking a lot. I was like, Mole, you can. I like listening that. to you. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, well, I was, well yeah, do you want to? Um, we'll we'll start from beginning. Stuff. It'll be me and you. All right. So, uh, present problem, and I will move He's from there. Selfish, unlikable. Um, uh, and actively avoids responsibility at the risk of many people's lives, which is not an endearing heroic attribute in any measure. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, so not only are these all negative character traits that you can just look at independently, but it is also a big betrayal of the Peter character that's established by all the works of Spider-Man. All right. Um, so my take from Homecoming, as we've sort of discussed, uh, w w did we do an EFAB about that? I don't remember. I think that might have happened. Um, so the idea being that he's... Uh, that was cute. <laughs> oh god, the Shadlin's hey. back. Oh, hey, hang on, hang on, sorry, yeah, keep talking. Okay, uh, oh, I feel bad now in case he misses it. So, Homecoming, doing doing the why, uh, but the big big lesson being the whole, um, you're supposed to approach, pick your battles, do it, do it properly, don't just rush in, don't... Uh, do it when other people can take care of it. Homecoming, there are some battles Spider-Man is not supposed to be involved with, just like every, every hero, to a degree. Um, 
Not to say that hang there on, is... Hang on, hang on. And what standard are you referring to when you say that there are some battles he's not supposed to be involved in? Usually, and this is the standard that exists with the Peter Parker character, it does not matter. If someone's life is at risk, he's going to run in and try and help no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, what is with the ferry, I think that that would follow yep. through. The idea is trying to help people, prevent bad guys mm -hmm. from doing bad things. Uh, but it doesn't work out too well, and as you typically would be understood, we could draw a lot from the FBI. The idea that they would have had the sting perfectly down, if not for him. Uh, I, I have, for lack of a better word, activating or, or um, making the bad guys aggressive early, before the, the, the FBI could put them in a position. Like, Vulture gets to his suit before the, the FBI may have been able to lock down that van, and they also think Spider-Man's a bad guy, he distracts the hell out of them. So, Spider-Man being there made everything worse, is kind of what I'm getting at. And then, if you take the lesson of you're supposed to go, you're supposed to responsibly not only pick your battles, but also fight them in a specific way, maybe, not just, you know, just go, that's bad guy, string him up, easy. Like, I think that that's pretty well executed with the whole guy, Rob, uh, trying to break into his own car. He's like, you're a criminal. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm trying to get into my own car. And, like, it's, it's just the, it's not as simple as it may seem on the surface. Combine that with the traumatic experiences he had in Infinity War and Endgame. I don't think he okay, can thinks... I, can I just interject here? Because the whole point about his experience on the ferry was overcome by his experience defeating the Vulture. And so, to me, that would reinforce his understanding and desire to jump into the fray and help even when he is so outclassed because he didn't have the fancy suit to help. He only had his own abilities and that's all. And he had to try and beat someone flying in this jet high in the sky where if he drops, no matter what, he's going to die. That seems to establish like the character type quite strongly that he is going to help, and there is no reference at all that he has any traumatic, you know, negative feelings from Endgame and Infinity Wars to make him not try and help people or be Spider-Man in any measure. That's not mentioned a bit. I so, mean, he's, he's sorry Tony Stark died and is dealing with that, but nothing should be changing his motivation in such a drastic way like this. So in Homecoming, well, I mean, when he does the, hang on. <laughs> I've been trying to say something. So, on the ferry, the uh, idea being that th this is something that Tony was aware of. It's a weapons trade with Gargans, the Gargan deal or whatever. It's something that people are aware of, the FBI are involved. Vulture stealing uh, with the high-altitude seal is something that he's made aware of in that moment. And as far as he's aware, no one else knows. So it's on him to decide whether or not he's going to prevent this thing from happening. Is he going to prevent... The proliferation of a bunch of alien weapons to more street-level gangs. It's like this is there is no one else here. Spider-Man's the only one that can act upon this. Now, when it comes to completing Homecoming, I see it as him being like, yeah. So there are times I'm supposed to act and times that I won't, or times that I'm not supposed to. Times that I can make things worse. While his philosophy in Civil War was just help people when you can, because helping people okay. good. So while Homecoming is. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. I, I don't mean to, but before you keep going, like you might go on to a different point that from the one I want to address about are there times in which I shouldn't get involved? That is so contrary to the Spider Man character, for one, but it's also a less satisfying hero uh, than one that's willing to help no matter what, even if I'm outclassed. And on top of this, he had no idea what the threat was when um, Tony Stark was trying to call him. All he knew, Tony Stark was trying to call him, which would imply that there is something bad happening that he wants Spider-Man's help with, and he didn't even want to talk to him at that point because my trip, you know, going overseas. Do you overseas. mean Nick Fury's calling him? 
Yeah, when Nick Fury was trying to call him, he was trying he to call him. Tony. Like, I was getting really confused. <laughs> sorry, sorry, like, sorry, sorry. I, I get Nick Fury and Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. It's all good. Um, um, yeah, yeah. So that's right. I can't counter argue that it's like a more endearing or more investing or more engaging story. Whenever you make that argument, I'm I'm stuck because I was like, oh, is it? I don't know. Is some oh, of the no, guy no, no. I, like? I think this is based on some important objective character traits that make a good likable hero like this and like these selfish choices that peter parker is making does not come across as noble as heroic as even like, like it comes across as selfish now could it have been executed in a way where it was more believable more likable and more in line with not only his motivations in other Spider-Man works, but his motivations in the previous movie. Like, in I mean, movie. I haven't gotten to Far From Home yet. I'm still stuck on Homecoming. I can't move across. Really? <laughs> I'm still trying to well, get no, there. No, no, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about um his dodging of Nick Fury and not wanting to, which is in know, Far From Home. Get yeah. into the frame. Yeah, Far From Home. That that's even contrary to what's established in the MCU Spider-Man. I disagree. Um, why? Because that's what he learned from Homecoming. Well, Shaz, right? if you let me talk about mm -hmm. Far From Home. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, go roll up. If that's what we learned, <laughs> if that's what he learned from Homecoming, that there are fights that he should be in, fights that he shouldn't be in based on important context, then we have Infinity War and Endgame where he's killed, brought back to life, and then placed into this enormous war where he's rescued by Captain Marvel after nearly being beaten to death because like, he loses his spider legs and he's like bleeding all over. And then uh, the beginning of Far From Home, he's presented with Tony's dead. W you know, who's next? Is it you? It's like, whoa. He just went from being like told that he maybe shouldn't uh, help a fairy to trying to save the world, nearly dying, to are you the next guy who's going to be perfecting everyone from Thanos level threats? It's like, uh, I don't know. What? Like, was it, since when was it? And then you get the, the nice moment with the photos where he has, like, a PTSD-style shockwave of just, like, I need to get out of here. Like, I can't take this pressure. This is insane. He doesn't know if that's who he is. Is he supposed to be Iron Man? I don't know. And then Nick Fury, the only reason he would call him as happy, I think, points out is, like, um, he's clearly got a new mission view. It's clearly going to be an important one. He's just like, I don't, that's not, I want to, I want to have a life which is a big part of Homecoming as well, the fact that he doesn't actually enjoy his life being sacrificed by Spider-Man. So yeah, he just wants to have a trip. He doesn't even know what the danger is, he just doesn't want anything to do with it right now. He wants to have his life back after he just saved the world, which is pretty reasonable. But then when the threat no, is put right see, in front of him, know. he acts. I don't think so, because the, the very most basic assumption of Nick Fury calling him is that people's lives are at risk. And so by him choosing to go on the trip because he just wants a life is and what a choice is he... where... It's a contradiction of the very concept of Spider-Man that, you know, Maybe. great power, great responsibility, and that he is always going to try and help people out, even at the detriment of his own convenience, where this is exactly the opposite of that. The, the other thing is that um, uh, I think there was an assumption in what you made there in what he learned from Homecoming, that there are some, you know, fights in which he needs to step out of. I think the exact opposite is established in Homecoming, that no matter the fight, He's gonna go in and try and help. Like, like, I think that was quite strong. I don't know where you're getting this different interpretation. How could you possibly conclude that from the ferry? How could you? Because it's overcome by the end of it. Like, like a, my ferry, my ferry, my argument is the the ferry has a context. Wait, wait. The ferry has a context yeah. in which he's not needed. The Tony told him right from the beginning that these are police level threats. They're not Avengers, and that he should be sticking close to the ground. Vulture at the end. No one knows about it. So it's on him, and it's a, it's a time-sensitive problem too. 
Well, not really, because the way that Tony flippantly mentioned that, yeah, I mentioned the FBI, his belief was that no one was helping out in the ferry situation either, and then that was proven wrong when people were. And so based on that, he could actually still rightly expect that the authorities are going to deal with Vulture, especially with Tony Stark saying, give me the suit, you're not ready, and all that stuff, let the big boys handle it, essentially. And so he should rightly expect that the big boys are going to handle Vulture in this instance as well. The big boys aren't aware of what Vulture's doing at the end. But he didn't think anyone was aware of the um uh, the fairy thing. Either. He was told they were. No, but you, I th they're chasing we've already, so it's weapons yeah, but deals. It was said in a flippant way, and he didn't think it was being taken seriously, and it wasn't. His belief was that no one was dealing with that issue. And we're not actually he was considering by Fury to do it, and happy. The, and the other no, important. Because... He felt no one was dealing with it. That's why he was dealing. He felt he needed to. And then he was proven wrong. And that's the same kind of approach to the final fight with, uh, with Vulture. And it's not to oh, mention. In the final fight with Vulture, he tried to contact uh, Happy Hogan to let him know, and he hung up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got me shit, man. <laughs> that, that, that's absolutely true. But I don't think it undermines the point that. Could a start, could Tony Stark have been you know on point to deal with it or I think it does undermine that entirely. I'm not sure it does because what he, like if he called Happy in the boat situation, Happy would have you know fobbed him off just as easily. And so, but there we go. There were still people there ready to solve remember. Spider Man's trying to ignore so calls. That, no, He's actually upset no, that Tony sorry. call get through gets no, through on the ferry. The, the point you were making is that Happy's uh, disregard of Peter seems to establish then that that means no one was there ready to help. And if he did that with Happy at the boat situation, I think Happy would have passed him off, you know, saying I'm busy just as much, and yet still people were there to help out. So I don't see the through line that that proves that Peter could have been absolutely sure that no one was helping in that situation. In fact, by the by the if you're going along the reasoning, because people were there on the ferry, contrary to his expectation, ready to help and stop the bad guy, that would generally set a stronger precedent to expect someone to be there. And that's why he phoned them. Only happy. He what do you mean only happy? He's arrived at the problem by the time happy is declined. Yeah, but and the, I think I, isn't that still, the only contact no he has? If you remember, Tony says you don't have direct contact with me. It's Happy. Happy's your point, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he has Ned contact Happy. Happy ghosts them, which leaves them with no yeah. choice. I mean, we are getting bogged down, but I still think this point is solid. What I'm making, but let's go back to the the actual core of what we're saying is that what Peter learns from this experience that I, it's not mentioned anywhere that that to my knowledge that he decides there are certain fights I need to step out of. In actual fact, I feel that's contrary to Spider-Man's character. And I, and again, I think the events of Endgame point him I in the think that that would... opposite that. No matter what, he's going to try and do his best to help regardless of his limitations. I think that would come entirely with the, the concept of being responsible with your power. You don't just brazenly approach every situ single situation. I think that's what Civil War is heavily so trying to complement as well. You don't brazenly approach, but you do approach and always try and help. Is that what you're saying? Not necessarily. Like, can the Hulk help a situation like Lagos? Maybe. You'd have to be very careful about that. While, um... And, the and th th this is, is... Would Peter try and help? And the answer is yes. I don't see anything established. Even in the MCU, so, that would say no. But it sounds like you want that, a reason to uh, have Peter be 
sure that whoever may be in trouble is going to be helped. And he says several times to Happy and then to Fury, there's a whole slew of heroes that are going to be used for this. I don't think they need me. I'm the neighborhood guy. And he, they so make sure to use that dialogue in the earlier parts of the film see, as well. Oh, see, because if that's why you feel Peter Parker was dodging uh, Nick Fury at the beginning of Far From Home, uh, I know I, that doesn't that doesn't um, ring I mean, true because I, the very fact Nick Fury is trying to contact Peter would obviously infer that this is a job that he needs Peter Parker's help for. Yeah, this Nick Fury for a reason. He, he, I assume from from the dialogue that Nick Fury calls are like world ending calls. That's how he sees them. And where he's not that, that guy. No, well, where is that I mean, established? Why, why would Nick Fury call him if he's like, hey, so there's some cunts down the road. Um, can you beat them up? They're stealing yeah, uh, bikes or something. And I'm pretty no, sure... No, this is good. Sorry, Peter clearly, does... it's going to be some type of exceptionally bad thing where lives are at stake. That's obviously a given. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's, he suggests that he shouldn't that be the one it's... who's called for that. He's the neighborhood guy. Nah. Well, not to mention... That's what he says. The guy, he's... Yeah, and not to mention, it's like the, the guy died like for five years. He lost it with Liz, and like he saw just a whole ton of things just go passing him by over the course of five years. And and he's still sixteen, and he wants to you know get his life in order just for a little bit. He wants to make it with a girl that he's interested in now because he lost it with Liz, and he he fought with like an entire army of Avengers. He it's not like un you know it's he not yeah. yeah, it's well, not uncalled okay, couple, for, for him to think that there's plenty of people. I think there are some assumptions made there, just assuming that because he fought with the Avengers, that would make him more reluctant to try and fight that level of events. You could say he, he describes he fought with the Avengers. No, because he fought with the Avengers and succeeded, that could or should yeah, all that, more that's a fair interpretation. But he says in the film yeah. his brush with death and space was an accident. When did he say that? I'm trying to remember. It's when it's when Nick Fury says, "Bitch, you've been to space," and he says that was an accident. So, you think that justifies his reluctance to help out in whatever situation we're? I think it highlights well, that yeah. Peter is unready to become the hero of the world, and he thinks that he's got yeah, loads of people prepared the, for that. See, I mean, the, the me, main arc of the film, I think, was about Peter sort of coming to grips with what his place is in the world and what kind of hero he is because like in the first movie it's funny because it's kind of the inverse of what happened in the, the first movie in the first movie he's so concerned with being a big big hot shot um and then he realizes like maybe i need to stand on the ground look out for the little guy for a while um and in this movie it's like you you're being called upon to be the big hero you need you need to step up and he's just scared obviously and not Aha, sure yes, of his uh yes. yeah so, scared is fine it's how no, you no 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 if you <laughs> it came across as cowardly selfish and I, therefore unlikable wait, 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 wait. and a worse Before, version right that's fine that's fine wait 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 wait, wait. that's yeah. fine we first got to decide if it's consistent with this character from homecoming and civil war once you if you agree to that i'm happy to move on to whether or not it's a bad uh, character trait to have i think you need to take too many leaps to reach that consistency that on things that are not explicitly shown that way in the movies themselves. Uh, so I think you're giving the uh, the plot a little too much uh, concessions to reach that that you know consistency that you have. I think if uh, you were to go with like Akram's Razor, the most logical thing to the result and stuff from the way that I view the films, I feel this is contrary to what the character's gone through previously. And because there are multiple ways into like, you know, the, the fact that he fought with the Avengers, this big world thing and came out on top and they won that 
could just as well have given him confidence for huge fights like that. He's got a really fancy suit to help him fit, fight bigger, harder things. And that he's already been tested in a situation where he tried to go insert himself into a situation where he wasn't fully prepared for, and he made a mess of it, but then he did it again with more confidence, less, you know, things on his side and everything like that. He didn't have the suit and he won in that instance that sets him up to be even more confident, more prepared to actually help no matter what. And so, yeah, you're, so you're saying two, two results could happen, and we're referencing dialogue pieces that support the alternate. Which are the dialogue pieces? I just so for which for like which it. which part? Because like for, for example, him yeah, going okay, to space so. considered an accident. It's, it's in Infinity War. He says, "I should have stayed on the bus." Okay, so that going to an accident. So that's him trying to reinforce the fact that he can't help in this situation. I would absolutely suggest that considering he's convinced by Homecoming and, and Tony that he's the guy who helps the little people, the idea of him defending the world is quite a lofty concept. But once he's uh -huh. absolutely okay, got to commit okay, to yes, it... Yes. He didn't know the world was at stake when Fury was calling him. Only that he needed something that, according to Fury, required Spider-Man's help. Yeah, and his logic in the film is that he, Fury doesn't call me, he calls all the other heroes that protect the world, not me. Isn't that an assumption, though? That, that an ungrounded one? That what if this is no, perfectly suited to his skill? But if the dialogue is inconsistent with his character, that's what I'm trying to find. Oh, out. Well, Peter is um is assuming that it would be a. So, so I'm not saying dialogue is not present in Far From Home to establish the way he's acting. I'm saying that those those dialogues specifically are inconsistent with what was being established before this. I thought you said that it was equally possible that he would be bolstered by these events, and I'm saying, yeah, so Previous you have... events, I was saying. Right, yeah, so you have events. two outcomes that are possible, and the film has taken one route, and it has dialogue supporting it. But that's inconsistent with what we saw in the previous films, that's my point. What specifically? Well, that he'd be so willing to uh, let people's lives be at risk to, you know, not go in and help He doesn't think they're like at that. risk. He thinks that the other heroes will be in line for it. So... Uh, I mean, how far do you want to take this logic? So like, if there's so, anyone so, in trouble all over the planet, he has to go for them and save them? That seems to be... Well, that's certainly the Spider-Man character type, and it's a better character There's no type. way. Well, I mean, there's no there way any Spider-Man does there that. Is, <laughs> Hang on, no, no, that. If there's any way in which he can help save lives, he's going to try and help. That's what at, I'm at some point, you have to factor an opportunity cost, though. Like, okay, I go off here, but who's going to be here in the neighborhood now? You know what I mean? Like... Like, when he says, you know, um, I can't be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if there's no neighborhood, it's like, yeah, so, you know, if the, if the world ends, then yeah, there's no neighborhood, but um, if there are other heroes around who can help out, I can stay in the neighborhood, I can still help in the neighborhood, I'm still helping people, but I'm in a place where I'm better suited, at least that's what he thinks, in part, I would say, just based on the discussions and the dialogue, like, do we have any neighborhood questions and stuff like that? So the question is, uh, is that perspective established in Infinity War, um, you know, his previous um, movies and stuff? Well, in Infinity War, yeah, when he when he uh, goes up onto the ship, it's like... He that that was being willing did, to take on a galactic-level threat, um, regardless of his own safety and everything. Well, which... yes, but remember that uh, Tony thought he didn't think it through. Tony was like, you didn't fucking think this through, did you? Um, yeah, but which, in nowhere you know, in Infinity says, War... No, but in nowhere in Infinity War does he say, "Yeah, I was a mistake to try and he help." He said, "I should have stayed on the bus." He said, "I should have stayed on when the bus." Where did he say that? So when, when he, he gets onto the, the ship, ship. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, okay. All right. well, and that, so, that's a point in your uh, favor. I grant that. Not to mention, in Infinity War, he was with other Avengers. He saw them fighting at the same time, so he knew, at least knew he had some backup. backup whereas yeah. he exactly. knows in uh, Far From Home, he has none because he even asks, "Is anyone else available?" And no one is. So hang on, that's in Far From Home. You mean, yeah? Except for Mysterio, yeah. basically. Yeah. Except for Mysterio, he's on yeah. His Mysterio own. is the only one. Okay, so when he says that, you know, I should have stayed on the planet. Look, I'm not sure that means he feels that I'm not going to try and help in situations where people's lives are at risk. It could just be an admission of the situation is in. It's like, now I'm in space and uh, this might have been a mistake, but it doesn't contradict his desire or willingness to help people when lives are at risk. And so I'm not sure that fully equates to him trying to dodge Nick Fury's call when he's calling up because... How, what, he has no idea what Nick Fury is trying to try and ask him to help out with. There's no guarantee that he thinks it's going to be someone flying into space. Are you concerned uh, that he's okay. not specific about why he doesn't want to answer the call? Wouldn't it make more sense, even with this character that's been established in the MCU, to at least find out why Nick Fury needs him to then determine if he wants to help or not, if you're going with the logic that he feels it's outside of his you know, capacity? For all he knows, it's perfectly within his capacity, and uh, by him dodging them without even knowing what he wants, it's basically saying whatever it is, whoever's lives are at risk, could have been MJ for all he knew. I'm going to put my own preferences, my own comfort, my own convenience before using my abilities to help people when I have the ability to help. Like I, I just, I'd be repeat myself. He sees uh, Fury as someone calling world events that other heroes are supposed to take care of because he's neighborhood man. Like yeah, Fury, then, Fury wouldn't like, call him in to defend New York because he's in New York. It would be a very bizarre scenario. So he's assuming. What precedent does he have to have that opinion? Nick's never called him before. Exactly. So why does he then think that it's world ending? Because Nick Fury was the head. Of, was basically the guy who assembled the Avengers. So he deals in the big. He doesn't deal in the small. No, it depends on scale because. Well, what do you he, mean? Like, like, has he ever has has there was a, there was a village in New Mexico that got leveled that he went to try and find out what happened. Yeah, because okay, the circumstances were not a world. It's not a world-ending event. Like what the, the, previous, uh, you know, um, reference. Well, he didn't. Know, he, said, yeah. he said. He said. Oh, go ahead. Well, so, at that point, he, he wasn't aware that it was a world-ending event well, well there and was a line of Mysterio dialogue where he said tells him that it's like a world-ending yeah. event but but also remember there were weird accounts because he said that apparently people saw faces in the wind it's like huh that's oh, yeah. odd yeah. maybe we should that take just a means that just means general supervillain not world-ending um, he doesn't know that yet. Well, it's something strange that could be a problem, but there's no evidence to say this is a world-ending event. And so the assumption or the assertion that Nick Fury only deals with the really big stuff, I'm not sure is actually supported by the movies as established. He deals with anything that's a worry, even a hammer in the middle of a desert that no one can pick up. So... He's I mean, not going. He's not going to call Coulson. in Spider Man for that. He doesn't call in any heroes to go and deal with a hammer in the desert. Well, what are the issues in which he has called heroes in to help with? Let's the tesseract. Um, so down. he, yeah, the tesseract, and then he did it for um, Hydra trying to take, and that's an issue with Winter Soldier. Is like, why didn't they call Iron Man? Yeah, Winter like, Soldier. Like that's kind of a problem. He yeah. helped. He helped with Ultron. He was there. He assembled the crew for Ultron. Then we didn't see him for a while. 
Uh, and then yeah, he's going to so call the, them in the for three main instances. Infinity War. Then so, as what well. previous knowledge does yes. Peter Parker have of Nick Fury as well? Um, that well, I mean, he he would know that he is the guy who assembled the Avengers. Yeah, he's he's essentially boss of the world's heroes. So, if he's calling you directly, then something big is going on. And you would assume that with so many lives at risk, he would be willing to help. Which is why Peter says, MJ's you don't call me, you call all of those other heroes, including Captain Marvel, the most invincible, awesome power thing in the world. Yeah, why would you need me? It still feels very inconsistent, that response. But, look, even if we want to move on from if it's consistent or not within the MCU, uh, my larger issue with is that it's uh, unlikable the, and that it's selfish and uh, even a bit cowardly, you might be, might call it. So, These I, I got a question traits. for you. Yo. Um, so, I, you said unlikable quite a lot. How do you, yeah. okay, how like do you objectively grade that? Selfishness, okay, is generally a trait people find unlikable. And yes, there are instances well, in execution. Sure, we can, we can say that it... We can yeah. say that it, that people find it unlikable, like absolutely. Mm, yeah. But I mean, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Uh, Joe Abercrombie's The First Law trilogy. Have you ever heard of that? Okay. Can I just it's hold a, you up? Because if you are going to well, give a, a specific instance where an unlikable character is either comes done perfectly well and everything, I fully admit that can be done. The issue is if they did it in this specific instance with Peter Parker, and I would say no. Well, why? Okay, in what way is his selfishness uh, likable in this instance? What's, can you give is me an it, example of selfishness? Okay, so, yeah, yeah, there, there's a number of um, ways in which a character's selfishness um, or even whininess, right, can become likable, like House, MD, the TV series. It's almost entirely structured around a selfish, whiny character who complains, but his complaining nature is directly in, res in response to his competence because he sees problems that other people don't see and therefore is able to save lives as a result. And so his complaining and also part of his selfish nature is a mechanism to save lives, ergo it creates a good positive character. There are ways in which you can make a selfish, even whiny character likable for comedians effect if you guys have watched um stargate atlantis um uh, i forget his name but there's a character in it who's really cowardly selfish whiny and everything and is my favorite character in the series so in execution absolutely it can be done but i it has not been done effectively in this movie at all it comes across as very unlikable and there's very few redeeming qualities to justify but, but, the but can you give me a specific example from far from home where he was selfish that wasn't reconciled yeah yeah he, he wants to go on a holiday instead of potentially save lives that's it that's a pretty that's a pretty significant one i'd say Shad, wait, 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 just one thing, and I want you guys okay. to continue, I really do. But Shad, you know, what would you say if I was to draw up a poll right now asking if he was likable or not in that film, and for people to vote yes or no, if the vote comes out, let's say, in a way that doesn't support the idea that he was generally unlikable in the film, would you, what happens then? I would probably restructure my wording to say he possesses more or significant unlikable characters, which makes a worse heroic uh, protagonist than either previous films and established Spider-Man, and it could have been better. And carry on. <laughs> I was just asking okay. that. <laughs> but I, but I, I, before, I, before we go on, I, yeah, I just want ahead. to ask a quick question, because I, I don't know how Shad feels about this, because I, um, I don't want to project any opinions onto you that you might not have. Um, so uh, I know that in the debate with Nerdrotic and um, 
uh, world class bullshitters. Yeah, they said something to the effect of Spider Man never has to deal with um, his uh, personal life and um, uh, being Spider Man. Um, would that not count as being a part of that? Would you agree with that uh, argument that in Homecoming he never has to deal with that? No, of course he absolutely needs to deal with his personal life in all the movies. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Um, yeah, I just, I just yeah. didn't want to. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's not yeah, that's not what I'm arguing. I'm saying okay. that these uh, negative character traits that he has in Homecoming um, make far more potential for him being perceived as unlikable than better versions that have been made. And my and then if you do want to add a subjective view on it, I found him far more unlikable and even stupid in a lot of instances in this movie that did not impress me as a protagonist or hero in the, the overall movie at all. I'll, I'll take you um, up on my, that if you want. My thing that I was thinking is um because because it's it's sort of explained as a rule, but I find that there are too many exceptions to that rule for me to consider it a rule. I can just think of so many protagonists who don't have who have negative traits but work like too many to the point that I don't specifically accept it as a selfishness. Rule. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Even those um, characters, though, even those characters that you're thinking of, would you agree that if they were given more negative traits that didn't serve a, a, a purpose in the plot or even the appeal or anything like that, that they would reach a point in which these negative traits make that character well, I mean, genuinely unlikable. I mean, Spider-Man's does serve a purpose in the plot. It's part of the plot, so I don't think that that works. As yeah, a well, I mean, because... his stupidity is quite needed to make the plot move. No, forward. I mean, like, yeah. the, I mean, I mean, what you call selfishness, it's like, that feels like a logical progression for him, but it's part of the plot. Oh, I no, guess no, 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 the, the, the plot, if the plot is him needing to go to, um, France or whatever that goes to, that can absolutely be done without the selfishness. Where he answers, you know, Nick Fury's call. Nick Fury says, "We've got an issue." It's in, just different, in, though. In whatever. No, but yeah. So, so your point that you know it services the plot and therefore is necessary. I disagree with. No, you, you, yeah. you. It's just because you said um, that doesn't service. Sometimes, the plot, and I yeah. Said sometimes, it does. sometimes things can service the plot but i guess my point is if they are in lieu of something better that's a weakness in the right well i guess I, I could just i could keep going through lists rick has rick from rick and morty has a lot of bad traits more so than good traits um courage the cowardly dog he's a coward but he's the protagonist of that I, show just dexter's i hated lab in, that character too by the way but anyway De dexter's dexter's lab dexter is very neurotic and self and you know harsh and stuff like that johnny bravo is a okay okay so we could go through these one you're right you're right we could go through them but then we can try and list off the, and explain the reasons why is this character oh more yeah there are, there are reasons why it works and there so, are reasons why it works but, yeah but so what, I mean you're, like, what you need to argue then is why does his selfishness work in homecoming why does well, Peter well here's here's the thing right like i feel like some of the positive traits some of them are obvious some of them are a perspective though someone could look at captain marvel and go well she's she has principles she has ideals that she has and i could be like she seems headstrong they're both two interpretations of a character who has principles and acts on them. Headstrong I is think negative. You could argue against but, her principles quite effectively. Well, yeah, but, but what I mean, well, what you, you're yeah, not going to hear any arguments in the film. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. this, this, this is what I mean. You're not going to hear any arguments for that. But, but yeah, that's what I mean as well. It's like, oh, character's principle. That's good. It's like, yeah, but what if their principles are shit? You know what I mean? Like some of the positive traits. Like imagine one where it's like, oh, you're compassionate, and someone says he seems docile or um, unwilling to stand up for himself. And someone says, yeah, but that's good. You don't want to tread on people's feet. 
like what people find likable does vary. It depends on what people's interpretation is of the traits and how they're oh, presented. Yeah. And the execution of it, and that's my my issue with homecoming is the execution of the selfishness, the cowardice, well, the, I, I know, don't, the stupidity. I mean, like, like those are three fairly big character flaws that well, I mean, really I guess run against be, a, an effective, I, good hero protagonist. I get, well, my my thing would be um, concern for yourself does not necessarily mean you're selfish. Like if you. If you um if you went back out to your car when it was at the shopping center and the guy who parked next to you just swung the door open and slammed it into your car and you're like, dude, fuck you, you're paying for that. And he goes, oh, but dude, I'm going to be down money if you do that. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm down, but it's okay because I'm going to let him get away with it. It's like nobody would say that you're selfish if somebody dinged your car and you were like, dude, you're paying me for that. You know yeah, what I mean? So it's like... Self-preservation, yeah, yeah. looking out so, for yourself again, is not necessarily selfish. But you're bringing up a point of reference to determine selfishness, and yeah, that's absolutely right. To well, determine well, yeah, how well, selfish well, a character is, no, no, to determine how selfish a character is, is to compare it against someone you would find to be unselfish, and that's how you get the comparison. And the comparison we have in this instance with this Peter Parker is the previous Peter Parker on the previous film, yeah, Spider-Man as a whole. Gonna, yeah, yeah exactly. And when you make um, that comparison, he is a far more selfish, cowardly character in this movie quite considerably compared to other, you know... I guess my thing is, is um, it depends on... So let's compare Bat, uh, Superman to Deadpool. Su Deadpool is far more compelling than Superman. Superman mm. is noble. He's courageous. He's caring. He's compassionate. He's smart. He, uh, he's, got, he's, he's got all the good traits, all the good traits that you would want, but that's boring as fuck. Um, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Superman can be very compelling, but you need to write it in the story that caters to the specific structure. And yeah, again, no, I the, mean, the point I of this it, is that it also very much depends on what the story is meant to be. Um, by, the, by the very fact that this is a Spider-Man movie, no, exactly. And we talked about this in the last stream. By the very fact that it is a Spider-Man movie creates an expectation, a point of comparison that we will be judging it by. And uh, one of the ultimate conclusions are is that this character is more cowardly more more selfish um and for, you know that was another kind of key one that oh yeah stupid well, is stupid decisions as well, well um uh, quite considerably and they're not counterbalanced effectively enough by positive traits does it need they... to be counterbalanced by positive traits can somebody yeah, absolutely like, like your example with dexter's laboratory even house and things like that if they didn't have anything appealing to counterbalance these negative you know character traits we would hate them okay but they are appealing in some measure because of the counterbalance thank goodness Frankly, I would find him unappealing if he was just a complete Mary Sue like that. Oh, he's 15, but he completely has himself entirely figured out and he completely just throws his entire personal life completely out the window to save people all the time. That seems like a Mary Sue character. I will, I will yeah, be back. I, no, no, I think you're swinging the pendulum too far in the opposite direction. And it's a slight straw man because I'm not saying make him a Mary Sue, but I'm saying that these negative character traits make him a, a less appealing, less effective uh, hero overall. Okay. Well, and, I, and the thing no, is, and, and if you want to say the, uh, the more established, noble, self-sacrificing character of Peter Parker is a Mary Sue. I would disagree with that because it's counterbalanced by the fact that he does still fail and he does still struggles and stuff like that. But in terms of his moral character, he is uh, pretty darn solid. He is one of the more aspirational, noble heroes in all of comics. So what about well, the Raimi films where he quits? 
or the good example, okay? Because that is, of course, a very significant kind of, he, he has to go through a lot to get there first and foremost. And the whole point of him quitting reestablishes his initial first motivation, which is if he has the power to help, he's going to help. And the scene that does that is the fire scene. He doesn't even have his powers, yet someone's life is at risk and he is going to run into every, risk his life, really so, because he can't rely on his powers now, to save even one life if possible which just reaffirms this essential most important character element of what peter parker spider-man is and then after that scene is you know on the stretch or whatever and they say that there was someone on the top floor that died and that hits him hard because he knew if he did have his powers if he didn't abandon his powers he would have been able to save that person who died and so the, the, this is a great example of even an instance where what looks to be a betrayal of this character reinforces it so much more. Nothing like that is reinforced in Far From Home in any sense. Not even in the third act where he takes on the entire army and beats Mysterio himself? Let me think about it. Nowhere near to the point of Spider-Man 2, first and foremost. Um, I mean, if it's... Okay, so... It's because it's not to the point of Spider-Man so, 2. All right. The thing why Far, Far From Home doesn't work is that the cause, the thing that pushed him to that point is nowhere near as uh, it's hot. Like you can understand why Peter Parker does this in, in Spider-Man two, he's going through hell. His life is pretty darn rough. And it's, it's, it's justified so much more where this doesn't, it just feels like he's being, I want to go on a holiday. You oh, shit. Really? Oh, five years of his oh. life passed by and his father figure died. It's like, come on, he oh, can't man. go see his girlfriend and <laughs> it was so that harsh to the back film. later? Was it? <laughs> I am being harsh, I fully admit that. Um, it, when I was watching, it felt like he wanted to go on a holiday. And that well, came across yeah, as very Shad, does it matter to you that when the water monster attacked, even without his suit, he began trying to protect people? I'm glad he did. <laughs> glad he did. But, no, 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 this, hear uh, me out. The fact that he was even avoiding it to that point, okay, is an issue. Like... That, uh, that doesn't redeem But him. you just said that Spider-Man 2, it's fine that he avoided it because he came through in the end. No, 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 because what justified him to make that, to get him there to where he makes the decision to not be Spider-Man, where I don't see anything pushing him to that point to, especially where it confronts his core character identity to make him betray that and say, I'm going to go on a holiday instead of, you know, uh, help people out when their lives are at risk because, you know, Nick Fury's. But in Spider Man 2, it's not even a holiday. It's literally just, well, Spider Man powers are not really working because I'm not really sure if I am Spider Man. I'll just let it go. I need to rewatch it because it's been a. I love Spider Man 2, but he literally gets like a mental block and loses his physical powers. It doesn't make any sense. No, but like yeah. it's explained because his life is going down the toilet as a result and is really struggling with it. So much so that. Even like it seems like his subconscious is trying to betray him before he's willing to do it himself. Like, do you remember when he doesn't help the guys in the alleyway? The guy who's getting mugged, he just ignores it. He keeps moving. Oh uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. See, like I said, it's been way too long since I've seen it. So, but this is I'm the sure thing. Highlighting these things for me is actually fine because it's in line with like a strong journey, just like Homecoming to Far From Home. But it seems that you have a problem with there's like a line that's being crossed in that scene and in. Uh, yeah, that's not only okay. So my problem isn't that it's crossed. I feel that it's not justified or um, set up properly. Not even nearly well enough. 
<laughs> I don't know, I guess I disagree. He's really young, he's just died, his father figure's just died, the world wants him to take over as the world protector, uh, see, he I just wants to pursue a crush. Get back to work, pussy. No, no, but see, he doesn't say that, like... What do you mean? Yes, okay, he does. In the context... Yeah, 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 yeah. In the context of the film, so... I'm just trying to remember Far From Home, because... He wants to be the in in this film specifically. He wants to be the local Spider-Man, and he doesn't feel ready to, you know, do the the larger fights and everything. And so, all right, logically justified. I can agree with it. Okay, I'm not fully on board with the fact that it's that it's in line with his character in the other films. Um, but if you were to just look at this film, is it justified? Okay, I think I can go with that. Does it still come across negatively, and also as? Uh, um, unlikable in the sense that these are negative character traits that make for a far less appealing character. That's still an issue I have, definitely. I don't think he was unlikable at all. He was very relatable. He was this so is part he, of, his relatability well, this is, is what. So over on well, the EFAC crew, the with the whole we're stuck. Yeah, Me, like, Wolf, and Fring, you're all like, well, isn't that down to each individual person, whether or not you like him? We can't really do anything with this. Yeah, I know. I mean, I do like to try and argue that there are certain objective character traits that you could say that are more negative and make for a worse character, well, um, I mean, and that you'll I... need to balance them against or execute them correctly to be able to uh, have a good character with these traits. See, the balance thing is, I just, I, I find that there are too many examples of characters with more negative traits than positive traits who are great well, characters. Okay, I, yeah, but like I don't Walter care White. about the... Yeah, yeah, I don't care about the other characters. I care about this one in this instance. Like, you would need to explain but how you're saying... these char th this character's negative attribute traits are Yeah, but, but, but the thing is, is the framework that's been established is so likability is determined by positive and negative character traits and that better characters are more noble, more courageous, more selfless as just a rule, and it's a rule no, that I don't prescribe no. to. No, 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 no. I'm certainly saying a better Spider-Man is defined by the nobility aspect and stuff. That's, I'm definitely saying, but not to all characters everywhere, absolutely not. Uh, but you, you said the hero archetype, so it seems well, like the you're type, yeah, they, 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 No, 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 so. they're, they're of course subsets of the hero archetype, and Spider-Man is fulfilling a very specific well, defined I guess it depends so. are we defining hero as protagonist or hero as something separate to protagonist because oh no I'm defining Spider-Man like so defining Spider-Man how he is more generally defined in all his works and stuff and how much of a solid good character that is the, the, and the, the fact is, that right, if is... I'm using that as a point of reference this one falls very short of it is nowhere near as good the thing is I see that more as a, a valid argument for um the validity like for the the strength of the adaptation rather than uh, a rule that you can apply to the quality of the character necessarily because it's no, just I think um, you, it's no i think you can like no, i think you can if you were to break down this character is good for xyz and this character doesn't have xyz but it's fulfilling the exact same purpose and role in the story it's pretty easy to define but then has other attributes like a b and c what are the other attributes well, I mean, what would you say are the, the attributes that spite... Because you said, okay, he's selfish. It's like, okay, that's an attribute. That's another attribute that gets added to it. Oh, so, sorry. Hang on, yeah. yeah, no, that's fine. That's all good. Um, it's just, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the better or worse, I guess, is the, the thing. The problem for me is that, like, likability, there's so many elements. Like, even the actor. I mean, 
Yeah, and a lot of people like characters that I think. No, no, okay, so sorry. Right. All right, no, no, likability was uh, my. You know, you could say a personal reaction to these negative character traits. Um, uh, I'm not trying to say likability to s determine if he. I'm just saying he's a the the character itself is worse. He is an inferior character for what the character is supposed to fill in the context of the story and plot and represent. Okay, um, uh, that's so my criticism there. If if the his Sorry, character, uh, if yeah, like his character, I didn't like well, Peter Parker's character for X Y Z reasons. What I mean is, if the director said, okay, so my goal with this Spider-Man is to make him a much more relatable and sympathetic character in the sense that he has very similar wants and needs to everybody else. He's still a hero. He still wants to help people. He's still aspirational, but he is more grounded in the sense that he is he has human wants and needs. So that means that this Spider-Man would be achieving that objective. So would he no, then no, no, be wait, 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 like... The attempt, I would say, okay, interesting, all power to you. I would want to, I would need to see the result to determine if you are successful at that, and if this is a more, uh, a better character as a result of this attempt. And my conclusion is, after having watched it, is no, no. Like in your attempt to make him more like, you know, a regular uh, person, everything like that, you made him more selfish, you made him more cowardly, and you yes, made him more which stupid. makes him more like a normal person. Hence, why it's good. <laughs> I'm saying hence why it's good so, based on that framework. I don't want to agree yeah. with either of you because it's so subjective. <laughs> it's like... Well, no, well, the thing is, is that I don't really, I don't, I don't like the idea of, well, the director said this is what they wanted to do. So, like, so, so I'm, hang I'm on, just like, arguing for the sake of trying you guys, to reach a conclusion. So, do you guys agree or disagree that he is more selfish, more cowardly, and more stupid in this movie? And... I don't think he's stupid. Uh, he made some pretty big, stupid decisions. He made some mistakes, but that doesn't mean he's stupid. It may mean that he's a bit foolish. Foolish doesn't mean stupid, though. I was a naive. Yeah, well, in general, yeah, language, naive, naive inexperienced. Naive, yeah. Stupid would be like if he um if he met Mysterio on, on day one. He's like, "You seem pretty cool. Here's the glasses. See you later." You know what I mean? Like that's stupid. So, yeah, so stupid. Would disagree be like with no the bullshit. stupid one. Sorry, what? I think I think he is uh, naive. I don't think he's selfish. I think that he is nervous, a bit scared of the of, of uh, the burden, um, as opposed to selfish. Like well, I don't I mean, really I'm, think it's yeah. Go ahead. He's self. He. I mean, like sure. I would say he's just a little bit selfish, but that's you know that's really not an uncharacteristic thing of him to do. Just not a little. Yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, Wolf, you also said something, but I think you're cut off. I, I said stupid would be anything coming out of a no-bullshit video. <laughs> that's mean, Wolf. That's a bit, that's a, that's a bit harsh. He's such a nice man. Why would you say that? You know, nice people can be idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shad's willing to say that this, this fictional character is stupid, but not a real person? Wow, Shad. Where are your yeah, standards no, at? I'm, I'm a horrible person, clearly. <laughs> um... Okay, so yeah, like uh, his actions came across as very stupid. Is this subjective? Look, of course, I think yes, but I feel I could try and argue the points that I feel to be stupid. I'm not sure I'd be able to convince you, but they're enough for me to, when I feel I'm looking at it objectively, to say, wow, these things were dumb, and I don't think this character was make, would make such mis stupid mistakes like this based on his intelligence already you know, established and stuff. Um, 
and as a result of course i find it as a like as a worse character because of that especially that so much of the problems that he's trying to fight against is solving problems he himself has caused that's always been a pet peeve i also find it uh yeah just an incompetent hero and stuff and in all honesty, like the Spider-Man in the MCU is shaping up to be fairly incompetent. Like we even saw some, you know, instances in the previous film that also portrayed that. And so that's not a good, uh, sorry, a better hero in and of itself. Um, and then yeah, the um, selfishness. Oh, and it's not the even an adult. Actually, oh, um, all right. Have so, you watched so, One Punch Man? Have you no, watched I haven't. Uh, One Punch I do want. I would do want to watch it. So in the show there. Sorry, in the show there are there's rankings for characters. So S tier is like at the best of the best in terms of their ability. C mm -hmm. tier is like normal guys. Um, so there is this th this character called Moomin Rider who is by far like the most aspirational um of the heroes because he has no powers. He rides around on a bike and he goes into fights and he doesn't care if he knows he's gonna lose, which he knows he will because he's not powerful at all. He's still gonna do it anyway because he has to. Like he, he, you know, he he has all those traits. He's a great character. Um, he is incompetent though because he cannot beat any of these people that he fights. That doesn't mean he's bad. If it it actually enhances him because he's incompetent, but he tries anyway. Like he'll yeah, he'll yeah. never give up. I, I, yeah, he, I don't uh, discount that. But the general rule is incompetent characters don't make good protagonists. Uh, uh, what about? Uh, Prove me wrong. Rick and Morty. Pre he's, uh, Need, I, need I bring up my hero? Right, let me rephrase it. Competent characters don't make good hero protagonists in this type of story. I, I don't know if I Why, agree with that. What do you mean but... by this type of story? Uh, okay, a superhero story where they're trying to fix um, most of the things they're fighting against are problems that they themselves have caused. So if a hero is... That, if, if the purpose of a hero is to achieve more good in the world than, than bad but they're just kind of reaching a net neutral because all the good they're achieving is fixing Spider-Man isn't that good though in the MCU. He uh he said he yeah, helps but, save uh, the universe. But what I'm saying a lot there's been a, enough issues that he's had to fix based on his own Yeah, but what about uh what about Tony Stark? What about the issues Oh yeah, that Ultron caused? yeah, an Ultron like I think again like even if you existed in the world and you're a character in this world and uh, people really understood that Ultron was directly created by Tony Stark, I think the honest reaction to that would be far more negative. And, uh, and Zemo like, was also created by the Avengers too. Um, and Vulture. Yeah, yeah, no, Zemo like, was. So, he, I, I guess this is, all, so he, this is yeah. all just good justification for the Sokovia Accords, okay? So, um, right, but what I mean is the Avengers are still like... There's still characters that are worth looking up to, even though they make mistakes, even costly mistakes. Yeah, but so, so you feel that giving a character incompetence is not going to be a negative, even if it's not balanced out or justified. Um, well, what do you mean balanced out or justified? What, like, that, that, I don't think trust that... me, like, if I, I could make a horrible character by giving him incompetence, negative character traits, and everything like that, don't redeem it, and it would be horrible um, to read, detestable. So, you wouldn't be able to enjoy it. And so have, clearly mm -hmm. there are standards that make characters better or have worse. You, so you, you don't Bojack think that... Horseman, the TV show, Bojack Horseman? I, I have not seen it, no. Um, so in that show, he he's the main character. He It's pretty definitively established that he is a net negative 
in the sense that he has way more negative traits than positive traits and he consistently doesn't improve. He consistently doesn't like change or fix himself, but he's a great character despite the fact that he doesn't really improve because it's, well, I mean, it's contextual. He, I don't know. Okay. If, if, he's a, if he's got all these negative character traits, I might disagree with you there you're not, as well. You're not, have to yeah, but it. the thing is, you're not, you're not really meant to like him. Like, you're meant to... He's compelling to watch, but it doesn't mean that he is a person that you're meant to like, necessarily. Sorry, yeah, I'm here with you. Um, boys are back yeah. from school. We have been streaming for a long time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we have. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I'll be able to hang around for too much longer, fellas. Got, that is okay. I got, That's fair I got babies Sorry. in the background. Um, or a baby. Wolf, did you want to, it sounded like you were going to bring up something as well, if you wanted to. I, yeah, it's still in my mind. I don't remember what I was going to say now. Fair oh, enough. sorry. That's all right. Um... So, so I guess, would you say, do you feel that the Spider-Man in Far From Home is not worse um, as a aspirational hero figure you know generally what we expect spider-man to be based on uh, my the works of spider-man my 100 like, percent honest take is when he was preparing his plan to try and ask out mj when he was like constantly feeling stressed under the fact that you can see iron man in different places but he's gone and people are testing him and stuff for what he's gonna be and who he's gonna become and all this stuff and then you go through the movie and he's pressured in all these scenes like with fury being like he chose you, Peter. It's like, was he wrong? I couldn't help but feel so like, oh man, what? This is horrible. Like, what a poor kid to have to go through this shit. There's that. Like, and then you just remind yourself how old he actually is, and I was just like, yeah, man. I don't know. Far from home, it was uh, subjectively speaking, I, I connected quite significantly to him. I thought he was a, uh, he was trying his damnedest, and he just wanted to have a normal life. Okay, and it's interesting because that establishes a point of reference you're judging it by which validates that opinion in my mind and i think it you could even call it objective um i don't think it it invalidates the point of reference that i'm also looking at this because i'm looking at it from a different perspective and a different standard to judge it by and according to that standard there are very specific things in which it did not measure oh, up. I, I think it's reasonable that you dislike him i think i think that's oh, perfectly that. reasonable I, I just um to say that he's Unlikable, so I was just like, you do be just for you, right? Because like, it's, I wouldn't even say he's likable for uh, anyone see, but you know, me. Even, even then, I would say he certainly has far more unlikable character traits in this iteration than many other iterations I've seen before, which certainly makes me dislike this version more pretty highly. Like, like the Far From Home Peter Parker. Sorry about the background noise, guys. Okay. The Far From Home Peter Parker might be one of the more disliked you know, representations of Spider-Man I've seen. Okay. Maybe. Um, but, but for specific reasons, yeah. Alright then. <laughs> uh, any other sort of elements to Far From Home that anyone would like to discuss? I don't know. I, I, I'm happy that we we're able to... I was at least able to establish some of the uh, plot holes with the... Oh, sure. That, you know, I think Far From Home is weaker than Homecoming for its uh, consistency-wise. I'm not sure which Especially one I prefer yet, though, personally. I really like both of them. All right, I'll, I'll count that as a success. <laughs> I mean, up. some of the things you brought up were already things that I was, I was going to be bringing up if you didn't, like the... Uh, should Tony have given him the glasses and 
just the more the specific details of how Mysterio fits into the world and what his plan exactly was. Like, I think there's a lot to discuss. I don't necessarily think it's broken or anything. I just think it's uh, there's a lot of elements to it that are interesting to discuss. Um, and then, yeah, it's absolutely a, a something to sort of look back on his journey from Civil War to Homecoming to Infinity War to the tiny amount of Endgame to Far From Home. Is he going on a consistent journey? Or are they just using him where they want, when they want to do whatever they want? It's been a very engaging conversation, fellas. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's been, been great. fabulous. Would you like to, <laughs> if you get a heavy head enough, would you like to, to give your channel a good old plug once again before you go? Oh, I don't know. I expect people who, you know, who, like most people probably already see me on EFAP or heard me plug. But yeah, Shadowversity, if you're interested in stuff that's actually quite different to what we get to talk about on EFAP. <laughs> but uh, somewhat related, you know, swords. Okay. Yeah, swords and cool. I'm sure you'll return someday too. We'll like to have you back I'm on. I'm sure I will indeed. And I gotta get my car repaired at some point this week, and that's gonna take a while, so I might actually be able to finish your book during the time oh. that I'm waiting, so... I'm looking forward to it. Cannot wait. Yeah, I'll shoot you uh, a Unless you hate it, then I can wait. If you don't like it, <laughs> just don't mention it to me. I, I just... have... I will say I have majority <laughs> positive it's opinions a, It's, it's a point. very vulnerable thing, alright? Like, if they're... yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely understand. Thanks, man. I appreciate. It. I'm sure I'll be I'll be able to handle it much better as time goes on. And and the fact that there has been such an overwhelmingly positive response to it, like 95% of people really like the book. 90 to 95% of reviews are Great, pretty damn positive. So that's phenomenal. That's you might like, even say it. it's likable objectively. Oh, exactly. <laughs> if you were to go off the percentages of uh, you know people's reactions to my book, I think you could say objectively it's a good book based on the response. Perhaps. But then someone could know, argue that, that perhaps... That could, could be, be argued against... Yeah, I know, The Last Jedi. Man, yeah. <laughs> We're going to get into a whole other hour-long conversation. How many people dislike... Isn't it an even split at the moment, or it's actually slowly... Uh, no, it's, it, it's actually been... More? Uh, it, it's been majority disliked for quite a few months. Thank, oh, okay, well then... It's then uh, it's, what I said was not an argument in support of Last Jedi, so... Uh, I see. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Alright, guys... I love it, Olivia. Thanks, heaps. Be lots of fun. Yeah, see you, man. Yeah, Thanks for coming on. See ya. See ya. Right then, what am I dealing with out of you three? What's your plans? Because <laughs> depending I'm on what you say, gonna... I'm probably gonna leave. Mm-hmm. Fringy. I don't. I don't like you. I, I probably need to. <laughs> it's been gone for a long time. I yes, it has. People, so, so many people want us to cover that second high top video, and I feel bad because I can't, I can't cover it on my own. That would just be terrible. <sighs> Maybe if high top just stopped making shit videos. Oh, you can't <laughs> say that. It's a naughty. No, I can. Well, Wait, so can I get high top? Please, I, I want to tell you something, high top. Oh no. If you, if you just consider deleting your channel, then <laughs> this whole problem will go right away. Can can I squeeze as much out of you guys as possible? I'll just uh, we'll get as far as we can before you just have to leave. How about that? I'll be you here. Say squeeze as much out of me as possible. And I said it, and I'm standing by it. I I myself probably would have to stop. Actually, no. Uh, it's getting later than I need to do, but it, it's it's been uh, very thrilling. The pandas. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've already seen the video, by the way, for prosper prosperity. It's uh, it's bad. <laughs> well, okay.
<laughs> Let's we'll try and get it covered and then I'll jump straight into super chats. It makes a lot of sense. Um uh, I shall say that I really have to go. So, so both of you are going Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. I won't unless another stream goes on for forty six and forty seven next week. I'm probably not going well no. Well maybe. I don't know. I'm probably not gonna be around for the next episode of EFAP because I gotta work every day this week. It's just gonna be real fun. <laughs> I know what that's like, man. It's like who well, I get to work eleven days in a row for the seventh <laughs> time this year. Woo. Are they seating cuts or something? Oh no. We just have incompetent co workers that I need to cover for. I find myself Excellent. constantly on the verge of screaming at like 90% of the people I work with because they're all so fucking stupid. They can't do their jobs. <laughs> uh, it's not that difficult. All you have to do wow. is just press buttons. A lot of chat are asking for Jay. Jay's asleep, I'm afraid. But um, Well, Jay was in the chat a little while ago, so I think they assume that he's, he's still around. He's yellow on Discord. I'll, I'll ping him, but um, yeah. afraid I don't think he's here. So oh, sorry. Do you like that, Wolf, that people consider Jay, like, your replacement? <laughs> I feel insulted. Oh, I'm working on a video that I said was going to be short. And by short, it actually turns out it's going to be like an hour long. And then there's going to be the Metro video, which is going to be like three hours long. So now I get to take the role of the Longman, and that's going to be... God. I'm looking I forward to that. I can't decide whether or not I like that one. I, I feel like people are going to like Photoshop a picture of a wolf and make their torso just really, really long. Well, now that you've said <laughs> that, it's it's a, there's a good chance. Whoops. I think Bayon was listening. Okay, this Bayon, if you make a really, really long wolf, like imagine a cat dog wolf, but without a cat, cat and a dog, dog wolf. wolf as, like imagine that. Actually, no, no. It can be a cat dog wolf, only it's me on one end and Mahler on the other. We have to share the long <laughs> That is true. Bailin. Bailin. Bailin, listen to me. Listen. This needs to happen. And then I and then I can change my profile picture to the me half, and Mahler can change it to the other half. And then when we get in Discord calls, it'll show us connected and it'll be really cute. Well terrifying the way. Mostly oh, terrifying, yeah. but yeah. Listen, I'm this has not to I'm not and, 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 <laughs> and if it if it works out really fine, you know, then we can even have like Mahler on one end, me on the other end, and like six other people between us, so everyone is part of the long wolfman. And see, we could have been talking about the video this whole time, but no, we had to talk about the long wolfman. Exactly. The long wolfman. This is going to be uh, a thing. But, uh, yes, no, you can't do it for the next EFAP Bayon one because I'm not going to be there. Oh, I'm saving all memes for the for the an anniversary one now. I think. Oh, in that case, it's okay if you do it <laughs> for the next EFAP since it's not going to happen anyway. Okay, people, we're bye. Yes. Bye. I, I, do you want to say anything? I about... think. Ah, uh, yes. Talk about channels if you wish to. Plug away. I I have the worst. Objectively, I'm the worst uh, member of EFAP. I'll probably quit eventually. It's okay. So don't <laughs> subscribe to my channel. It, um, it's pretty much worthless. I'll probably delete it by the end of the year. It's uh, not really worth your time. Thanks for not stressing the shit out of our audience, Wolf. <laughs> oh, it's okay. That's just been something I've been thinking about anyway. You're going to oh, start posting good. spilled milk. That's what it's going to be. 
Well, like, oh, of course. can it be like chunky milk so they can like Photoshop my face onto the chunks and like <laughs> spilled wolf milk? Is this like your equivalent of drug? You just tired? I'm high. Oh, same div. <laughs> I, I've been this way for a while. Part of it, I wasn't talking for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part of it, I was playing Metro like an autist, but you know. There's nothing wrong with that, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Balin, listen. The long wolfman. I, I feel like Wolf the, the is long, delaying oh, my departure because he keeps rambling about things. Wait, look, Froggle. Maybe I would give you more airtime if you would just make a video. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you make videos so then I have an excuse to leave YouTube earlier. Oh, uh, well, my, like, the, the replacement. successor, even though okay, I've been yes, doing this longer okay, than look, you. Look, Jay is not a worthy replacement, but Froggled is, but Froggled needs to actually start making videos so that I can quit YouTube. <laughs> Froggled, don't make videos. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, well done, well done, Wolf. Now you've made it so you won't make videos. Really, really hey, it's okay. I'm sure, I, I'm sure that there will be people in the comments that will be like, dude, Wolf needs to leave. He's the worst part of... Well, I see those in every comment section anyway. So, yeah. Frog will just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll think about it. What if we had like a three-way longman? With like me, like like it could be like a ninja star, but it would be like me, Mauler, and Rags. <laughs> Aren't uh, ninja it, it, stars it could be like four sided? Okay, huh. okay. So it's me, Mauler, Rags, and Fringy. A uh -huh. four sided okay. long, like we're all twisting together like a pretzel. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Again, not disturbing at all. It just it's just Dude, totally what, natural. What if this was like the cover of a tool album? I'm just saying. Maynard, hit me up. I got some ideas. It's it's trippy. Almost as trippy as ten thousand days. Uh, I yeah, no, I, I yeah, I got <laughs> I got a whole hop in a great chat. Bringy does yeah. cosmoronic resubricate res, res, yes, to it. That's the word everyone uses. Yes. Me and Wolf have already been on it, including Raggers. Your your newest. You're going to be doing Donald yes. Trump next, right? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the next logical step. Mm -hmm. Then I'll get um, I don't know, Nigel Farage or something, and then Neat. you know, Boogie or something. Satan. <laughs> you know, Boogie will probably do anything nowadays. You know, go, I'll, I'll get God himself on the podcast. Who knows? Not bad. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a really good chat. It was, so oh, thank you for coming for as long as you did, and I hope you had fun. <laughs> it was, right, it was yeah. exhaustive and wonderful yes. at the same time. Can I, it was. Can I rant right, about how much I, I hate Buggy? What? Why <laughs> can't you respond to the video with us instead of that? Right, because this is more important. Okay. Buggy is like such a worthless waste of space. All he does, all he does is he eats and he eats and he expands. And when he expands, he takes up more suits on the airplane. And I don't want to sit next to that. I mean, <laughs> he probably votes a whole bunch of times if you get him on your political dude, team. Dude, remember that video where he was just pouring Mountain Dew into trash cans like a dick? <laughs> yeah. That, wait, what? And, and you look at, the, yeah, he was going around an airport buying Mountain Dew, and then he was.
cleaning them up and pouring the Mountain Dew into the trash can so that the poor airport worker who had to get the trash can would get a soaking wet trash can. And it was every time he did it, I was like, Boogie, I swear to God, if you do one more of your like hundred trillion videos where you, you know, use your mental illness to get sympathy points from your idiot audience, I swear I will burn you like a pig. All right. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm just saying, Boogie, you were never really a good dude in the first place. But now people actually understand that you were never a good YouTuber in the first place. And, oh, oh. and maybe maybe if you stopped complaining about how little money you have as you buy a $100,000 Tesla car, um, people would respect you more. But as of now, that's never going to happen. And oh. I'm just saying, you know, maybe if you weren't so fat, your beard wouldn't look so bad. Words we can all live by. Exactly. <laughs> Fat people do not have good beards. I'm just saying. Can't, you cannot name me one example. Um, what about Jabba? He had like a bit of a neck scruff going on. I thought it was pretty good. Nah, he kept, he, he was pretty well shaven. He, he was a... I, I could see the shadow, individual. personally. I could see it. Really? I've got really good eyes. I got the Blu-ray version. So you could really see it. Mm -hmm. Just like you can see the green screen around Han's head. Oh yeah, Santa Claus, that's an objectively fat man with a good beard. Hmm. Okay, look. Santa okay, okay. isn't Maybe real. Just gonna Google Santa. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is more than one, I guess. Points of evidence for Wolf? Quentin. Yeah. John Ma I'm gonna have to struggle with this name. John Maelstrup. Oh, I didn't have to struggle at all. <laughs> Hey. You're a good man. You're a good man. David Harbour? Who's that? The guy who played Hellboy in, and he's in Stranger Things. Oh, he's not oh, fat. Oh, yeah. He's a little chunk, but he ain't fat. Well, and, um... George R. R. Martin does not have a good have beard. A... What are you talking about? No, he has a beard. Okay, yeah, he does. No, he he has a beard. It's not, it's not a good one, though. Fat people can't grow good beards. <laughs> John Maelstrap. <laughs> You, um, you doing there, Wolf? <laughs> I'm doing good. Dude, I, yesterday, I went tubing with a bunch of friends and we stopped at a gas station. And I, I went in there, right? And I got like two bags of Doritos because I like Doritos when I'm high. And <laughs> I, I went up to the cashier. I was already high at this point, like really, really, really baked. And I go up there and I put the Doritos bags down and at like two and a half seconds in I just like lost my mind and I didn't know where I was and I was just kind of like staring at the cigarette packs over the counter like not really knowing what to do and then she was eventually like sir and I was like what she was like do you need a bag and I was like no and then I left that was a very satisfying end to the story yeah. oh man that was riveting yeah yeah wow that, we could that all use so much funnier story in my head. <laughs> I think they should have done that in Far From Home. Yeah. Wolf versus the world. Also, don't send me to EFAP prison. Dude, that's Kirby. His profile picture is like, it looks like a clean-shaven boogie. <laughs> Kirby, that's mean. Kirby's got a wonderful face. <laughs> you're, you're right. Kirby changes colors. 
There's a black Kirby. It's very diverse. Yeah. Did he leave with or without the Doritos? Oh, I definitely came with the Doritos. What, you think I'm going to not eat them? It's like the whole purpose for the trip. Kids, this is not representative of all yesers. I don't know what that means. Wolf should always come high. Now, when you say come, what, what context do you mean? They're referring to kingdom come. It's a y part Yoshi of the prayer. Yoshi is diverse. Yoshi is diverse. He's gay. Let Wolf talk. Shad go to talk for seven apostrophe hours. It's Wolf's turn. <laughs> oh. Orange Kirby. Tubing, huh? Is that what they call it these days? Yeah, I was on a tube on a river. And yeah, I, I get one it. of my friends started doing shrooms. <laughs> it was uh it was it did not go well. Yeah, my, I uh, swam, yeah. I swam and I didn't drown. That was fun. When well, I was younger, my dad, my brother, right. like, overdosed him, a bit on sure. ER is a wholesome boy. ER is a dirty Nazi. Hi, Wolf eats more pizza. Get the munchies and we'll eventually keep you from leaving. Bam, when you devious motherfucker. I'm legit concerned. I can't go to bed until I know he's okay. James. James. It's okay. It's okay. You don't think it be like it is, but it do. He tizzles. You sure Stone Wolf doesn't want to join us for the video? I know he could have watched like the whole thing by now, weird. and he would have had fun with it because he'd have funny high responses. Like Stone, I think I feel like Stoned Wolf would Wolf, give it like the way you, it is, you know. Wolf, you bad man! Just click the link and then leave whenever you want. You don't even have to say goodbye. Just click it, listen, and then get angry what? and respond. What? What link? The watch together link. There's two of them. The latest one. Join us, Stone Dwarf. What's this one? For a magical adventure. So, this video. Wolf, are you ready for this? Oh my god. Wolf, wolf. Funny pandas. This video funny is pandas. called. Wolf, wolf. This video is called Spider Man Far From Home. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Why is that funny? Why the pandas? <laughs> the panda barked. It scared wolf, the bigger wolf. one. <laughs> How is that playing for you? It's not playing for me. Oh, okay. Anyway, it look. It. No, it's. It's, it's the video is called Spider-Man Far From Home Broke My Heart. <laughs> Am I gonna cry? Yes. Uh, Maybe. What's up, Mr. Stark? Mr. Stark. Mr. Stark, it smells like a new car in here. Hey, Mr. Stark, what should I do? Got to impress Mr. Stark. So, I mean, what if Mr. Stark needs me or something? Or Mr. Stark? I don't feel so good. It's 3.35 a.m. I just watched no, Spider-Man Far From Home, Got and I feel sick. Is that dramatic? Yeah. Is it weird that a comic book movie made me feel kind of sick? Yeah, very. But hear me out for a second before you smash that dislike button. Is that his real me... face? Yes. Are you going to say something mean? <laughs> okay, look, I'm looking at it like I would look at an anime face. He kind of looks like... I, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, he's doing the look out the window and be bored and long for something bigger trope. Yes. And he's well, nailing why it. Does, why do his cheeks look weird? He's, he's, got, like, he's got like the faded outline. Of is, it, is it the window mustache. itself? The mirror looks a bit smooched. Dude, dude, you can see like all the dots where the hairs on his face would come in. and He, he would totally pull off a total chin. I hope so. Anybody who has the ability to do such a thing... 
elevates to a different I, degree. I, I once, I, I once considered like, just like shaving my chin just to see if I could do a total chin, and then I thought about it for three seconds, and I was like, that would be a bad idea. <laughs> Dude, this guy's heart is broken. You're making fun of his chin. What the hell? <laughs> his cheeks. I, I mean, look at his face. I don't think he has much of a heart to break. Oh, I need to get some help. Top imagine living, and breathing, and eating two things, and then imagine seeing something that makes you not like those two Dude, things. Tom Petty's makes dead. you not That's want really to. Sad. Who? Tom Petty. Tom Petty. He's dead. It's really sad. Some help. <clears throat> imagine living, breathing, and eating two things, and then imagine seeing something That's that a lot makes of you not to do like once. those two things, makes you not want to care about those two things. Obviously, I fucking love Spider-Man and I fucking love movies. I've made, it has to be a thousand at this point, Spider-Man videos. Negative Spider-Man videos, positive Spider-Man videos. I've given more than my two cents on Spidey. My plan was and still is to finish the Raimi series and cover this film and be done talking about the webhead. I've said almost everything I have to say. And to be honest, webhead. Getting... People do call him yeah. that. Yeah, that's Dude. what they used to call him. I mean, they used to call Dude. him that in the cartoon, what, too. What if there was a strain that turns you into a webhead? What if the strain was called webhead? Wolf is being pure cancer. Ra, you always make edgelord fucking racist jokes so that you can get people to think that you're funny when you're really just a fucking faggot. So... <laughs> oh, God. I, 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 I'm just saying, sometimes we have conversations... And those conversations usually include Ra's gay. It's okay, Ra. He says it out of love, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's no, hoping you're gay so he can, you know, you know. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Look. Kick Wolf? Fuck you. I can kick you, Ra. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hold on. Here we go. No, Ra, <laughs> run away. Put user in no. timeout. No. <laughs> there we go. The abuse of power. Right. How much did you just put him into the thingy for? What did you just do? For 300 seconds, you know? I'm tired of it all. All the hate, so all the arguing choice. about a fictional character that's supposed to bring people together. I don't need to give you the whole speech. You know this is an opinion piece. I encourage you to go see the movie and make your own opinion piece. You could love something that I hate. I could love something that you hate. You know the drill. Art is subjective. Uh-oh. <laughs> I wait, uh -oh. what, did, what did he say? Can we rewind? Art is was... subjective. Make your own opinion piece. You could love something that I hate. I could love something that you hate. You know the drill. Art is subjective. Okay. Um. Why are we still having this conversation? It's a never-ending one. Didn't, didn't we figure this out with The Last Jedi? Like, no. If you think Game that, of Thrones, you would like think would have done it, right? You would think. Well, here, here's the thing, right? I thought The Last Jedi kind of established that if you like the movie, you're you're dumb. And if you think art is subjective, you're also kind of dumb. <laughs> You've nailed it, dude. They are the yeah, argument. Got him. <laughs> Wait, what are you just saying? I'm just saying. Who needs a fucking essay, All I can dude? do is tell you how I feel. And this is how I feel. Alright, so he's not going to express to... any facts about the films then. He's just going to talk about his feelings. Boo said something funny. He said, go after one knicker. You go after the entire knicker station. And I was just thinking, like, what did you put an S there? And it was snicker. Snickers. Snickers. Not station. yourself when you don't have Snickers. I'm sure that's what he was going for.
Dude, I want to like, oh, Spider-Man Far From Home takes everything that worked about Endgame, every heartbreaking moment, and turns it into a joke within the first two minutes of the film. I love uh, yeah, high school students made a uh, tribute to the world's heroes. It's a tone Dude, setter for the they film. Spelled, they spelled Memoria wrong. I'm pretty sure that's how they do it in the film. And I'm pretty sure it's in Comic Sans. Um, yep. Yeah, it's... it's All the it's funny, um, I actually remember reading some threads on, on just on Reddit, just seeing initial reactions to Far From Home, so I was curious. A lot of people were celebrating this, and I remember reading one from a teacher saying that um, it was uncanny how similar this was to something that uh, he organized a bunch of students to try and make. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, students are stupid. They really are. Like <laughs> if you're like under the age of well, 21, like, you're like, by default, a dummy. I'm pretty sure it's the picture of Vision that's like all pixely, or at least JPEGged a bit, like, because it's like a zoomed in bad picture. The other ones are like, like the, the aspect ratio and the resolution changes for each one. Like, and then fun. one of the images is has the Getty images watermark. Yeah, it literally does. It's it's really great. It's like it's down to a T of those like high school morning announcements ones handled by high schoolers. It's perfect, dude. I remember there was this thing. It wasn't in high school. It was in middle school where they were like trying to teach us like themes for shit, like trying to teach us how to be good people. And they showed us that scene from Return of the King where Frodo throws Gollum down a really big hole. And to this day, I can't figure out what in the hell theme they were trying to teach us. Um, and, and I'm just like... Beware the vagina, guy? it'll swallow you whole. Do, 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 do they think... I, I like to imagine there's just like some dude who is like, oh, come on, we'll show Lord of the Rings. Maybe more people will see Lord of the Rings. And I was like, okay. That just inspires me to watch it again, so thank you. The theme is Dude, talking there's a guy called Cop Wiseau in the chat. I can't imagine Tommy being a cop. I'd love a Pull cop. Um But yeah, uh this this is totally in line with the movie. It's maybe not totally in line with endgame because it's not endgame. Totally. Totally, yes. About Endgame, every heartbreaking moment and turns it into a joke within the first two minutes of the film. I'm pretty sure they're actually sincere about it. It's like an actual attempt from the students to construct something like that. They even thank like the students that were involved with it or whatever. It's just yeah, students aren't particularly well matched for a project like that, and the film is definitely trying to set a lighter tone. I looked over to my oh, friend there while a drone. There's a drone. drone flying in the hallway. Sure I will always love you. Is playing. You ever think that maybe that's the government keeping an eye on you all? Ooh. Bet you didn't think of that. Hmm. I can't think of much of anything right now. I can tell. <laughs> the that's why we love I looked over to my yeah. friend while I Will Always Love You was playing over goofy headshots of the dead Avengers, the dead heroes, while they were making a meme of the dead heroes, and his jaw had dropped to the floor. I thought it was funny. I could not and you know what's what I th found funny about that is they had actually played that song in one of our morning announcements when I was in high school, so it was like it was perfect. Right off the bat, how am I supposed to be invested in this Peter Parker's grief if the film is so focused on making fun of that grief? Um, Peter Parker's not doing anything but taking it seriously. The school students yeah. are not taking it seriously. The idea that the film doesn't take it seriously is an interesting claim. Yeah, I think when like, you have zombie Iron Man attacking Peter, that's eh, probably the film taking it pretty seriously. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like it just kind of shows 
a distinct lack of self-awareness that high school students usually have for like production stuff and so it's not like the movie's like oh it's funny that these people died it's just kind of a goof on high school students and their creativity or lack thereof and that's developing but yeah all right i guess Ra, I, have I will allow it. you to stay in the chat but you have to bow down and say that you love big brother big brother being me just imagine me with that big stalin mustache I just say Stalin had a rocking fashion sense. Not as good as Hitler, but you know. Making fun of that grief. I guess I should have expected this. The same duo who wrote Ant-Man the Wasp, another fun, lighthearted adventure, wrote Far From Home, and maybe that's my problem with it. Far From Home is so focused on being fun, on being light, that it never explores its ideas or themes with any kind of weight. Uh, I don't think I agree. <laughs> the uh, no. the plane sequence is quite heavy, where he's just unloading the fact that he's just not good enough, and that his whole identity is surrounded by the idea that he's supposed to be this thing that he doesn't think he can be, and then Happy gives him the the boost. Um, I mean, plane sequences have to be heavy. You know how much a plane weighs. See, and Wolf just bringing in the facts to support. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you can't deny that. The, but, you know, um, I felt, you know, I felt for the kid when he was like talking to Mysterio in, in the fake bar and everything like that, and how he was, you know, having a struggle and how he was trying to convince Fury to find somebody else for the job. It's like, you know, it, it, I, I, I felt for the poor kid because like we were just talking about it earlier, all the shit that had happened to him, and he's just trying to get a moment to like secure MJ like in his life and then get back to it. It's like, damn, poor fucking kid. Either of you guys ever made a plan to um, Oscar Gale out? Multiple steps? Yeah. I have. <laughs> maybe not to the degree that he... Well, I mean, maybe not to the degree he's going to, but... I, I wouldn't have, because I, I, I do not have the straight. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I thought you knew this. Once I, again, I thought I asked you out at one point. I mean, you tried, but you were so high that I was like, oh, if you do this again while high, I'll know it's true. Oh, right, during the April Fool's stream that I deleted. It's good that you deleted that stream. <laughs> that, was, that was a stupid idea, wasn't it? It's a terrifying <laughs> was a idea. Ter that was the worst idea I think I might have ever had. Wait. Once again, the lasting consequences for this version of Peter Parker are almost non-existent. Um... <laughs> so, um... We're going I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name a lasting consequence from this film that will possibly tie in to future events in the MCU. His identity exactly is revealed to the world, <laughs> exactly. and he is labeled public enemy number one. Uh -huh. To me, like, personally, that seems like a significant consequence. To me, dude, dude, and he was called out by the guy from Whiplash, who's really scary. Yeah. He was called out by the guy from Whiplash, you're right. Exactly. You know yeah, how scary that, that dude was in that movie? Terrifying. I don't even yeah. I don't even like I understand music he, lingo. He like, temporarily like scared me back into being straight for a second when the movie ended. <laughs> I was like, okay. Good on, this God, that must have been horrifying. It was. Jesus. Do you know Parker, how great Parker. that movie is, though? It's like really good. Mm. Almost non-existent. We should Remember watch that the... again. We should. <clears throat> she said the F word. Dramatic potential of May knowing Peter is Spider-Man. What the f Watson Company could really dive deep into what it's like to be the mother of Spider-Man. Yeah, they could. But they didn't. She kind of like 
points it out a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. What are you referring to, Wolf? Well, there's that, that scene in the first movie, right? Where they're at the bar or whatever, and they're seeing the Spider-Man on TV. And she's like, you don't go anywhere near that if you see anything like that. And then she's... I can't remember much of Far From Home, to be honest. I, I mean, my assumption was that once she found out he was a super super, she was like, hey man, yeah, save people. It's a good tism. And if you were like, well, we don't get to know. Who knows what I'm talking about? I like this guy. And um, They didn't explore much without me. And uh, hopefully we get more in the future, I guess. But I don't see it as being a uh, requirement versus an alternate thing to target. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. we can develop... They, you know, they could have left MJ at the same level as they did in the previous one and developed May. It's like they chose... They chose what they chose, and it's like, uh, to, to know May's position in all of this doesn't necessarily... I guess it just changes the story, because you need her in a lot more um, in a lot more scenes, and if she's there, it's just, yeah. That's all. That yeah, is contradictory right now... to her reaction to this film. Like I said, I barely remember Far From Home. To be perfectly honest here, like, thinking about it, like, I would probably never go out of my way to even watch this movie again. I didn't really think much of Far From Home. I thought it was boring. Could could probably have done something better with my night. Like, <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. Like, play video games instead. Um, like some more, uh... But yeah, she does say that uh, if you Shad, see that kind of danger... Hashtag Shad, hashtag Shad was right. Well, what the hell, Oof Kick me. I thought we were friends. Just Apparently that. not. <laughs> Broke my heart. But yeah, we. She does say beforehand, stay away from shit like that. But then, obviously, once she finds out Peter's Spider-Man, she seems to be on board with it. So people would highlight that as a contradiction. While I would be like, uh, it seems to me that she's changed her mind since she found out something pretty significant about little old Petey boy. Yeah, but, and considering that he helped save the world and everything with the Avengers, she realizes his potential, and she's not quite as worried as he could any other regular kid or anything like that. I would, I'd be cool with a, a scene for that, though. What do I that have would to apologize nice. for? I don't get it. All I said was that Shad was right. I like Shad. I like Shad, too. He's a cool man. <laughs> Yeah, the he's a, he might be a bit of a fat man, but you know he's at wow. least a respectable fat man. <laughs> Wolf's a mean man. Does she worry about him putting his life in danger every night? Does she worry the same thing that happened to the love of her life will happen to Peter? No, she's one hundred percent supportive of her superhero Kick son. Chat. Can we do that? If she finds out people try and kill me every single night, she's not gonna let me do this anymore. Remember when? In fairness, uh, she says to him when. He's crying to her about losing the intern uh, internship in the, in the first film. She says, "I know you've been going out every night. Uh, just tell me the truth. What have you been What have you been doing?" The idea being, she knows he's doing something that's potentially dangerous, but she hasn't actually stopped him or addressed it yet, implying that she might be on board with a bit more dangerous activities. She said that she used to do that when she was younger too. So. There's, there's elements mm -hmm. to work with. There's elements to work with. I tell people try and kill me every single night. She's not letting me do this anymore. <laughs> Remember when half the universe got well, wiped out? Thing. Watson Company it's like, could. It's like uh, oh, I forgot. I actually have the power to pause too. But um, that's just you know Peter underestimating Aunt May's respect for his abilities and everything like that. That's not to say like Peter just wrote the rules on Aunt May. 
top writing for the movie. Would I reference dialogue? Uh, yeah. Things that are happening in the movie. I gotta be honest, this scene where he was like swinging through the city taking selfies was like really cringe. I, 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 I just, that's like subjective, bro. <laughs> Was, was, it was you like ain't swinging around going on the not, buildings, you wouldn't take some pictures. Uh, it was so stupid. It was almost, maybe, maybe not as egregious as when a Hulk dabbed, but it was still really stupid. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that you'd compare it to that? Wow. I I just said it wasn't as bad. You, you compared, so you was, brought it up, dude. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, come on, chat, you agree. It was cringy. <laughs> we've got, we've got yeses and noes. Yeah. Why? Self-evident. I don't need to make an argument. You're not allowed to take selfies in Wolf's movies. Look, look at the- look at the- my name. The word of Wolf. It's like the word of God. Only God's- A wolf? An idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. No, no, I, no, I, I didn't actually mind it because he was talking to MJ while he was swinging around. She says, like, don't do that. And he's like, can't. And then he nearly got like, slapped. Don't text and swing. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Don't Drink and Horse from A Million Ways to Die in the West. It was just stupid of a joke. I mean, I would actually recommend not texting and swing, but Don't Drink and Horse doesn't even, like, pan out because it's. The whole joke know, in that film is using they, modern they language both, in the they past. Were both really stupid lines. But his isn't even necessarily a joke, it's an actual warning. <laughs> you, sir, are wrong. You, sir, have the highness. He has to the really high dive deep into the post endgame world and how Peter fits into that world. Did any of the people close to Peter survive the snap? Did any of the people close Does to Peter have to matter? deal with the grief of the snap, the grief of losing Peter? Nope. Every key player from Homecoming conveniently got snapped and didn't suffer at all. Um, does it ever say that? I'm pretty sure there's members of the Decathlon that we don't see from the first one into the second one. Hold on, none of them are aged any differently. Which means they well, all got snapped. that's what they covered. Yeah, they covered that. They said everybody who got blipped, they call it the blip, anybody who got blipped uh, came back as the same age while the world moved ahead five years without them. Yeah, so they so... didn't change, so they got blipped. You're dumb. Well, his point is that uh, nobody of like significance to Peter didn't, and thus nobody within his like circle of life people got to explain to him like the horrors of it, I guess. Um, but again... If you're gonna complain that the they're too happy with and fun with their tone, and then be like, why aren't there scenes of characters explaining how horrible it was to have lived through those five years? I'd just be like, uh, I think you know, uh, this is kind of the element that's really unfair to this film is being in the MCU at this point to have to deal with Endgame tisms. It's like you want to make your uh, your superhero movie with a with a protagonist that learns something. It's like, yeah, we well, got to deal with all this other stuff. You're like, oh, geez, you know. Endgame should have just ended without any of the time travel. Should have just, like, everyone that died stayed dead. Yes. Just saying. It would have been more impactful. It would have been, been better. A really, really good ending. A really no, they just had to... They should have snapped, and it should have killed the other half that lived. It should have just ended with <laughs> Thanos getting his head chopped off, and it'd be like... The credits just roll. <laughs> it's like a Pixar short. <laughs> 
Oh, hey, remember when Tony Stark, who is just Uncle Ben in these movies, about that. Peter Parker is a good kid with a good okay. heart. He was raised by the two best. I'm going to say something that's going to make a bunch of people really mad. You ready for this? I told you already, Mahler. So that line that Uncle Ben says, where he's like, uh, fucking what's that line? <laughs> oh, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that reminds me of? The greatest teacher failure is. Like, thank you, movie, for telling me the theme. I'm glad you're treating me like I'm an idiot. I mean, I am right now, but you know. <laughs> and now we waste the chat to react. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Ben was a pseudo-intellectual. He thought he was all smart. <laughs> he's really just like, he's basically like, he's basically like Sargon pretending he's like good at what he does when he's really not. <laughs> Wait, oh for God! Less, it's a good. We... It's a good thing Rex isn't here. He'd, he'd scream. Unless I mean, forget the uh, the other line after Yoda uh, lightnings the books. Fuck <laughs> that! <laughs> you just cut out. So his whole head was fuck that. Fuck that shit. Yeah, there you go. That makes more sense. <laughs> Look, we need a list about how Uncle Ben's better, okay? He didn't suffer at all. Oh, hey, remember when Tony Stark, who was just Uncle Ben in these movies? About that. Peter Parker is a good kid with a good heart. He was raised by the two best people in the world. One of those people was named Ben. Ben taught Peter how to be a good kid with a good heart. Ben died because of Peter's lack of responsibility. Spider-Man oh, was God, born. don't show the amazing Spider-Man. Hey, they yeah, did it. That means they're better. Do we need to see Ben die again? Hell no. Is it unrealistic for Peter to never directly mention know, the man who taught him to be time. a hero? The man who raised him? The man who was his father? Hell yes. How do you even know that that's the case in the MCU? The problem isn't Tony Stark being a mentor. The problem isn't Tony Stark. The problem is the implication that Tony means more to Peter Parker than Ben ever did. What if he does? What happens then? Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, what if Peter learned thing. more from Tony than he did from Ben? What happens or then? Or maybe Tony, or or maybe Tony is just filling a place in his heart that Ben can't fulfill, and he's not like liking one better than the other. He just needs someone, you know. Uncle Ben's suitcase is in this film and serves as the only reminder that Ben existed and it ends up getting destroyed at some point off screen and Peter doesn't give a single shit. That doesn't pan out just because it's a briefcase that someone used. Wait, hold on, it, it was a sentimental briefcase? <laughs> but I don't know, I guess so. I don't remember. Dude, what a stupid thing. I, I want to keep this briefcase because I am really attached to it. Man, I should like keep. I should keep my Dr. Bo Pepper bottle because I'm really attached to what was formerly inside it, but it's now currently sitting in my digestive system. Uncle Ben's in your digestive system. <laughs> um, just <laughs> Peter, this suitcase meant a lot to me. He just kind of. It was a subjective briefcase. And, <laughs> and now it's yours. It's your um. All right. Yeah. He. 
Yeah. Peter Parker doesn't give a single shit about losing something of his uncle's, which makes me assume that Ben was someone it's in this universe who didn't really. <laughs> As all things thing go, like, you know, a lot of bad things happen in mean, his trip. It's it's like it'd be one thing if it was like a watch or a compass or some binoculars or picture or something with a briefcase really yeah it's like, a bit of a stretch like like look i got uh when my cat died i kept her food bowl because i had her for 19 years and i really missed her so now i keep her food bowl that's a little thing because like what the fuck does a cat own so it's like i got that that's something but it's there's probably a lot of things that Uncle Ben had that are briefcase. People are posting yep. briefcase milk. <laughs> Was the milk in Uncle Ben's briefcase? I don't know. Really matter all that much to Peter. Great. Cool. That makes perfect sense. Anyways, where was I? Oh, hey. So it's not like the way you want it to be. Damn. So, okay, so he's complaining that, um, Oh gee, we I'm so glad that Ben or I'm sorry, uh oh, well I'm, I'm wondering if I'm high now too. No sense crying of a spoiled briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know, Uncle Ben, uh he, he's complaining that he's like not being covered, even though he was just saying that he's glad he's not being covered. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess he's glad we don't see how he dies. He wishes he was more of an influence on his life, but yeah, Tony's definitely in that role for this film. Tony's the one that meant mm -hmm. a lot, and we got to see it, so it makes more sense that we would uh, bank on that sort of relationship. Hey, remember when Tony Stark, who is just Uncle Ben in these movies, died? Died right in front of Peter? Died in the arms of Pepper, Rhodey, and Peter? How does yeah. that affect Peter? He's grieving, but he wants to fall in love and go on vacation? Those things don't He needs mix. to grieve they forever. What? <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's not, it's not effective if he's not crying about it every other scene, even though this is the same kind of guy that'd be like, Peter cries too much. He never cried in the Raimi films, <laughs> except for the thousand times that he cried in the Raimi films, and it was funny every time because Tobey Maguire looks like an idiot every time he does it. So, if you're feeling blue, you might look to starting a relationship with somebody to try and alleviate said blueness. Uh, if you're feeling that your life has reached a sort of impasse slash uh, end of a phase, you might try and move on yourself, you push yourself. Um, the idea that these two things are incongruous with each other, it spells out to me that this person might not have experienced something like that. Uh, but it's totally a thing that happens. And he's dealing with both ends of that scale throughout the whole movie, awkwardly trying to get something going with MJ while also dealing with the fact that his very important, very influential father figure has passed. And uh, it's yeah. actually an element I liked. And the thing but is, Peter, it's like some kids just like to distract themselves too. That's another way of coping. Dude, died in the arm. Chat, first of all, the cat I was just talking about, she died two years ago. But I had another cat who died this year. And it was really sad because he was only like two years old and it was because my neighbor's dogs were stupid and got in our yard because they neighbors are idiots and deserve death so anyway <laughs> when he died when that this cat died i was like you know what i feel sad i don't want to be in my house right now because i can't think straight 
without my cat being around um because he was just everywhere so i left my house and i drove like an hour north and i ate pizza and i went to a bookstore and i bought like a bunch of books that i probably won't read for the next six years because i have 400 books and 300 of them i haven't even read yet i did everything i could to distract myself from the uh current pain i was feeling at that moment so the fact that peter is trying to do a thing that is not crying over it forever is completely realistic i know that this guy has probably never understood or gone through loss in his entire probably 12 years of life but you know he could try empathy as a thing yeah see there you go a lot of uh, the point is people deal with grief differently you know not everybody has Dude, to why am, I so, why am i saying all this sad shit what's this it's is topical weird. It is topical. That's probably what brought it on was the video. Uh, well, people people might actually get uh, frustrated hearing what he just said, you know, because it's like, oh, is that right? Is that right? That sort of thing. So, probably didn't expect that. He thought it was. I imagine he thought it was pretty simple. It's like happy, sad. You don't have them at the same time. Like, oh, uh, well, not really that simple. Peter died in the arms of Pepper Rodian Peter. How does that affect Peter? He's grieving, but he wants to fall in love and go on vacation? Those things don't mix. They don't. I'm sorry, but it's not real to me. It doesn't work for me. I can't feel for Peter's loss if the movie doesn't really feel for Peter's loss. Any and all dramatic potential is thrown out the window for the sake of another fun Spider-Man adventure featuring a quirky cast of underdeveloped kids and a villain whose motivation is based <laughs> entirely around- that, that I'm sad because this guy's putting forth a sad excuse of an argument. It's true. <laughs> the line's dropping. Well, you're doing better than me. I got Mola. You're a hippo. Sorry, hypocrit. Hey. Ten oh. points to Team Moniger. Hey, he's high too. So underdeveloped. I don't, I don't know. know. He's not qualified any of this. He just said it's true. To inflate so. it. Yeah, it's like they're underdeveloped. But the thing of it is, it's like. Do we really want to spend a whole movie developing like a whole bunch, like his entire class when they're not like the entire focal point? I mean, just a couple of them are, but every oh, single all one the of standard them? questions come in. It's like, okay, so how many of them were supposed to be developed and to what degree that satisfies you? It's just, you know, questions that you can't really answer definitively. Wolf, exactly. how do you have 300 unread books? Well, I have a very horrible disease. It's called impulsive book buying disorder, where I go to the bookstore and I see a book that looks good and I'm like I have two choices I can either put that on my Amazon wish list and save money or I can buy it right now because I'm too lazy to go on Amazon put that on my wish list and then I come home and I have to rearrange my bookshelf and then I have 300 books that I have yet to read probably less than, no no I have like 460 something on books and I've read like 160 of them yeah, something like that. I honestly but, wish I had the drive to read as much as you. Dude, reading is like the <clears> thing <throat> that I've done like my whole life because I never really had friends growing up and I was really depressed and shit. So I read books to ignore life and it was really great. And that's why I like to read. And that's why I like to write too, because then I could just ignore the world. <laughs> it's really great. It's actually really helpful.
Same with video games and movies. Well, actually, not movies anymore. Movies are starting to. (laughs) (laughs) Movies are pretty bad lately. Yeah. (laughs) Underdeveloped kids, a villain whose motivation is based entirely around Tony Stark, but this time it's in Europe. Yay! Honestly, guys, the entire time I was watching, I felt like this film was fighting with itself about what it wanted to be. Does it want to be a teen summer vacation flick with Spider-Man? Does it want to be a story about Peter dealing with the death of a mentor? What, those two things can't happen at the same time? Damn. Are they just, like, mutually exclusive? Does it want to be a classic Spider-Man story about Peter wanting to just be Peter Parker, but having the responsibility of being Spider-Man? Yeah, that's that happens in the film, too. Okay, so if I just take a film, and I talk about three different things that happen in it, and I'd be like, what does this film want to be? What are these three things? Hmm? I don't know. Stupid. Done. Oh, pick one. You can't pick two. You can't have them all. It wants to be so many things that it never has time to develop any of those stories and ideas. You mean, the Iron Man well, Peter Parker story comes full fruition. Is the, the, the high school sort of dating thing the, with MJ, that comes full head. Like, how are these stories not completed, you know? Yeah, and it kind of feels like there's only two two stories to worry about. He's got his trip, and then he's got his Spider-Man life, and that's and they're both kind of colliding in the same thing. It doesn't it doesn't seem like there's that. And then there's like dealing with Iron Man on top of that, but that's more of a emotional state thing that applies to both of these journeys. Yeah, exactly. Hey, but wolf. it doesn't have to dedicate a whole plot line to it. I was wondering, since you've read the Wheel of Time series, who your favorite character was out of the main characters? I've only read first three books and new spring new spring was kind of worthless because nothing really happened in it and i'm about like a fourth of the way through book four but my favorite characters are matt because he's funny and tom because he's cool there we go all right forget the fact that this is a bad spider-man movie god i can't believe i started that meme i went in fully expecting it to be a different take on the character that i'm obviously not a fan of thus far i figured this would be a sequel to homecoming and a sequel to this particular vision of spidey but what i didn't expect what caught me completely off guard was how completely inconsistent with that vision far from home was peter parker before we go on i want to tell the chat the, the funny story i was telling you the other day so chat the other day i i had this weird dream and Mahler was having weird dreams too he was having dreams about killing people and like hiding the body because he was guilty for it or why would that be a weird but dream had... <laughs> seems pretty <Wow>. normal to me <laughs> yeah that's something that seems pretty normal so i had a weird dream and this dream is so crazy so basically i dreamed that no one actually hated spider-man homecoming everyone actually loved it and that this was all conspiracy to make sure that molly was good at arguing and then i woke up and i was like no way spider-man really is a bad movie Uh, yes that that, that sucks that was my dream i didn't kill people have you tried the first five temerare books wolf hmm you said you wanted a good dragon protagonist try the first to mid what? What? How is that? I don't know what that word is. Temeraire. That's Tem- obviously a Amazon. word. That's probably some kind oh. of species in Lord of the Rings. Temeraire. Series. Ooh. That's, that looks promising. His Majesty's Dragon is, I wonder what it is, by Naomi Novik. 
Oh, let's buy a woman. I don't care. Far From Home was. <laughs> Peter Parker in this film trusts Mysterio with Tony's final gift to him after having two conversations with Beck. He not only gives Mysterio something that should mean the world to him, he gives Mysterio the glasses that have the power to literally control the world after knowing him for less than two days and 20... I will agree that that did bug me a bit. Like um, how it actually moved. used to bug me, and then I thought about it for a long time, and I was like, I don't know, it actually kind of makes sense. So you got... He's grieving because he's lost the father figure, the guy who died to save the world. He's also got the pressure of becoming that guy himself. He's also got the pressure of realizing that he's like... He's not the right person to have that level of power accentuated by that bus scene. And then along comes this guy who's extremely kind, wise, has lost almost everything and is fueled entirely by protecting people as a result. This guy sacrifices himself to save uh, Peter's planet, but narrowly survives it, unlike a certain other mentor he had. And then um, just gives him real talk twice in the film. And it's like, if Peter's not supposed to have the glasses, who should have them? And it's like, well, not Nick Fury. Uh, for, for the reasons he gave, I think he said something like, you would probably like, go crazy and weaponize him and stuff. Like, well, this guy. This guy's willing to die to protect Earth. He's got this, like, wiseness to him. And he's, he's, he's very pragmatic and kind. It's like, yeah, this guy probably knows what's best to do with these things. Certainly better than me. Like, it, it yeah. passes for me, Like I, I, and this is the part of him being naive, he's just like, yeah, I'm convinced, and considering he's a, an actor and an illusionist, it, it would also follow that he could trick Peter. Yeah, to Dude. a certain degree, I would agree with that, but then, then came, like, from Peter's side, like, yeah, with the world on his shoulders, I can see him making a bit of a rash decision like that, but then the problem I have comes from the fact that, like, Mysterio, that was part of his plan to get the glasses from him, but at the same time, Mysterio at no point made any sort of suggestion that he was trying to get those glasses from him. He didn't say, do you mind if I try them on? Ooh, Interesting, though, like that. but if you remember, <laughs> Peter's lost them, and someone provides him the glasses, like, oh, you dropped these. And he's like, oh, are those, are those the Edith glasses? As if he has no idea, but it's probably him that organized the glasses being given back to Peter. Like, that person worked for him. Dude. Dude. There is a comment in the chat that said that Peter doesn't care about dead people. It's a character trait. <laughs> what? It's part of his character. It's totally aligned with the character. not care about dead people. Yeah, when people die, he's like, Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was, but, that um, was a good, good observation. But yeah. but yeah, I don't know. He 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 made quite the elaborate plan, um, and it just kind of didn't seem convincing enough to me that um, he was trying to make the glasses, you know, his own. I I feel like maybe they um made him not ask so much to maybe make this the uh the twist a little more impactful maybe but that would be you know assuming something that i'm not entirely in possession of enough info on so i'd like them to know. have had more time i think would have been preferable uh maybe involve some of some of that but there's definitely a lot of reasoning for why peter would have done what he did and um yeah, a lot of like it was sort of i didn't even catch on my first run through i was just thinking about it i was like hmm why would he? And, you know, especially when they have those shots where he puts on the glasses and he just looks at him and Peter gets this sense of just like, oh, fuck. It's like, Tony. Yeah, I, I guess I would have liked to see Quentin maybe ask for the glasses at least once and then make it seem like, okay, now he's definitely trying to get them. 
rather than like, oh, <laughs> perfect. I psychologically knew this teenager enough that he, I knew he would give me the glasses with enough slideshows. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it would probably benefit from being over a longer period of time. I actually was talking to Fringy about how I, could, I would have maybe liked the idea of having Mysterio be a good guy in this film, and then he's revealed in the second, and like as a different villain for this film, and he gets to know Peter, you know, from this one to that one. I don't know. I feel I'm like they used. I, I feel like they used the time. Oh, I'm not saying. Like I'm not saying it'd be better. I'm just saying it'd be interesting as a sort of uh, exploration. I mean, I'm pretty biased right now because I really like uh, Hero Mysterio. I quite liked him. Mm -hmm. Although uh, he was a nice. <laughs> I liked his bubble was... helmet. I did like his, his fish tank <laughs> now, helmet. Fish bubble. Now is it just me or was his mouth like really long to, to what? <laughs> Quentin's mouth. <laughs> It, it, it long was mouth like bad. Long horizontally. Wait, halt, halt! I say, when okay. you say Quentin, do you mean Quentin reviews, right? No, I no, think no. That I mean... might just be as unibrow you're looking at, mistaken for a mouth. No, <laughs> you no. I mistake. assure you, I, I, I double checked. Now, uh, Quentin Beck is Chief the guy's name. Chillin Paul Mouth. Google yeah, yeah. images. <laughs> But when he was, yeah, yeah, when hey. he was in the movie, his mouth was really horizontally long to me. Okay. I don't know. If that's I, just would, I would crazy. hope it's not vertically long. That would be very <laughs> disturbing. We're entering into nightmare fuel at that point. Look, I'm looking at pictures of his mouth, and it looks like a perfectly respectable length. Perfectly respectable mouth. Knowing him for less than two days and 20 minutes of screen time. Peter Parker in this film all of a sudden has a crush on MJ after paying no attention to her in Homecoming. I guess he came back from the dead, witnessed the death of his idol, and now he wants to get romantic with a girl he barely knows. Okay, so it's been eight months since that, and, um, I don't know, do you guys wanna- we, we can do this all day. Do, do you wanna talk about what is required for a 16-year-old boy to gain a crush? Should we go over the extremely long list of things that have to be ticked? Um, Boy, it doesn't really, it really doesn't take much when you're in high school. No, no, no. It takes a long amount of getting to know them. It, it needs a stable job, uh, respectable friends. You know, they need a car, they need to be the driving. Um, parents who are very responsible, live in a nice place. Like, these are all very important aspects. When you're a 16-year-old boy, you really need, like, to be very careful and selective. You don't sort of, you don't just develop a crush on somebody. That's not... Yeah. Look, dude, when I was 16, I was worried about my 401k plan. I don't know about you. Probably because yeah, you don't yeah. have that, because you live in 802k. Afghanistan. Ours is like yours, but double is better. I mean, to be honest with you, I was a little bothered at the fact that they started the movie and they he, he had developed a crush on MJ, like, off-screen. It kind of felt like it was an obligation. It was, like, MJ in particular. It looks like she doesn't shower. <laughs> Cause, I cause, was more like, concerned about getting a reason for why they would work together, which is what this movie seems to be. Why he has a crush on her, that's, I don't really need much reasoning for that. Yeah, um, I guess it was just kind of the off-screen aspect that bugged me a bit. It's like, oh, it, it would be kind of weird if like, there was just some other girl. Like, what about that gal that, uh, I'm, I'm really blanking on names, it's late, um, his fatty friend. Um, you called him a gal. Wait, what are you suggesting? <laughs> that he should date Ned? Is that what so, you're suggesting? 
no, 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 no. I'm saying that gal that Ned was with is like, that would be really funny if it's like, if at the end of Homecoming, it's like, oh, this is MJ. She's a new student. And then all of a sudden, Peter shows up in the next movie and says, hey, I got a crush on that. Uh, I got a crush on that white girl, you know. I, I forget her name again. I'm sorry. Oh, Betty. Betty, right. He just shows up one day and says, I got a crush on Betty, man. You got to fucking get me in there. It's like, wait, why? Why do you have a crush on Betty all of a sudden? What did she do to get your interest like that? Her in particular, you know? You just So you just want a reason for a kid to have a crush on a girl? I, I maybe want her to maybe be introduced just a little more and why he's choosing her in particular. Yeah, I guess we could have had like... I'm not sure how you'd fit this in. I guess it needs to be in Homecoming, but just a scene where he gives her a look of like, huh, I'm kind of interested in this person. Would that be good enough? I feel like maybe um, during the trip he can develop the crush rather than have it immediately. Yeah, it could work. I don't know, see, because I just, uh, I guess my position is like, we're skipping to the part that's more interesting where he's trying to court it rather than what made him think, hey, she's cute. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly a time saver when you have her crush on her already, but I feel like it maybe would have been more natural if he had developed it along the trip. I think that's fair enough. Mm -hmm. And go on a vacation. This is Mary Jane we are talking about, or Michelle Jones. Either way, she is the love of Peter Parker's life. Okay, chill out. <laughs> we, I mean, we, I, we don't even know that's what they're gonna do, and even if they did do that, why would the love of your life have to start in any way other than a crush that's simple as, hey, I think she's cute. Like I said, why would you... Yeah. Couldn't it just evolve from there? that's all it takes. Yeah. But, the love of Master Chief's life is literally a hologram, which is more than <laughs> I Don't I hologram shame, Wolf. And I will never forgive this film for not caring enough to develop it. Sure. Well, this film is developing it. It's, yeah. It's, it's all the scenes in this film with those two is. It's actually, like, pretty well, well portrayed, as far as I can tell, in terms of a budding romance between two teen arenos. What did you think, Wolf? Did you believe their romance, or did you hate it, find it boring, and vomit on the screen? What? Take that as the the latter. Okay. I believe we'll they do. had a decent level of chemistry. They were both a little awkward. Um, she so, was yeah. funny. She's got my sense of humor, but that's because I have Asperger's, and I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's cute. It's awkward. Zendaya and Tom Holland have some very nice chemistry. But that's all there is to it. It seems like a high school crush that came out of nowhere. And I think it was a high school crush that came out of nowhere. I don't know. I, I, don't, I must be weird on this. Like, I just, yeah, I don't necessarily think that you need to have a high school crush be developed so significantly. I, I, I feel like it doesn't need to be developed very strongly. It just, it, I think we just need to kind of see the spark, the, 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 the spark at first that got him interested in that person in particular. It doesn't have to be a very strong spark, like he researched her or anything like that, but uh, you know, rather than just a look. He researched love it her. Sight, <laughs> Googled it. You know, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't need to Google her or nothing. I feel like maybe just there just needs to be a spark. We need to see it, and then we can get it going from there. Doesn't the spark that falls on the oil spill that causes the explosion. That kills Benny. Wow. That kills Benny. That, All that, for MJ. That got dark at some point. I couldn't pinpoint it exactly. 
Homecoming, MJ obviously teased Peter because she liked him. They could have turned that teasing and frenemy relationship into a real friendship. They could have taken their time over the course of a couple films and got me to want them to end up together. But Far From Home doesn't have the time for that. Someone said she's as developed as a three-month-old miscarriage. Oh my. <laughs> wow. Yeah, again, I would argue that this film is developing their relationship. That's what I thought would make their relationship more meaningful was seeing how they interact and uh, mm -hmm. what they like about each other and stuff like that. But Instead, we start the film and Peter has this big plan to win MJ over. They introduce this character named, I don't know what his name was, and have this very unnecessary love triangle that has the emotional depth of an episode of Hannah Montana. Uh-oh, copyright. I post. Okay, um, um, after hearing that, I think that made me sober and I want to go to bed now. It's okay, Wolf. <laughs> you did top. well. Hi, Top. You if, stuck you just it start off, if you start off every video with that song then trust me i will never watch another one of your videos well no you did it once i'm never going to watch another one of your videos again. <laughs> uh if you just keep doing it then nobody will which is probably the best possible thing you can do i believe you treat him this way this film broke his heart dude wolf <laughs> he was kind he was smart he was important that's a quote from that race movie isn't it about the black people that work as maids or something and they're treated badly and one makes a shit cake or something shit cake I would have preferred something from a good movie personally but I guess that's that's something yeah alright yeah. yeah so I'm gonna go to bed now <laughs> it, has been, it has been a pleasure enjoying the tisms. Mm -hmm. I will not be on the come next back with, uh, Hope you don't come back regretting anything you've said while you're hot. <laughs> well, this went marginally better than the April Fool's stream. <laughs> True. I, yeah. I'm, I'm ashamed to have missed that. And it, No, I'm ashamed to have streamed that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, um, I will not be on the next EFAP. I am making a video that I or it's really not going to be short, unless you think an hour is short, which if you're watching the show, you probably do think an hour is short. And then I'm working on another three hours. And... I don't know what I was even thinking right there. I'm really tired. <laughs> what happened with the April Fool's stream? I might have proposed to Mahler and asked him to have sex with me multiple times. So, you know, just nothing nothing serious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. He's a good kid. He's gonna do just fine. Gonna be. As for the, um, go the Hannah Montana love triangle thing, I um, I don't know. I uh, not only did I like them two together, and I liked uh, the conversation I remember more specifically is the one where she's like, "I was just looking at you because I thought you were Spider Man," and he's like gutted to hear it because he thought that she actually liked him, or there was a chance of that, and he's like, "Oh no," and there's like a yeah. back and forth until it's 
rescued a bit more. The uh, the the seat swapping in the plane, it's one of those like really unfortunate sort of you're trying to get access to the person you're interested in and then it like backfires and uh your teacher's a dork. And I don't know if I'd call it is it a love triangle when she was never interested in the guy whatsoever and he was just kind of like an ass? Yeah, I wouldn't really call it that. It seems to me a love triangle is three parties all interested in each I'd have to look it up. I can't remember actually. But yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was better than this is being portrayed as, but perhaps I need to give it a second look and really give a critical eye. Yeah, imagine just for lack of a better word. Why did he have to put this track in here? I don't, I don't know, man. Why, why do you have to taint EFAP with this track? <laughs> Peter Parker in this film is told to step up and be the next Iron Man. What in the world? Well, hello. I think it's horrible and it's a travesty that you're defending it. <laughs> Wait, uh, uh, Far From Home? Hello? Well, I, I have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, well, okay. We're 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 watching not uh, concentration camp videos. Are you sure you want to join? Hmm. <laughs> well, I I saw there was only two of you guys, and I felt that's that's not that's you know there needs to be more people, you know, so in the stream. And so, if you don't mind some background noise of the kids now and then, I think I can join in for the, for the remainder. We'll see. Well, there is a, a link to the. We're watching. We're halfway through a video. Breaking down far from home. Yeah, I've been trying to watch um, uh, while you guys are still streaming and stuff, just sorting out the kids and everything, and getting settled a bit and stuff. And so, well, it's lovely uh, to I've, have I've you been back. watching some of it. Yeah, well, thanks. I, I hope you don't mind me just uh, crashing the party. Absolutely again. not. It's a breath of not necessarily fresh, but important air. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Um, We're making pretty good progress on this, though. We are, we are, we are. I think it's because there's two of us. A, a crazy high, but <laughs> who's now gone, but we got we got three now, boys. Peter Parker in this film is told to step up and be the next Iron Man, and then he's told that he just needs to be the next Spider-Man. He just needs to be himself, which is pretty much what he learned in Homecoming, but then they blast ACDC as Peter is making his new high-tech suit looking just like Tony Stark did. If his arc is supposed to be, be your own man, then stick with that. Don't tell us one thing and show us another. Uh, mm. So, creating his own suit, um, but in the same vein as Iron Man was creating his suit back in the first film, I suppose you can take that that way. I would have taken it the way of he's inspired and taking a piece of Iron Man along with him while he, you know, is, is going his own way. Um... I, I don't know, there's definitely a father-son uh, aspect to it that I suppose many people would just find to be almost, like, lame because it, it's like it's like Peter having to borrow Iron Man's moment instead of being a sort of um, poetry at rhymes sort of moment. Yeah, and it's not really that much of a stretch to think that Peter knows how to use this stuff anyway. I mean, he's, he was mentored by Stark. He's probably seen how he works it and everything, so... Oh, too bug butt. So, what would you say the movie is trying to say in regards to this? Like, do you think that it is one or the other that the movie is trying to establish him as the next Iron Man or to be his own Spider-Man? What's your, what's your uh, to me, I feel like he it establishes him as somebody who is actually ready to, you know take on the responsibilities at first he was really struggling with it but now he's like ready to go he's making a play and he's getting a suit ready 
and he's just kind of doing it in natural action not not thinking too much about um you know oh i'm taking off the mantle of iron man he's just thinking of the duty he has to do in terms of saving his friends and he'll do that by any means necessary yeah yeah i see it as he's yeah. he's striking out he doesn't have anyone hovering over him he's making his own suit he's gonna have in it what he thinks he needs and then he's gonna go do it himself um, yep. And Happy is asking him, what's the plan? Now he's being leaned upon and he's ready to act. And the whole, he'll call you to Nick Fury as well. Exactly. So you don't think there's a contradiction in uh, what they're saying and then what they're showing in, uh, in this uh, section the guy's bringing up? So would, would that be that he's his own superhero and yet he's using an Iron Man-related sort of system with Iron Man's music in an Iron Man sort of stance, and therefore he's not Yeah, his like, own. like, are they sh are they showing him to be the next Iron Man? I, I wouldn't say that they're setting him up to be the next Iron Man based on the ending, the end credit scenes here. That would kind of conflict a bit with uh, trying to fill that role that Iron Man filled. Um, so, yeah, maybe I think, yeah, I think his point here is ultimately contradicted by the ending of the film, that he can't be the next Iron Man as a result. Yeah, and not to mention, he doesn't even make, like, an Iron Man-based suit. He makes it very in the same vein as, like, the Spidey suit that he grew up with. Yeah, he does. Uh, assuming he has the choice to have iron, he definitely chooses against it. Like booster rockets and shit. No, well, he doesn't. Uh, yeah, I don't think he had the option to choose the full Iron Spider get-up in that scene. I, I mean, if he did, we've already kind of said that that was a bit dumb. He it would have been more practical, yeah. Yeah, like, holy crap, yeah, having, uh, you know, plated armor against these drones would be very useful. Mm -hmm. yeah, but nope, he brought, he got up a suit that he was familiar with when he was growing up in Homecoming. So yeah, he got the that, taser uh, webs. says he wants to be more like Spider-Man. Yeah, he's got, he used taser webs in the middle of the hollow thing. Yeah, he's but, I mean, he's had the iron suit for a bit, and he's obviously getting pretty familiar with it. I, I imagine but, that's but a symbolic chose. representation of shedding, like, shedding the identity of being Iron Man's ward slash uh, mentored. Oh, I don't pupil. know. If, if he had the option and he chose not to, it's just dumb. He oh, no, I don't, I'm not referring yeah, to that. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. I'm more referring to, we see him in the, well, I mean, we, we only see him for a few seconds at the beginning. I guess there's a deleted scene, we would have seen him more. Um, but the idea that he's he's wearing that in the beginning and then by the end across his journey he also happens to not be wearing the Iron Man spider suit anymore. Which by the way, they said what did I ever get to ask you about this, Chad? They said that um Spider Man would never accept an Iron Spider suit off Iron Man. That's what they said in the in the EFAB debate and uh, people always reference I... Civil War. Yeah, see, he did get an Iron Spider suit at one point. So I can't remember exactly what happened with it. But I think just logically, even just trying to be realistic, if Peter Parker wants to achieve the most good possible and is offered this great tool that will help him, which will enable him to save even more lives because he access he has access to better tech, I think of course he would accept it. I, you know, I think you'd have to go through some pretty convoluted loops to try and get to the point where he would say no. And perhaps you could pull it off, like I don't know if um, uh, similar reasons why. Batman doesn't use guns, you know, because he is emotionally scarred. If you set something like that up where he just doesn't hmm. like the tech, I don't know, something. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's possible, but yeah. Yeah, again, without that, I'm maintaining, and I might be wrong about this, I don't even know for sure, but I'm maintaining that he couldn't use the iron suit in the airplane. It's just a matter of if you look at the events of the film and you draw that 
He was wearing the Iron Spider suit, and then he goes on this journey, and he also happens to not be wearing the Iron Man Spider suit anymore. It's a representation of, of the journey, that's all. It's not an actual mechanical one, because he didn't, uh... You how, I'm assuming you would have picked the Iron Man suit. I think anybody would, if they're fighting against bullets. Yeah, he'd be damn well better have if it was mm -hmm. available, otherwise... You'll be making a video. ...intelligence, it just got even worse. But anyway. I can't be invested in something that the writers don't seem sure of. The truth is, I can't be invested in any of this. I had hopes for Mysterio, I love myself some Jake. But Mysterio's motivation, like Vulture's, has nothing to do with Peter. There are no person. Nothing to do with Peter? Uh, isn't it like, you'd argue, he's quite focused on Peter because he needs those glasses. Yeah, like... yeah he, he's very focused on Peter. He, he came to him twice to talk to him and have this heart-to-heart -heart and everything. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, yes, but the motivations, there's no nowhere near as strong a personal connection and rivalry or even menace that is comparable to the Vulture. Um, uh, yeah, not, not quite as strong, sure, but his focus was definitely on Peter. I mean, is Vulture necessarily his motivation connected to Peter? I mean, no, no, not the motivation, what he's doing, but in terms of their conflict, it's a very personal conflict. Sure. Wouldn't you say this one's pretty personal, him, though, as soon as he also... finds out the Mysterio's lied to him? Oh, well, maybe. I mean, Mysterio's main issue with Peter Parker is that you're getting in my way, ergo, I want to kill you No, you're you right. Now. I mean, yeah. the conflict in the film becomes extremely personal, right? Because it's like, you tricked me and now you're hitting people with the thing I was entrusted with, you bum. Now you're gonna kill my classmates. I do not like See, a few. Yeah. I don't know, I'd f I think the stronger emotion is, holy crap, I stuffed up so majorly, I really need to fix this and stop this guy, otherwise, you know, dead lives are on my head. Um, but, yeah, I'd say he'd probably be, still be a bit peeved that he was duped so easily, maybe. I was hearing your argument that you don't think it was as easy. Uh, I don't like the fact he gave him the glasses. Uh, not at that rate, no, I agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. My opinion is anyone with two brain cells would, you know, only pass on those glasses after some very serious, um, long, drawn-out, considered thought and everything like that. And even if you are liking this guy and is, you know, doing things to, you know, get great in your trust, it's way too soon to dress such a pivotal kind of thing upon him like, any person would take a longer time to make that decision, I reckon, if they were smart. I think it a, strikes me as a dumb thing, yeah. Apparently, they want, uh, there's people in chat wanting to dress, um, Peter, you don't need to be Iron Man. No one can be Iron Man. And then Peter builds a suit, just like Tony, while listening to ACDC, performing the same mannerisms. Why is that a contradiction? Do you think it's just, to be Iron Man, it's as superficial as building a suit with ACDC on? Well, I mean, it... In terms of how films offer cues to uh, indicate certain directions, I'd say that's a pretty strong one. Yeah, but, but you know, he's also mentored by him, so it's easily you can you can also go just as easily in the interpretation that it's uh, well, the Peter other keeping a part of Iron Man with him. Yeah, the other interpretation is that in being the next Spider-Man, he wants to take some of the Iron Man with him as a, a benefit or something. And I can't believe I'm defending far from home, but yeah, maybe that, that's a way to look at it. That I just, the, the future Spider-Man can carry some, the, some of the positive influences Iron Man has given him. 
forward and that scene in where he's got the iron man music and because the other thing is interesting like this does set up a situation where peter does make his own suit and it is as good as the one that Iron Man gave him because he's using Iron Man tech, but it explains in a decently good way how Peter Parker is able to make his own suit and have it look so good without have being a master seamster. Yeah. No, 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 we've established it's semen. It's definitely such an effective semen. Yes, exactly. It's not a plot hole, but it weakens the argument. How would it... What? So like what argument Pete, so specifically? I guess that he's like Iron Man. It's just like him and him and Iron Man are on totally different journeys, performing totally different like uh, roles in this universe. Um, I mean, my opinion is generally, and I'm not saying they executed it well in this film, but I think you could have Spider-Man be influenced in a positive way by external characters, including Iron Man, and not undermine the core of what the character is. Um, there are some, you know, concerns about the Iron Man influence, and I was talking about that with the, having access to the glasses and having such a powerful, you know, tool at his disposal really uh, hamstrings some of the conflict that you can give him um, in, if you want to have him challenged properly with the villains he faces in the future. And so if you want a good, if you want to have a good conflict in Spider-Man stories going forward, you need to remove the glasses somehow because... I agree, they, actually. They I do agree. Yeah, too much stakes. They try to make me care about his relationship to Peter, but spend no time developing it. Holland and Gyllenhaal have some really nice chemistry, but that can only get you so far. Quentin Beck's motivation is all about Tony, and that's just, dare I say it, lazy? Gyllenhaal does the best and has a lot of fun with what he's given, but he's given so little. It's not like it's a surprise that he's the bad guy. Everybody who has picked up a Spider-Man comic or seen a Spider-Man flick knows that he's going to go bad at some point. That's tertiary information, though. Yes. I never read the comics, so I didn't know that. But I, I oh, was I it was it a, a twist for you? It, like I'm just interested. How, yeah, how did the twist come off as like unexpected? Because like I, it was impossible for me to experience that because I knew of the character already. Um, there there was some doubt in the back of my mind. I mean, yeah, I did I did get twisted. Um, but there was some doubt in the back of my mind. It was kind of weird how he was getting really buddy buddy with Peter like so so soon, and then like how weirdly anticlimactic that fire guy battle was. Like, oh, okay, you 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 flew in and you exploded the guy, and no consequences, good to go. <laughs> and then, if it wasn't for it being an illusion, I'd be thinking, how the hell did he do that, and what are his powers? But because it's illusion, yeah, it's like. And another thing that I missed uh, when when Spidey uh, webbed. Uh, fireman and he pulled out a, a, a projector at first like i had looked away for a moment i thought he lost his web shooter because like yeah so that was just me not really paying too much attention i think i might have gotten like more doubt if i was paying just a little more attention and realized he pulled it from the monster mm. but yeah um but when he does reveal that like his plan was to get the glasses and everything like that i'm all like huh it, i would have believed this working out better if he at least asked for the glasses some more like oh what if i did it you know i'm a responsible dude oh well, you know something like that i don't know maybe i imagine maybe. that that would be too much of a reach though right like he's trying to get peter to do it on his own mm -hmm. it's like the benefit is to be like whoa, whoa I, I i don't want these like no way and then he just gives them to him and he's like oh well, yeah okay you know he doesn't want to push okay. him way too hard All part of my point 
But I feel like he kind of needed to to understand Peter for a lengthier amount of time than he did in order to understand that that was what Peter would do. And that's where things got just a little weird for me. It felt like they did what they did to make the twist just hit a little harder to me. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I did get I did get twisted. It was, oh. it was yeah, there's a degree of people that will, because I think it's safe to say there's a lot of people who don't even know who Mysterio is previous to this movie, because he hasn't been in um, the Raimi or the uh, the other Sony ones. So and again, I, like I understood that he was a bad guy, but I'm not really entirely sure why I got uh, twisted. Oh, you um, knew he was a bad guy, but you still got twisted? <laughs> well, he was talking about like alternate universes in which I groaned super goddamn hard. I honestly... <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, oh, so this must be good guy Mysterio because of he's an alternate timeline Mysterio. Uh, turns out he was lying, so I'm like, oh, shit, subversion. Mm. <laughs> so if I'm not connected to him, if I can't see his point and I can't feel his connection to Peter, then why am I supposed to care? Because he got fucked over by Tony Stark? That would maybe work if either of the films critiqued Tony Stark's actions, but they don't. With um... Critiqued Stony Tony Stark's actions. I mean, I'm I'm conf I guess I'm confused about the whole like caring about uh, Mysterio. I don't think we're supposed to think that what he is doing is like a reasonable thing. Like what he's doing is kind of kind of nutbally. Um, while like if you're going to compare him to Vulture, it's like yeah, you can care about Vulture because he's his fundamental thing is trying to protect his family or provide for them. And uh, he's kind of Robin Hood in it, trying to take from people who wouldn't even, like, maybe even experience the loss. So there's definitely, um, you could see yourself one day, maybe, falling into that position. But Mysterio's is like, yeah, he got his life's work stolen, but he's still, the madness element of his character has to be there in order for him to take the next few steps. So all of us are like, oh, well, I wouldn't go we mad. Well, that's why one of one of the reasons why I didn't like him. He was just evil for the sake of being evil. I don't think his reaction was proportional or realistic. From and it was his life work wasn't even really stolen. It was Tony Stark gave him the millions of money to fund his you know live stream and everything like that. So he got to achieve it. He just didn't get the recognition he wanted from it, or that, or the tech. Like, what did he want the tech to do? Because did he then get annoyed that Tony Stark shelved it and didn't? I guess he always wanted to do the illusion stuff, or did, I can't remember what he says. Yeah, I could just... Yeah, there was Because no he's, like, insulted uh, that it's used for, um, therapy, right? He's like, he used it for therapy! And he has... <laughs> like, you know, if you're a decent person, you would think that's not a terrible thing. What did he want it to be used for? Hmm. Um, and so it's like he already starts sociopathic and evil for because that's what villains need to be, and so he is not very satisfying. Well, yeah, just... he pales to Vulture, I'll agree with that. Yeah. With Vulture, you could at least empathize a tad, but with Mysterio, he's nothing more to me than a by-the-book villain. There is one standout visual sequence where Peter gets knocked around in a Mysterio acid trip, but it's seemingly all done in a computer. No practical effects, nothing tangible for me to grab onto. Wait. Uh, so, it, yeah, the lack uh, of practical effects isn't, uh, I, I don't think that's too fair to say that that therefore makes the scene bad. In fact, I think the use of CGI is almost needed to have a good, you know, um, portrayal of the, yeah, the illusion yeah. and stuff like that. 
that. My my issue with um the the illusions there seem to be so re- reaction reaction and <laughs> my worst reactionary to what Peter is doing that um uh, I, I mentioned this to Maul. The only way that they they could uh, be modified on the fly in such a natural way in response to Peter's actions is if there's some really advanced program reprogramming and rendering and making these illusions on the fly, mm. which seems to be contradicted quite strongly about the setup and practice that we're doing in uh, with the um, rock mo- monster illusion. It seems like to make these work required a lot of manual input, and that's contradicted by that scene in my mind. Um, one could argue that now that he has the glasses, he has those kinds of resources. He did he have? Oh, he did have the glass at that point, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Like, like again, the the drones are like. Well, there's no indication to uh, there's no thing to indicate that these drones are any different to the ones he was using previously, and uh, it's it, they established that to make these illusions takes a fair bit of manual input and design to make it all work you know we come across realistically and stuff and so as soon as you throw that into a situation where you want these illusions to respond to what a person is doing that you can't perfectly predict i mean what if spider-man just simply instead of walking left he will walk right and just walk outside of the illusion and so okay maybe he can direct the positioning of them but a lot of what peter is experiencing seemed very like responsatory to what Peter's actions were. Yeah, I mean, scene. you know, like a gyroscope, it might be that the drones do have a basic sort of understanding of whatever movement Peter has, they they have a equal and opposite reaction to make sure they maintain the illusion. I can't imagine it not being that way. Did he yeah. time it with the, um, uh, with the train? Or was he just really lucky the train happened to be coming at that time and he decided let's get him near the tracks <laughs> like, because... I'm, I'm assuming he always knew the train was gonna come they just the, the... But, but then how did he know spider-man was gonna get there oh, because he, he went in the he car with yeah and so and still it's uh, probably more than one it's like a bullet train right yeah. it's probably more than one every so often he's out they've already established that he was no problem having the drone shoot him so i imagine if the train wasn't going to come he was probably just going to shoot him dead anyway but then the, but then the train hits him is like oh, that works and it fine. cleans up the body too okay. not yeah, really so but, you know. the point the point of that fight scene from mysterio's point of view was to find out who knew about the drones was that it yeah. and that's why he's posed as as uh, fury to get peter to tell him you know because he says, "Who knows about him and stuff," and then Peter tells him, "He's like, oh, you're an idiot, blah blah." And, mm-hmm. and right, kill. Okay, so, all right, uh, yeah, I would say that's a good plan to try and get the information you want from someone by posing as an ally. What did you, uh, what did you think of the scene itself? Like, what the visuals? I mean, I love the like the visuals. Like in terms of the most Mysterio-like, you know, um, scene where the powers, the 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 way Mysterio's fighting felt so distinctly Mysterio-like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, that scene, you know, really Dude, captured the mystery. I could be kind of. wrong, but the part where he's like, there's statues everywhere, I'm pretty sure there's an Iron Man, a Cap, and a Black Widow statue. They're all, like, filling the floor sort of thing. They're all cracked and broken on the floor, and then the one that's standing tall is the Mysterio one. And I was just like, oh, this is so awesome. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's just, oh, it's so, so haunting. It's so much fun. In the computer, no practical effects. Nothing tangible for me to grab onto. I really don't get the practical effects argument when you're dealing with... No, I don't get that one. Yeah. 
This is more of a personal issue I have with a lot of MCU films, especially in recent years. They make these things so quickly that a lot of the time practical stunt work and choreographed fight scenes are instead replaced with action pieces all done in post. And yeah, these visual effects are really creative and the sequences are cool, but call me an old man. I just prefer the real deal. No, I, I don't have a problem with that that's idea. A, that's a subjective opinion, though. Like, he prefers, you know, practical effects, that's fine, but doesn't yeah. mean that the movie is lesser. With I love me some practical stuff, too, but I don't know that yeah. it would have worked in the way of convincing us that this is a functioning illusion that's changed, you know what I mean? Exactly. Mm -hmm. it's, an, it's a... It's a holographic acid trip you could say all that Doctor Strange effect. that it's like he's generating computer images in their world so to see computer generated images on our end would make the most sense I don't know that seems that seems like it, they made the right choice if they had a choice they probably wouldn't have done practical right. anyway but you know Outside of that one sequence though, this movie has no overt visual style or flair, which shocked the hell out of me because the same person who shot Far From Home shot some very beautiful and artful episodes of Daredevil. Far From Home brings back a final swing of sorts, but it's nothing that we haven't seen done with more gravitas and more elegance in previous Spider-Man films. In the Raimi films, in Spider-Verse, even in the first Amazing Spider-Man film, the final swing was a triumphant, heroic, and sometimes haunting note to end the films on. It was a celebration of- Wouldn't you say that about this one, though? The haunting note being no, his like, public enemy number one? Oh, no, no, like, I think it's- I don't know, this is a nitpicky thing, but I did miss the awesome visual of Spider-Man swinging through the city as a as a more constant element of the movie like a lot of it was absent because he wasn't in new york and there wasn't a lot of buildings to swing on and stuff that's just fun to watch and you do miss it when it's not there and so i, I if is if is if that's what he's referring to i, I get it well and uh, i honestly do wish Sorry, just, just quickly modification mentioned in chat as uh you remember he like recolors his suit to the uh from the black to the red during that scene so it the the illusion the drones probably are like constantly mapping exactly where peter's moving because they'd have to maintain that illusion on him if you know what i mean the black to red what, what black to red i'm so like he's he's in his night monkey suit and then right at the beginning of like the illusion starting up he mysterio recolors spider-man to his red do you remember? Is he? I, I can't, no, I can't remember. Like, I couldn't remember what suit he's wearing. Like, and then, if he's in his... Okay, if you yeah. uh, uh, I just remembered as well, when they're highlighting the fact that one of the um, drones is missing, he shakes his hand and he's like, what's going on here? You know, because it's like not able to stay with his hand because one of the drones is missing. Mm -hmm. so I yeah. think they do so, bind themselves to the... Uh, so there's a certain level of automatic rendering. Yeah, happening. as much as you might be like, wow, pretty amazing technology. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, they're saying yeah. that that's the case, I guess. <laughs> Iron Man suit is pretty amazing as well, so. Mm -hmm. Peter's growth and a Miles growth. This Peter doesn't grow. He doesn't really change. So his final swing feels so soulless to me. I think mm -hmm. even if you didn't like the change, you'd say he changed, right? No, absolutely. Or could you say he just reaches the same point in where he was at the end of Homecoming? To a certain degree, but like he's becoming just a little more comfortable with the fact that he's got these responsibilities on his shoulders, and he does manage to get MJ, and it, it fills him with, you know, a greater level of confidence because he did what he set out to do. And after that was off his shoulders, you know, he was able to concentrate just a little bit more, and then he was able to work out the Iron Man stuff to get his suit going. We hatch as a plan. But then what uh, elements does he have 
as an improvement or difference from uh, far from at the end of um, Homecoming. I mean, um, he has far less. Uh, he has far less weight on his shoulders over the whole Tony Stark. Yeah, I would say he's gotten no, over, that, that, that... or at least uh, he's instead of grieving for Tony, he's absorbed Tony in like he's okay, kept well, keeping that, him with well, him. That's a bit different because that's addressing things that happened in Endgame, where he's not really grieving at the end of Far From Home. And so if he's it comparing where Peter is at the end of, sorry, Homecoming, not Far From Home, where Peter is at the end of Homecoming compared to where he is at the end of this one, there's a you don't see too much character progression. Like it feels like he is. He has retread a lot of the issues you thought he would have already sorted out. Like, if he's going to fully commit to this thing being Spider-Man, is he going to commit to the responsibility he has? And uh, and no matter what the threat that comes upon him, he will you know try and help people and not try and dodge the, the responsibility like he did in this film. That would um, be my assumption, yeah. The problem is, yeah, we kind of need the third film to be able to definitively say, but my take would be, first one, he's like fully established as I'm going to be a hero for these reasons this one he's like I'm going to be a hero for these reasons and in these scenarios I'm going to act yeah see that's a, that's one of the additional reasons I didn't really like it it feels like they're extending the origin story of Spider-Man into the point where he's supposed to be Spider-Man for two films already and especially when he's trying to like it seems like he's needing to learn things that it seemed like either he had already learned or should have learned in the previous movie like it comes across negatively to me because someone who you need to kind of pound the lesson into and they're not learning like just it's like they're not picking it up so it seems like a bit slower or they, I don't know it just doesn't come off it nearly as well uh, as a result well in Homecoming he was coming to grips with being Spider-Man and being an Avenger but now he's coming to grips with having like Tony Stark's legacy on his shoulders and he wasn't sure if he could do it anymore now he's sure of that so he had a larger weight on his shoulders and he was able to adapt see even then I don't think that's because it says you know you don't need to be Iron Man you need to be your own Spider-Man it's not sorry Spider-Man it's not that it's trying <laughs> to yes Peter-Man like gosh I'm tired and I, I don't know what, I know that feeling I know it. I've still got to do crap, super chats late for you yeah oh we feels bad man <laughs> I feel sorry for you guys but I was up unnaturally early so I'm a bit tired as a result mm -hmm. it's funny I, I we, get, we still got a Spider-Man yeah um what was I saying? Yeah, um, I forget now. I'm tired. It's okay. Well, uh, let's let's right, kick on. Continue. <laughs> Me. I hate being mean. I really do. But I wish John Watts would aim higher. By the end of the film, like Homecoming, I was so sick of medium shot reverse shot. I was so sick of cutaway jokes. I was sick of Spider-Man's beautiful suit being painted over in post with CG. Look at this thing. Why would you want to touch that? It's perfect. What? I was sick. What do they paint over? I guess they would have done, they typically do CGI touch-ups, but I mean, it, it's, I don't know, that's kind of how I remember it in the film, I, I guess it might look yeah, different. I didn't, I didn't notice anything, but maybe he's got a keener eye than me. Mm -hmm. Think of Tom yes. Holland pouring his heart and soul into a film and into a role where the writing made it impossible for me to connect to Spider-Man, to Peter. I was sick of it all. Teenagers don't behave this way. They don't have the emotional maturity and empathy of 12-year-olds. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You're wrong. That's interesting, because my, my issue is that he was acting too much like a teenager. Yeah. Is, no. he's, he's, he's so teenager. It's... I don't know. Which which annoys me. He's like... He's always been more mature and smarter and... Teenagers are kind of like... 
Man, <laughs> you can so, get a lot of. Yeah. Like, can be really. They could just be really rash and really. Like, I mean, dumb. they're a good argument for why you shouldn't have kids. <laughs> really annoying. <laughs> because they'll eventually become teenagers. I have four, by the way. <laughs> any, any of them teenagers? Have you, have you the dreaded? Not years? yet. Not oh, yet. No. I, I mean, the golden age of their childhood at the moment. It's a pretty good time. Enjoy so, it, Chad. I, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I'll fill you in on how the teenagers go <laughs> when that happens. I'll be ready I'm to kill myself. Freaking 20. Not too long ago, I was the age of these kids, and none of this feels real to me. It oh, man. I'm, I don't want to be... Like... Oh, okay. I don't so, know. So th that's a subjective opinion on. He didn't experience these things, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes things are taken to an extreme as a caricature, um, just to make it more impactful. Like honestly, in the first, you know, in Homecoming, where Flash is doing the whole what penis Parker thing. Like, if that actually happened in a party, and, and I saw someone doing that, I would have been. You're such a retard. What do you do? Shut the hell up. Yeah, like, like someone would have, you know, the fact that, you know, bullying like that can go unchecked. I don't know, sometimes in some instances it does, but in my experience, usually I was someone say, I've, stand up to it. I've been around some really shit bullies, like bullies where you're just like, yeah. wow, you need to work on your material. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, again, that might be my me drawing off my own subjective experience, having said that as well. So, well, yeah. It feels like a 30-year-old's understanding of what it's like to be 16, 17. It's an idealized version of being a teenager. Ned starts dating, I guess this girl is Betty Brant? We really know nothing about her going in and know nothing about her going out. And the entire thing is this obnoxious running gag. I think it speaks volumes about where they want to take the character of Spider-Man in this universe when instead of fleshing out characters like Ned, Betty, Flash, key players in the Spider-Man canon, they are used for the sole purpose of getting a chuckle out of the audience. How can Peter Parker afford- Um, but the thing is, like, different characters get focused, I guess. Should those be focused I mean, they... because they're focused in the comics? Flash doesn't get huge, you know, um, uh, characterization and attention and depth, depending on the different one. Like, there are some instances where it goes into some things and confrontations in Peter and Flash, like I'm remembering Ultimate Spider-Man comic book series and stuff. But it's never a huge amount. It is very much a background character there to serve as an antagonist in Peter's social life. Mm. So, yeah, I don't think that's necessary that, I'm not saying it wouldn't be an improvement if they, but that also means you've got to devote more time to explore these secondary minor characters, in which at the time might have been served much more efficiently, focusing on things more important. So, yeah. Potentially, I do got to agree with him about Betty, though she just kind of seemed like a joke, and then. But I think that's what was it was, over, right? I don't think she is a character; she's just a joke. She's just a joke. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's what they were going for. Who knows? But uh, yeah. I think so. I, I can't tell you a trait of his. She's, uh... I didn't even remember her name until you brought it up. <laughs> ...to go on this trip. I don't know. Maybe it's paid for by the school. Perfect opportunity to have Peter have some relatable money problems. But nope, it's too fun for that. I'm sick of a Peter Parker without problems, without relatable problems, and without lasting consequences. I don't know, I think no, chasing a crush go. is a relatable problem. Yeah, trying to chase a crush while having freaking the Avengers, like, breathing down his neck. I mean, to I... To do things. Yeah, it is a problem, him wanting to go on a holiday and the fact that, you know, he has superhero things to do, but I don't like the fact that he, you know, 
tries to fob off the superior thing in in preference to the holiday thing that i didn't like but it is a it is a legitimate personal problem that is existing that is having to deal with so the fact that he is not dealing with problems i don't agree with uh, yes there are problems consequences for those unrelatable issues he faces this isn't a version of Peter that I can empathize with, feel for, care about, root for. This is a kid who has handed everything and wants to give it all up to go on a school trip. This is a kid who gets knocked down but gets pulled back up by Tony Stark, by Nick Fury, by Happy Hogan, by his supportive friends. This is a kid who hasn't quite got in with great power comes great responsibility. This is oh, a kid who has the- uh, no, I mean, I agree with some of his criticisms there. Like, um, I think... Is he counting the, both films or just Far From Home with the, the, yeah, these he, things? He's making some very broad statements, and so it's hard to try and address every single one. I mean, because there are some things that I think, oh, no, that's not entirely fair, but oh, at that point is, is a fair <laughs> thing. Is he referring to this movie or that movie? Yeah, I, so... I think it's this one. And um, I don't know, man. He takes on the army of drones and Mysterio himself. Like... Is, you know, I don't know. The great power with great responsibility thing. I really, I definitely got that in Homecoming. Tony was trying to tell the, tell him that, just not that directly. You know, he doesn't, he didn't give him the. Doesn't quote. use those it's words. It's not really Tony's quote to give. Yeah, because Ben gave him those quotes, as far as we know. Anyway, we don't really know for sure, but still, I feel like he did learn that arc in Homecoming. But I mean, if he like, did learn it, his um, uh, betraying that standard in this movie. Well, see, but that's the element of naivety. He thinks he's being responsible to provide the glasses to the world's greatest hero. Yeah, and oh, not to mention, gosh. like... Yeah, you know, anything related his... to the glasses, because I find it so dumb that they even exist, just undermines any validity anyone can try and put to them, because I still come back to that. Yeah, but they shouldn't even be in the movie. They're stupid. I don't necessarily disagree <laughs> with that, but I understand. We, we, get, we get his logic. He's like... Tony trusted me to find the person who best should have these. Like, who better than the guy who, out of, <sighs> out of guilt, lost his Earth and is trying to defend ours and nearly gave his life to save it, you know? Yep. I want to watch it again to see if I can agree with that interpretation. I'm just not... We should watch it together when it comes out, Shad. <laughs> Let's go on a date, well, Paul. I'm <laughs> not disagreeing with that. <laughs> the name Spider-Man, but feels nothing like Spider-Man to me. Peter Parker in the MCU is a happy-go-lucky kid who lives in the shadow of a more interesting, charismatic, and capable hero, and maybe that's the point. He was introduced as a fun side character in Civil War, and from there on out, used to tell us things about Tony Stark and his legacy. I'd be surprised if Tony's going to have much more relevance outside of uh, this film. I feel like this film was almost exactly. a goodbye. Oh, no, nah, they're going to do an Iron Heart. They're female. There's going to be a female. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, in relation for Peter. So, like, Peter's. Okay. Uh, sort of goodbye to him was this film. If <laughs> gee, I don't know. Like, if they don't address some fairly significant things, it's going to feel like a lot of inconsistency. Like, is he going to be using the Iron Spider in the next? Oh no, you're right. Or, yeah, it depends yeah, on how they deal with all. Like, of that. what does he do with the glasses and stuff? And, uh, and then, oh, unlike I like, I didn't like the end credit scene, but I guess we'll come to that eventually. But the story um... of Spider-Man shouldn't be a story about Iron Man. The legend of Peter Parker is more important than that. Far From Home doesn't take the iconic character of Spider-Man seriously, so why should I take this movie seriously? This film constantly feels the need to remind you not to take it seriously. Peter is betrayed, beat up, his friends are- I don't know man, when he's staring at Tony's grave, it does seem like a serious moment. The plane scene seems like a serious moment. So, uh, so, sorry, this is really random, but 
The drones create illusions, yet is, are they throwing around real water in that Hydro Man illusion? So we like see them were... shoot bullets, fire missiles, throw fire and like pulse, and they show them under the water and they pulse and it was like sends waves over the, uh, over the side. Okay. Okay, so maybe. it's easy to tell that like either the torpedoes or the pulses are are splashing water from the canal. That's okay, I think sorry, we're supposed to assume thing. that. No, it's it's a fair question, honestly. Almost die and Mysterio is dead. But seconds after all this trauma, Peter is smiling because he kissed the girl and saved the day. Not yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd say that could make you smile. I mean <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I I'd be pretty happy supposed myself. To still be crying? I can believe he is, that he'd be he happy. is crying under the mask when he's, you know, meeting MJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Wait, yeah, I meant to ask you about that. You said, when you say he's crying under the mask, he's not wearing a mask when he talks to MJ on the bridge. Doesn't he? I no, because all... the mask is off when MJ... he puts on oh, okay, the Edith that's... thing, and then when he goes down, it's off as well. Okay, because I specifically remember MJ commenting on him crying or something during that scene. I need I need to watch it again. I, don't I, I, to, I agree with that. <laughs> Nothing is learned, no lasting impact, no emotional weight. J.K. Simmons returns as J. Jonah Jameson, which in any other franchise or any other movie would be literally the best thing ever and I would probably cry tears of joy, but I could care less because seconds later the entire world now knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Any chance of his identity crisis becoming an issue, all the stories and all the drama that comes from him having to hide half of himself is tossed away. If I were an optimistic man, I would say that they could tell some pretty dramatic and cool stories about the entire world knowing he's Spider-Man. It's a very different direction for this classic character, a direction that could be interesting and provide real lasting consequences. But knowing how the MCU has treated Peter, it will probably be brushed off and somehow turned into a running joke. Well, I guess we'll see. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean... That's, that's yet to be seen. Yeah, I, I didn't like the reveal of him being Spider-Man. I mean... <sighs> My biggest issue was the fact that I felt it happened way too soon in this character progression and there was so much missed um, uh, that you would have expected to have been explored as the Spider-Man character um, to reach something so extreme. It really struck me at the same way as killing Superman so early in the um, um, uh, you know, DC universe. It's like, mm -hmm. whoa, there was a lot of setup you should have gone through before just dump jumping onto that. Um, and and then my other issue, and I was talking to you about this before, Mola, is yeah, I don't think they're going to commit to it. Maybe for a movie or two, but somehow the status quo is going to be reset up. I let's I, let's I, hope they don't do the thing let's hope that you were telling me. I know, Doctor Strange will come in and mind wipe everyone to give Peter Parker the safety in his life again, to stop the villains attacking, you know, Aunt May or something. Um, and that's a cop out that annoys me. Like, you're gonna do it commit to it and then see if you can well could they make a better spider-man as a result in this new status quo possibly i reckon if you're gonna have the balls to do something like that then see it through you know hmm. yeah i'm genuinely i'm gonna be very curious how they handle the third film in his if you call it trilogy at that point i guess you would we'll have that to makes see it what, that makes it really exciting to see where they go with it clearly i'm not an optimistic man Spider-Man Far From Home was a theater experience I genuinely wish to forget. I never thought Spider-Man would become this. I never thought I would see a Spider-Man movie that made me feel this empty. And I guess I'm 
just done. You won't see another video from me about this franchise Man. unless they take another major shift in direction. You won't see the dude who has been in love with Spider-Man and been in love with films since he was four years old. You won't see my ass in the theater. And boy, does that suck. This isn't my Spider-Man, which would be fine if this was a film I enjoyed outside of that, but it wasn't. This isn't any kind of film series that I care about. If you care about it, that's great. If this Peter works for you, that's great. I don't want to take that away from you. I'm not here to shit on your joy and happiness, and I'm definitely not here to tell you how to feel. And we are not here to shit on your unhappiness. Because <laughs> that would just be mean. But that's what makes there you unhappy. is the heartbreak of a true Spider-Man fan, mm -hmm. my friends. I can under I can understand, you know, a decent amount of his disappointment. I don't, of course, I don't agree with every criticism he gives, but I think there's some decent amount of overlap here. All I can do is tell you how I feel, and I feel a little bit heartbroken. I feel betrayed. I'm, dis I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. All right, there we go. That was both of the high top videos, which everyone was desperate for us to cover. Um, I think he almost like half of the videos, both of them he made, were very much the perspective of like how he would say the comics had a better portrayal slash better story to tell. But then the other half was like references that just weren't necessarily that accurate as uh, performed as criticisms of the films. Like they did X, Y, and Z, and it's like, but uh, but they didn't really, did they? If you consider X, Y, and a and B and C, that sort of thing. Um, not like the worst videos in the world or anything. No, that's a yeah. that's a that's a useful criticism. <laughs> Coming from me, Fab, that's a bloody compliment. Um, <laughs> Considering some of the stuff that you guys venture to uh, to watch at times. And yeah, a lot of people have been saying like you're gonna invite him on uh, the show. It's just like yeah, he can come on if he wants to. Absolutely. Uh, Anyone Hi Top, talk? if you're interested. I don't know why he would go through both of these streams and he has no idea what EFAB is. I'm assuming he doesn't. So, <laughs> just, How many hours of content is this stream up to? Like, is so he combining we, them both? I believe we did five hours on the first one and we're currently at 4.20 on this one, so it's nine hours and 20 minutes so far. Damn, That's dude, we're about to have a rerun of the Eric Taxon thing. Holy and shit. Yeah, it's gonna probably, so reasonably, I'm gonna need another two hours to read all the Super Chats. I don't know if I can stick around with you for that, man. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's it's okay. Doity, I still have a lot of work to do tomorrow. Oh, dang it. I don't blame I'll anybody. Try to see, for... we'll see how we go. All right. So, <laughs> first one is Chad Maguire versus Virgin Holland. I, I guess, yeah, a lot of people consider the, the, the Raimis to smash the, the Holland for three. It's only fair. Uh, thoughts on the recent Cats trailer? Horrifying. Have you seen that? I have not watched Horrifying. it, but I have heard that it's nightmare fuel. Yep. They got memes of that already, and it's hilarious. I'm actually curious how it's going to do, and I wonder if general audiences, like if it's just an internet thing, or if it's general audiences actually being like, oh my god. <laughs> oh Jesus, what is that? Oh no. There's some scary stuff in there. Um, I'm ready to EFAP. Excellent. Saw this movie yesterday, so pumped for this one. Well... I'm assuming they're referring to Far From Home, and that was back in the first stream, so it only took the, like, <laughs> like six hours. <laughs> we are, honestly, though, we got to pretty much everything I wanted us to get to, so I'm oh, not even tough. angry. I'm not even mad. Uh, Molly, here's some money for you to buy a Kit Kat and a soda for your dignity. That's a reference, and it's a very strong one. 
Why, thank you. Saw the Lion King remake. Aladdin was better. I've heard nothing but bad things about Lion King, the remake. Same. Yeah, yeah they said that it was like shot for shot, except with no expressions, <laughs> yeah. no anything good, and they like extended a few scenes that went... Well, I mean, this one... It'll still probably make the money it needs, right? And then they'll they'll probably finish up the Disney Renaissance movies, and then everyone's terrified that they'll start remaking Pixar's like classic movies into live action. I was like, oh no! Can you imagine like a live action oh. Toy Story or something? Oh. Live action. <laughs> like I'm not opposed to live action remakes if they actually do intend to reinvent <laughs> it. And usually, because live action is more realistic because it's live action, it suits a more realistic interpretation of the source material to make it more grounded, more believable and stuff. And so when they try and aim for that, I'm like, yeah, let's let's see what you can do. But if they're just trying to make a weird live action version of the animation, a lot does not translate well. I agree with that statement and I've accidentally just pulled the border on the EFAP logo. That's probably gonna be fucked now. Great. <laughs> I was trying to grab something on OBS. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, what is the name? My thirst will be quenched. Thank you, long man. That's a suggestive, suggestive super chat. How are you guys doing? You doing good? How are you guys doing? Tell us. <laughs> doing how, good. How is life been? I just been? love that. That's getting answered like ten hours later. I got. We have to. The audience need to know how we're feeling after this amount of. Dude, I am Spider Man out. <laughs> I think I have talked too much about Spider-Man. I need to start talking about Star Wars again. Remember when this channel used to talk about Star Wars? <laughs> oh, speaking of which, uh, somebody was asking me repeatedly uh, what my pick was for the most inconsistent character, and I never answered. Um, oh, you didn't? So if you're if you're still watching, my friend, um, I have decided that it's going to be Ray, because. While Ray has been like, you know, the total Mary Sue of the series, I feel like in response to that, they're going to pull her back really, really hard. And she's going to suddenly just become like a klutz or she's going to make like that's an evil choice out of nowhere. I'm happy that, that's to be very possible that they send her through a new kind of training montage arc or whatever to try and establish her. Oh, no, no, there's a reason why she's powerful. She still has stuff to learn. And yeah, so, I'm know, happy to put that as your vote, though I will tell you, I saw a quote, I don't know if it was actually from here or not, but I remember reading a quote on Reddit and it said something like from Daisy Ridley, um, uh, uh, Ray is like, so much more of a better fighter in this one, like she's saying it like Ray has come a long way, and I was like, she's a better fight. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like uh like I, I i totally can see her still as being like you know being able to beat everyone but maybe like her morals will just out of nowhere like shift to make like shocking things that like were just kind of, kind of sudden mm -hmm. so i'm thinking that's where she's gonna go i have no doubt that she's just still gonna kick everyone's ass but uh you know her morals are gonna get weird for no reason i think they're just gonna pull her back in response oh, no. They should have abandoned it after the last Jedi jump ship. There's no way to save this. It's, it's, uh, I love that uh, that film murdered Star Wars. Like it really did. Him. It really did. My goodness. Oh. And some people think we will look back on it in a decade as a masterpiece. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. Another three Star Wars movies are going to come out, and then they're going to be all like, you know, maybe those movies weren't so bad. 
Just like the prequels. If well, anyone out know. there is ever at a class where they're teaching it as bad writing, it's like, please take a photo and send it to me. That'll be like the most hilarious <laughs> moment for me. I'll just be like, yep, that's where it belongs. <laughs> like, The Last Jedi reset the lowest score so low <laughs> that it's made the prequels good. And this goes into everything that we've been talking about throughout this stream. Oh, there was definitely a, a noticeable... Like, people were like, the prequels are the worst thing ever. Once the sequels happen, they're like, the prequels are okay. They're not the worst thing ever. <laughs> and yet they haven't changed. True. There we go. Maybe people were just too judgmental the whole time. What about that? I don't know. You need a you need a reference point. And if there was nothing as atrociously bad in the Star Wars as Last Jedi, uh, like the prequels won the the thing of being the worst. Do you reckon and now? Do you reckon we won't reach a new low, or do you reckon we're safe now? <laughs> oh, I hope not. I hope not. But uh, uh, it's dead to me now, so I don't. Because well, really I was thinking, like, you can't lose. kill Luke twice, can you? So, <laughs> like, and by oh, kill, got, I mean assassinate. Got Lando and Palpatine. Now they're going through the list. They're just checking them off. <laughs> Who can we <laughs> murder next? Um, can we get Scalagrim on EFAP? Oh, even, that would be cool. You either, I don't, oh, know. I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? So, okay, he's in my community of the sword, and mm. he's, a, he's, a, he's a veteran, one of the OG sword YouTubers and stuff. And so, mm. I don't know if it would appeal to him, but he does like to do live streams. He more focuses on the weapon-related stuff. Maybe we could have him cover all the videos you did on your first appearance and see if he has different <laughs> takes. He might. And then he's and then he's like, if anyone thought this was inaccurate, they'd be wrong. And you're like, <gasps> they're an absolute traitor. I couldn't believe it. Well, we could just host a debate <laughs> between you two, like, what is objectively the best sword? By the way, Shed, oh. um, I've only, I've only very recently um, become aware of your channel after you started showing up on EFAP. Do you do you do um, smithing? Uh, no, this I have a very deep interest in the technical side of it, like you know the whole process that's happening into the you know the actual phase structures of the the, uh, the atomic crystalline structures and everything like that to understand how it affects. And I made like several videos on it, and it's something that I would like to explore in the future. I've done it a it's, little bit, but it's like yeah, it's some interesting shit. Like I actually really kind is. of got a little. I got a little hooked recently on this uh, History Channel show called Forged in Fire. I think some of you oh. might have heard of it already. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know of it very much, so I haven't watched anything of it yet, but I really, really want to. It's really cool, yeah. because like they, they go through the smithing process, and every time you like hear like maybe a new word related to smithing, they'll actually show you what the word means and the process of it while you're still watching the show go on, and it's... It's really interesting. I actually learned a lot. I don't really plan on actually doing any smithing myself, but I really <laughs> Yeah, I, I really want to watch Fortune Fire. It's just in Australia, it's hard to find anything that streams it. So, hmm. Amazon? Yeah, I'd have to buy it though, and I'm a cheapskate. I kind of <laughs> did it already. So, uh, <laughs> I got seasons. Uh, season, you know what? No, the first season should be free. Oh, okay. Oh, thank yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Oh, it might be time to use my VPN. We'll see. <laughs> um, from Florida. A bit about Moshi Moshi Ragdesu. Uh, was just rewatching your response to TRO and Quinton. Happy to see another EFAP. Oh, those were the days. That's the like one of the only videos. There's a couple, I think, but it's one of the only videos we never finished. We, uh, we couldn't do it. It was that bad. Really? Um, it was Actually, the it was I... the near two hour video taking down rags that we responded to. It Ooh. took a while. 
I recently watched the one where you had TRO on. That was an oh interesting. Oh my. Interesting did you? <laughs> what yeah. did you think? <laughs> oh. um, he did his best to try and be, uh, I guess, address the criticisms while really trying to defend Quinton at the same time and it did put him in an awkward position. You know what's funny? Yeah. Uh, recently, Quinton has basically said, fuck the commentary community, which TRO is a part of. Oof, um, oof. So oh, it wasn't worth it. Uh, Quinton's like one of the, the big backstabbers at this point, so it's just like, I'm sorry. Because you see a lot of comments on that video saying stuff like, he's, he's like a battered housewife, and it's like, yeah, he, he really goes to bat for Quinton when all he needed to do was be like, yeah, Quinton fucked up big time. Yep. Uh, but, you know, he defended his friend, and go. he didn't get that in return, so there we are. Mm, um, it's almost like Quinton's a bad person. How dare you, sir? How could you possibly know such things? <laughs> uh, if Ryan Johnson suddenly appeared on EFAB, what would you say to him? I don't know, why? Just just why? And I, I'll let him interpret what I mean. <laughs> Do better. If I, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. What would you say if you had one question for Ryan Johnson? If you had one question for Ryan... Um... <sighs> Did, did did you get a lot of no's? Was it worth from it? <laughs> people you work with? Because it, well, it's it's um, that that answer has to be pretty obvious. But I would have to ask if he got a lot of resistance from like the people working with him and saying like you know I know uh, I know uh, Mark Hamill was all like that's not Luke's character, mm. but you know I wonder who else you know? Yeah. Um, it'd be so awkward. I oh, like, gosh. I mean, honestly, if I met him, I'd just try and not bring up. The last I mean, I'd want to be nice, so. but if I got one question, yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'd want to make it worthwhile. Yeah, you, you don't want entirely want to crap on the guy. He seems nice. I'd have a really <laughs> hard time just saying like, oh, "Fuck you, dude." How's it feel to suck? You know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know who you are. And you're like, that's okay. I know who you Why are. Are you mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be tough to be the one who is seen as the person who murdered Star Wars by so <laughs> many people. Gosh, that's like such a huge amount of hatred that I get from it's people. Quite the no achievement. Well, I, I can't met. imagine what his Twitter oh. looked like from day one oh, to day now. Gosh, that poor man. and uh, and you know, like I suspect. He probably went into it with the intention to make the best Star Wars film ever made. And it's like, maybe see there, I was just trying to do the right thing and everyone hates oh. me for it. Oh. I mean, he's got plenty of fans. Plenty of people love the film. He does seem to try and phase out any criticism at all and just focus on the praise. And uh, I can... I could actually somewhat relate, having published my book. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll just be like, so "How hard. are you, Ryan? How are you?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, related to last week's EFAP, but Mister Freeze from the animated series was so much better than the source comics that the comics changed in response. Yeah, Mister Freeze yeah. was uh, ooh, like he was a spooky dude. I mean, that does go into what I was saying before, that if uh, an interpretation does try something, take a risk to do something differently and honestly improves upon it, and uh, generally that will mean staying true to the core of the character, 
Uh, but even if you are able to do something completely different, gosh, I'd have to be pretty darn good. Mm. But the general uh, reaction to it is that the fandom embraces it quite strongly and says, this is the new status quo. We want this all the time if it's so good. Um, so, yeah. And uh, look, of course, I think it's a balance between that as well and um, the arguments I was making about um trying to judge what is the definitive version based on its complete works I, I, yeah so there's a couple of things that to come that comes into play in that discussion so mm -hmm. yes. yeah there's probably gonna be a bunch brings of up a good one uh he said if i recall correctly uh the animated series gave freeze the backstory so it's like oh yeah i think that's correct um there's gonna be a couple of questions that'll probably explore those arguments as we went through the EFAPs, I'm probably not going to focus too heavily on exploring them again because we were doing it for. Um, we spent a lot of time. A on decent it. amount of time. <laughs> Throwing in my shackles before my 10 hour shift. Love you guys. I, I love you too. Oof. Why would you. Good luck, why would you cry at the face of death or watching your father figure die? Man, MCU Pete is such a soy boy, unlike the manly comic <laughs> version. I missed that. What was that I got? <laughs> but I have a feeling it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Go on, reread re that. Wait, no, you he... say carry on or reread? Re I missed it. He said, Why would you cry at the face of death or watching your father figure die? Man up, MCU PT, you're such a soy boy, <laughs> unlike the manly comic totally. version. Totally. I will say the comic version is generally more manly, though. Mm -hmm. Does he have power <laughs> tools? He needs to have power tools. Ooh, no, it's a power tool. Oh, it depends. I mean, just a drill. Just one that he picks yeah. up every once in a while, that's all. <laughs> uh, did you ever realize that the asylum in Outlast is called Mount Massive? I did realize that. Uh, someone yeah. mentioned it on the Discord, and I thought it was funny. I, it's it's a nice way to look back on that. Uh, to Wolf, if you like Ori, you'll love Hollow Knight. I believe he's um, looking into it because he's heard a lot of recommendations about Hollow Knight. Uh... Shad, I saw you like Brandon Sanderson. What's your favorite book? Ooh, that's a, it's a pretty close tie between Mistborn, uh, The Final Empire, and The Way of Kings. But having said that, man, I really enjoy some of his shorter form works, like the Wax and Wayne series. So the second one in Wax of Wayne, I think it's the Aloe... No, the Aloe was the first one. I uh, forget the second one, the Wax of Wayne. But, oh, the the... He does this just brilliant, brilliant thing where he actually kind of deconstructs the negative stigma around arranged marriages and the uh, the cliche, the love interest is the female protagonist of the story, and he breaks that apart really well in the second one. And then the, the twist of what happens, and he also has this beautiful kind of um, way where he explores the morality of a deity and to what level of effect they would have or should have in the um, lives of others and how much is, is it moral for a deity to, you know, uh, have influence in the course of events in on a world and stuff. And this, it was brilliant on so many levels. So there's a there's a lot to love in Sanderson. Yeah, mm. don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you asked for polls last week, so I made one. Do you want me to send it again on Twitter or Discord? Because I want to test your knowledge of EFAP. Oh, I've uh, been made aware of... A quiz, like an EFAP quiz, and uh, I've got a link to it ready, and we'll probably check it out on the 50th episode. It'll be me, Wolf, and Rags trying to answer, I, I hope. Um, but it's basically like, weird, you know, like which episodes have the origins of which memes and stuff. We're going to have to try and guess them and see how how good our EFAP lore is. 
Is Cool Aid wet? Or, uh, since it's a bunch of small solid particles covered and saturated by water. Oh yeah, Shad, what's your take on Is Water Wet? Uh, again, I guess it would depend on your definition of wet. If Just wet is no. something <laughs> that needs to be coated in water to be wet, water is by definition coated in itself. So, um, That's typically I what I run with. Um, yeah. Rags is vehemently disagrees with that. Really? Yeah, I'd it was like a yes. whole debate water, at one point on EFA. Yeah. If, if something is wet by being coated in water, water by definition is coated in itself, so I would say yes. That's what I go with. I know that there's a counter. I can't remember what it is, but there is there is a valid counter. I like I said, I can't remember oh, what it is. Also, my right. brain is melting. But... Yeah. Um, your thoughts on SDCC Phase 4? Also, hey, Fringy. SDCC is that... I'm assuming that's okay. just um, the Marvel stuff, Phase 4? I don't know. Are they talking about female Thor and... Um, all the other stuff. Other things. All the other stuff. With some TV shows coming, yeah. Uh, pretty I mean, much, pretty much with all of it, I'm just like, oh, we'll wait and see. Oh, well, see. I mean, <laughs> I'm excited for mutants and Fantastic Four in the MCU. Not excited about further uh, reinforcement of Captain Marvel continuity and potential adaptations of horrible characters that you know people have attempted in Marvel comics recently, like you know Ironheart. That there's a worry and stuff, and so. There's things to be excited for and things to be concerned regarding phase whatever we're up to. I think it's four, yeah. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, Shad, should I buy a Talwar or do you have a Ruckmanditon? I have no idea what that is. So Talwar, uh, in the Scimitar family, Indian sword, heavily curved. But what was the other one he said? R-C-M-N-D-E-N. Doesn't seem like a real word. Yeah, I don't. Um, that might be one I haven't heard of. Like, when it comes to the um, uh, the Scimitar family of swords, there's a lot of weird names referring to things that people might just identify. Oh, you know, that's a Scimitar or a Shamshir or something. So, sorry, I can't. I can't tell you. But Tolwars are great. They come mm -hmm. highly recommended. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Explain why it's top MCU three. You hack. Uh, I put Homecoming that high typically because of how tight the writing is compared to the others in the MCU. Most of the other films in the MCU have some really big issues that, like, make the films fall apart. Um, I made a video on Captain Marvels. It took me two hours to explain everything that falls apart. <laughs> Not all of them are that bad, still, of course. Still seriously looking forward to that uh, Unbridled Air Rage on episode five. Just it's saying. coming. I'm not saying hurry up. I'm it's just coming. saying I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll it'll be what people were looking for. They'll be annoyed they had to wait as long as they did, but it couldn't exist without having to be waited for because it takes time. That makes sense, right? That was mathematics. Good things, etc., etc. Or I could just say stuff quotes quotes that were relevant. There you go. Fill it in <laughs> themselves. Uh, movie binge update. Sorry, I keep doing this. Aliens, man, this movie is pretty much perfect. Especially Newt. She's so pure and cute. I wonder whether they'll take a character after this. Alien Three. What the fuck? Why? Well. <laughs> Alien 3 was where it all started to go wrong <laughs> and then you got all the other ones uh, Mysterio is the Mandarin but better they actually are bringing the Mandarin properly in the uh, phase 4 announcement They're I find that kind of funny the legend of the 10 rings They're like, We're I was have annoyed the proper one now. I, 
I was annoyed. Oh, there was so much to be annoyed in Iron Man 3, but the fact that they did that to Mandarin, who could actually have been a really cool villain. See, and that's funny. I'm assuming you kind of hate Iron Man 3, right? Would you? Would yeah. that be safe? So, like, I despise yep. that film, and it's funny how if me and you were to, like, band together, we could probably create, like, some pretty <laughs> strong arguments if you, you want to argue from comics as well as me being like, no, it's just shit on its own. <laughs> <laughs> I still plan to rip that movie apart. Oh, one day. Can't wait to see it. You gotta wait. do Genesis first. <laughs> Someone came into work called Rich Evans. He looked just like and was as friendly as the Dawn. I think I'm in love. That's a keeper right there. Anyone who's like the Dawn offers people rides, weird yep. directions. He's a good man. Uh, all of you guys are gonna get the B Batwoman tattoo, right? I'm getting it tomorrow. Batwoman tattoo? Oh, that is a mean? dumpster <laughs> fire in the making right there. Gosh. I know people are going to want us to cover it, and I'm like, do we have to watch that terrible that's, that's TV like, show? That's like subjecting it to torture to be able to comment on it. It's like, really? Do you want us to punish ourselves like that? <laughs> you, you know it's going to be big. Just gonna. Oh yeah, Blade is something to be relatively excited about, I hope. I like Blade. Oh, are, they, are they remaking Blade? Huh? Yeah, and they're um, starring the guy who was in House of Cards and... Um, uh, he was in the Green Book, the film that won Best Picture, I think, the Oscar this uh, latest year. Oh, all right. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. Part of the MCU. Yeah, as far as I understand, which is why it's like, uh oh, oh because, vampires in the well, MCU. <laughs> yeah, but like, are they allowed to make it R-rated? I hope so, because I don't want PG Blade where he's like pushing vampires over and they go, eh. <laughs> no <laughs> handle butts. He's <laughs> dead headers. We are mere vampires. That would have been funny, though, to have Tony Stark be told there's vampires in the world. He'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, though, we've got wizards with magic stones now. I mean, like... No, he draws the line yeah. of vampires. That's just too far. <laughs> uh, Shad I mean, mentioned... They could, they could... Oh, sorry, go. No, it's all good. Uh, Shad mentioned history. He's a German bad Nazi. Have you got have you got German heritage by any chance? Or? No, not to my knowledge. I need to take one of those 23andMe tests to see where it, but from family history and stuff, it's like uh, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, basically the whitest people on the planet is uh, is my, my cultural heritage. Mm. I'm sure you're still just a little more diverse than Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> um, oh, I read it wrong. Shad mentioned history. There's no comma, but imagine a comma. He's a German bad Nazi. So it's that video we covered um, where, yeah. Yeah, being honest to history <laughs> is evil. I get annoyed with that as well, like particularly because I love history and stuff. The whole trying to whitewash crap to make it more palatable. It's like, no, history happened. Let's be honest to it. Yeah. Gosh. Um, Bowen was banned by a rogue Discord mod, Free Bowen. Uh, the mods don't tend to do that on the Discord. They have like a whole thing that they've set up where they take uh, snapshots and they have to write out reasoning if they ban people so that when other mods check it, they can make sure. Um, but yeah, I have no control or reference for it, so uh, I am sorry. But it is the Discord I tend to use. Have you got a Discord, Shad, for your uh, community? An, an unofficial one that's run by the community, yeah, because... I've just been getting more and more busy, and mm. uh, I know the guys on there. They, they, you know, they so get disappointed that I rarely ever appear. And I'm sorry, it's just 
so much is going on. And one of the whole conditions of letting the fan base set up the Discord was to be basically self-contained, guys. I mean, still, it needs to be run according to my standards if it's bearing my brand name and stuff. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'm just not going to be able to get on there a lot of the time. Yeah, that's fair enough. But there is one that exists. Yes. Would watch, but I have to have a flight to catch. Well, maybe if you're bored on the flight, watch, listen to some EFAP. Plenty of entertainment. <laughs> Plenty of debating, snarkiness, and jokes, and stories. We had it all, I think. <laughs> Someone uh, yeah. just said, like, I've, I've even been to bed and woken up and you're still coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, they want to, for the 50th episode, which is like six away now, they want to do a 24-hour. Uh, and I was like, oh my... <laughs> I'm gonna have to sleep a lot to build that up. Yeah. Um, if we aren't told about Uncle Ben, we don't know where Peter gets his rice, making the film objectively bad. <laughs> Checkmate log bad. That's true. Uncle Ben's rice is uh, an objectively flawless product, so if he doesn't exist in the universe, we need an alternate source of rice. What are the rice makes are there? I'm so confused. You don't know Uncle Ben's, the product? No, I'm Australian. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, <laughs> chat's gonna have fun with that one. Um, that's bullshit. Do you know what Uncle Ben's like? The the, the food is. All right then. I will say he does. Yes. Um, Pride and Prejudice was a bad representation of the truth. Bad representation of the truth. I don't know what that means. <laughs> No, like, Pride and Prejudice, honestly, has some of the most honest depictions of the human condition, basically. Like, the characters in Pride and Prejudice are phenomenal. And one of the, she, one of the things that Jane Austen does better than anyone else, and I guess this is, you, everyone has their own perspective on how they approach it, but she writes stupid people so well. Like, really, really well and believable. It's, it's actually really impressive. All it's right. good stuff. I mean, you, you should you should watch the BBC Pride and Prejudice. It's it's a long one, more, but I mean, <laughs> look, I, I of course enjoy the action movies far more and everything. And when it comes to stuff like that, I generally need to put in effort to appreciate it. But when I do, I can absolutely see the value in it and how good it is. Like Pride and Prejudice is pretty phenomenal. Um, Uncle Ben offered Captain Marvel a ride and wished for a smile, so she killed him and stole his car. I mean, if it sets up no. that she's an antagonist, I am on board. Yes, yeah, Spider-Man now knows who he has to hunt down. Let's do that. Spider-Man is a brand, not a character. Thoughts? Uh, it could be both. It could be both. I was going to say, a brand kind of like, is almost, can be birthed from a popular character, can't it? Like, yeah. Brands can be birthed from pretty much anything. I think to a certain degree is correct because like it's it's like Shad was saying I, th I think there's a certain point where you do have to have like a requirement in order for something to be something like you know you can't have spaghetti without the actual goddamn spaghetti thank you and sir. so and I think that comes to like the brand argument but then it depends on how one is defining spaghetti is it not but Generally, when it comes to that, individuals don't get to say that it's determined by a general consensus of what spaghetti is. True, but we've already seen a lot of disagreement on what makes Spider-Man fundamentally Spider-Man. 
I don't know. I'm willing to argue the fundamental points. Like, you know, the, some of the arguments that, was it Top Hats, Mr. Sir, um, uh, was saying, was that, you know, were actually byproducts of his fundamental character and stuff. And uh, I think, look, if I was ever have a chat with him, I reckon he would agree with me. But I think uh, these are strong points that can be established. Perhaps. I don't doubt your abilities. Oh, thank you. Uh, Uncle Ben would have been able to fight off the mugger, back in, but back in the 90s, a horrible stranger did permanent damage to his hand. Back when Uncle Ben went by his old nickname, The Dawn. A lot of lore here. <laughs> <laughs> we are uncovering some, some deep truths here. Gosh. Hi, Rags. I have a feeling, I, gosh, I have a feeling that it wasn't a spider that actually bit Peter Parker. It was a Brie Larson? Was I was going to say it was a Dawn. I didn't. <laughs> Dawn becomes a spider now. Jeez, that's going to take a roadmap to explain. No, no, he was a vampire that's being hunted in the new ba uh, Blade trilogy that was became radioactive when he fell into an experiment and then bit Spider. He fell into an experiment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> With um, great power comes great whoops-a-doodle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi, Rags, even though you're absent today. He'd appreciate that. The Star Wars saga is like a ship carrying two crates of gold and one of silver being torpedoed twice and sinking to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. All right, two crates of gold and one of silver. What do you think that represents? Is it referring to the three um, the OT? Uh, movies? Yeah, the OT movies. I'd say. And say two yeah, are yeah. great. One is good, and they're just destroyed. I would say that's my my guess. Yeah. I'm no massive, but a Kit Kat's a Kit Kat. That is true, Doctor Martin Luther Pepe. Abe Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, has an intentionally misleading title. Was panned for no comedy, even though it was based on the on a writing game of a writing game of bad title to serious story. I did, I never saw that film. Did they actually take it seriously that he was a vampire hunter? Yeah, yeah, I've actually watched it. <laughs> You'd think they would they would go the joke route with that, wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? <laughs> Oh, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek with the way they go about it. Like, the seriousness is played up so much where it's obviously not serious kind of thing. Mm. Um, but there's not, like, gags and jokes and stuff happening all around. How much money do I have to give you before you'll tell my friend to stop sending me... Uh, 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 yeah, what do you have against me? Maybe I want him to continue sending you those things. How do those things get past super chat restrictions? You'd think they would not allow that. I don't know. Would you rather revert history so that the sequel Star Wars movies can never be made, or erase Kathleen and Ryan from existence and ensure they will never damage another film again? I feel like if they don't, someone else will. Oh, gosh. It could have been so good. Yeah. could have been. So stop them from damaging more, or erase the damage they've done. But, but In both scenarios, more movies, damage could happen. Yeah, but if you erase the movies, and that meant that, what, better movies could have been made in their place? Like, what type of director do you need to make, for them to have made a better movie than what Ryan Johnson did? Well, that's the thing, though. Know. It's all like, the OT was complete. They don't need to make more. But I get the idea that more is fun because it's a good thing. And I mean, like... That you have the original expanded universe, and that, to my knowledge, I haven't read any of it, but the report is that it's full of great stuff. And so, you know, they had a, a massive pool of resources to draw upon, but no, they wanted it all Disney fied. 
yeah, I don't know. It just kind of seems like it's a quit while you're ahead scenario. Stop while it's good, you know. <laughs> you either die the hero or live <laughs> long enough to see yourself become the villain. Essentially. Isn't that like self-fulfilling? It's like, of course, because... What about, what about someone who becomes a villain and then becomes a hero again? Hmm? What about that? Oh, they, there you go, exactly. That's they my broke story the right mold. there. Mm -hmm. Villain-free trial. <laughs> Uh, where are the doggies? Well, Wolf did actually pop in. Uh, Rags has got a very bad throat, um, from what I understood, and he was um, giving it some time to heal over slash rest, so... Oh, is that what we're calling it now? That's what we're calling it. Uh, isn't this getting into subjectivity because you expect a hero to be moral? But what is moral? I find assaulting people immoral, but Legal Legal doesn't. <laughs> oh, that was painful to watch. I mean, oh, yes. like, I, I can't remember enough of Legal Eagle's argument, but did he actually say at some point that it was not necessarily legal, but still bad? I, I don't know. Well, his his argument was like, he scrumpled her paper, which gives her enough reason to engage self-defense to the degree of what she does in the in the scene. Which is, no, that's like, no. Well, to that's, any reasonable yeah. jury, you'd be like, this is insane. <laughs> and he'd be like, well, by definition, it's not. You'd be like, okay. Uh, can we please never talk about Spider-Man again? I think it'll be some time before we talk about him again. He's a good man, but, we, you know. We need to recharge our spoiler batteries, but yes. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to get another movie now for at least, like, two or three years, so... We'll have time. What have against Spider-Man? Come hmm? on. What's, what, what's wrong with Spider-Man? Oh, I think they just... Great. They just... They, I don't know. Too much Spooderman. Need some Spooderman rechargings. Hey, chat, I'm going to go get some wings. Y'all want anything? I... I uh... I, I, I don't oh, know if anyone had I asked. Had good wings the other day. I had good wings. Mm. Uh, there's a movie that is just about a group of people kicking puppies. There is no inconsistency in the film, but no one likes the characters. Yeah, that would be possible. <laughs> uh huh. I agree. Um, you should have one of them kick slightly less puppies, and so by comparison, we're like, that's the good guy. He's a that one. <laughs> You know yeah, the, and you could say it is objectively not as bad as the other version as well by having a point of a new point of comparison. Even. He kicked less puppies than that version. Yep. So it is not as bad. But then someone's like, "But what if the puppies are evil?" And then there's like this whole prequel film where the puppies Ooh, like killed well, a bunch of well, children. Evil puppies. That, mm. That's yeah, a whole other thing. That creates a whole new thing. Uh, ignore <laughs> the previous super chat. Please talk about Spider Man again. I gave you more money. Okay. Well, we, we did, so... <laughs> uh, get me some peanut butter wings. Peanut butter wings? What the what? hell? Are they saying, like, sauté wings? I do not sauté know. Sauté has peanut butter Their follow-up super chat says, You heard me, peanut butter. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> uh, interpret that as sauté. Now, I'm gonna have what? to see if that's a thing at some point. I don't want to stay up. What kind of sauce? I think that might have been reference to the uh, spaghetti bolognese, maybe? I'm not sure. <laughs> possibly. What are the major world-building problems in Black Panther? I'm writing a story where I take Wakanda and turn it into something that makes more sense. I'm pretty sure I outlined um, them in my video. Go check yeah, that out. Yeah, magic, <laughs> magical rock, therefore, equates to insane advanced technology. Oh, I've never been able to talk to you about this. So I got called racist and a white colonist sort of thing because I don't know any reference outside of my British heritage that I complained that they didn't spread their um, their culture and their people further than they actually did. Like in Black Panther, the logic is that they stopped after they 
conquered like the surrounding four tribes, like the main tribe, and then they just yeah, and I it's mean, like, and I was like, why wouldn't well, you expand? Is, yeah, the reference is as soon as you have a, a greater population than the land that you have control over can support, expansion always is a result. Yeah, and and no matter the they culture. were like, of course you think that way because you're European, and I was like, I don't, I think that's just intrinsic. You would want. <laughs> so, to, to... <laughs> background kids sorry it's okay my my literal logic was like okay so you have like a house and then you're like oh we've got like loads of people that have trouble fitting in this house maybe we build another house next to this house so we, we've now yeah. extended yeah. our border by a little bit and you just keep doing that over time which they started in the stone age dude <laughs> they would have they would have had time <laughs> to spread let's just say yeah, and in the past, you actually needed far more farmland to support a certain number of people than what we do now because we have advanced technology and we can get far more out of, you know, farming and if, techniques and land, you know, stuff. And if you thought that your culture was the, like, most moral and superior, you probably would want to expand to prevent others from, like, encroaching and partially taking over. Well, I mean... And not only that, I mean, this this is a whole other subject here, Morlis. <laughs> we, we can't go into <laughs> too true. much. But there, you can objectively judge certain cultures based on certain conditions. Like, for instance, human sacrifice. I would say that's bad. I'm not a fan Any of that personally. That has human sacrifice has a very negative element, at least, if not is wholly repulsive. On you know, I, you can find positive things, but still, just because it's of another culture and you know they're raised that way, that doesn't excuse that as being very bad. So, yes, that's what I'll say on that. And then trial by combat for the most advanced civilization in history is retarded. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> it's tradition, Mola. It's Come tradition. Off. That was the thing. People were like, "You keep saying it's bad when it's a tradition." I was like, "I'm making fun of their tradition. I'm saying it's dumb." <laughs> There's some things we give up on our traditions, okay? <laughs> like sometimes we're like, you know what, this thing, not so good. Uh, there are so many people saying that they needed something to read after Harry Potter ended and Twilight was there. That has nothing to do with storytelling, it just happened to come out at the right time. Nah, I don't agree with that. Um, Twilight has some very essential, like actual elements in it that appeal very strongly to certain demographics. Um, yeah. Like, there's a reason why it was popular, so popular, and it wasn't just its release date. I honestly didn't even realize that it was released at that point. Like, I. Uh... No, and it's not only that, it was popular for a very long period of time. There were spaces, gaps of time in between each release of each book, right? And it maintained its popularity and increased with each release of the book, culminating in the movies, which then skyrocketed even further. All these things do not coincide with, you know, the release of Harry Potter. Uh, hello gentlemen, sorry I'm late. Where is Rags? Oh, wait, we've, he's, he's a bit ill. Let's put it that way. Uh, why are we talking about Spider-Man? Game of Thrones Season 8 Episode 5 and Unbridled Rage is coming out. I know, it's on the way. That's true. We can talk about Spooderman up till then. Although I don't really know why we discussed Spooderman and, and really cared about it. It's just uh, it's for kids and it's got space. Space, space, space webman. Why, why, why should we webbers. love him? He's a, he's a webman. Uh, what is your opinion on the channel History Buffs? I think I've seen some of his videos. 
Yeah, I've seen some of his videos. Love what I've seen. I've given him a shout out on my channel. Uh, I know some people take issue with certain historical facts that he shares now and then. I mean, he covers a lot of history that I'm not familiar with. Like, of course, my area of interest is medieval, you know, there. And so whenever he's talking about anything Napoleonic, um, it, like 18th century before or after different cultures, I'm nowhere near as informed. And so it's hard for me to say this is good or this is bad. But I think he does great work. Fair enough. I think I've seen some of his videos, like I said. Is he, does he have, like, an animated intro sometimes? Yeah. Yep. yeah okay. Nick Hodges, I believe. Good old Nick. Um, I'm watching EFAP when I'm, su I'm suddenly a massive. I didn't ask for this. And thank you all, massives, for making a two-hour drive every day, other day. Other, man, this is pretty evident that I'm falling uh, to a different dimension right now with my brain. I'm watching EFAP <laughs> when I'm suddenly a massive. I didn't ask for this. Also, thank you all you masters for making a two-hour drive every other week entertaining. Well, if you're doing a two hours every per two weeks, I'm not even sure you can actually keep up with EFAP at that rate. I'd be interested to see if that's possible, actually. But yay, good stuff. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, hey, Muller, would you be open to giving notes for short-slash-feature scripts for a price? I need a hypercritical massive to scrutinize my script. Cheers. Um, I'm one of the people that basically says an all-round no, because I don't know how to pick and choose it in a way that uh, would be fair, and I wouldn't want to charge for it because uh, then it would be like the person who pays the most gets it. And I'd be like, oh no, I don't want to be in that position. So I tend to just say no. I don't even do it with friends stuff typically. Like if someone's like, I made a video, tell me what's wrong with it. I'd be like, oh no, do that. Yeah, my consultancy rate is like $100 an hour minimum. Is that a thing you actually do? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know, that sounded kind of reasonable to me. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's, it's all—it's a matter of time, and that's the issue. And and the thing is, though, because things are going so well for me at the moment, if I was to try and break up the income I've been able to produce recently into an hourly rate, it would be pretty tough to... I'm not loaded, don't get me wrong, but things are going pretty good. And so if I was to say, all right, if you need, wanted to divert my attention to something else on separate to the projects that I want to work on that will yeah, you know, produce a good return to me, well, what is the, what incentive is it to, for me to help? And I do try and do this on my channel on the occasion, just invite it and do it as mm -hmm. a you know something to help the community and stuff like that. But separate to the times when I can devote time to it, yeah, it becomes difficult. Uh, I'm curious on your opinion on Mary Jane. If the character doesn't act like Mary Jane or look like Mary Jane, why was she called Mary Jane instead of making a new character and expanding the universe? Uh, to try and bank on the recognition of her name, I can't imagine many other reasons. I know, you can... It's weird though because they only went, they only called her MJ. It's like so they weren't even confident enough to do that yet. They, mm. Then why did they even call it MJ? Well, like, have you seriously? heard about like the legal issues they have with? Uh, no. There's a there's a video that I got directed to a couple of times from Midnight's Edge that goes over the um, the troubles that essentially the. It's, this is a really bad explanation that I'm going to do because I'm very tired and I can't remember the video fully. But I think the idea is something like, if ever they take any character or do anything specific with someone that isn't dramatically different, then um, those characters don't get frozen for Sony. As in, any character that appears in the Tom Holland versions can't be used ever by Sony in separate versions because they're like tied to the MCU. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so they have to make them different enough or they don't have them at all, I think was the logic. 
Yeah, so you you know that might explain it from um, another point of view, or like I said, they could just be doing it to be like, hey, remember this one? You guys come see this movie. You like this character? Come on. It's all Sony's fault. Confirmed. And Disney, uh, they're all hey, evil. Um, <laughs> Down with the I'm corporations. Down they go. I'm gonna go ahead and call it for tonight. I have got shit to do in the morning. Very well, it's sir. Been a pleasure, sir Daspo. Yes, he was. Well. Oh, sorry, sorry. I I don't swear just as a matter of you know principle. So it's hard to you say can, your name in, in, in fullness. You can call me Gavin. That's Gavin, right. awesome. That's that's a great name. I Thank love you. it. Nice. Thanks, Gavin. It's been sweet. Thank you. Uh, we'll uh, see y'all next time. See you, dude. Hanging out. Gotcha. Yeah. See you next time. That leaves aren't me you glad I'm Yeah, I'm actually glad I'm here more well, early. If you left, I would probably have to take the Discord thing off the string so it would knock me out of the call eventually, which means it wouldn't be oh. a displayable thing. Oh. About oh, that. Dear. I'm going to have to speed this these descriptions up, because otherwise I'm going to have to face that horrible result otherwise. Are you guys <laughs> theorizing about a theoretical discussion you could theoretically have? That's the best kind of discussion. <laughs> that's, that's high tier right there. <laughs> what is the worst movie you've ever seen? Ooh. 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 <laughs> I mean, <Last> Jedi. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, me and Wolf talked about this for a while. We think Terminator Genesis is still worse than uh, The Last Jedi. Really? See? That it, like, yeah. it does a better job of destroying its franchise. Like, TLJ was pretty good. It was pretty good. Did a good job. I, I appreciate it. Like, <laughs> I high five Brian Johnson. You did well, man. Like, you, you did well. But. You didn't do Terminator Genesis well. They deleted Terminator 1 and 2. Can you do that? Can you delete the OT? <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention, dude, turning John Connor into a Terminator. How much more insulting can you get? It's like, yeah, okay. That happens. Uh, yeah, I can see your point. I can see your point. Like, I, I just don't... I don't have nearly as much nostalgic attachment to um, Terminator to be able to understand the insult, the travesty that mm. is Genesis as a result. I mean, I feel like we're getting another bout of that with this Dark Fate thing. We'll have to see what they do. Oh dear, yes. Oh dear, indeed. <laughs> hey, Fringy, watch the recent Cosmoronic with Wolf. Good to see the Australians and the incels talking. I'm sure you would appreciate that. Muller, I like your content a lot. Started watching you with Captain Marvel, been watching your other videos, and it's been helping me think more objectively when watching movies and on my own writing. Keep up the good shit. Thank you, sir. Good stuff. That's a phenomenal fun. compliment, actually. If we, any way that you can help someone think more objectively, then that's awesome. Yeah, and I, yeah, I hope it can lead to better things. Obviously, that would be a great result if if, if we get to that point. Um, because my God, it would be nice to get some great movies that are mainstream again. You know, just get, give it a few decades. We'll get there. Yeah. Here's some yeah. rhino milk money. Hope you've had a great Sunday. It's been an eventful Sunday, to say the least. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'd absolutely say it's been a fun one. Though. Uh, oh, it's been awesome. Help GF wants to adopt... Oh, help. GF wants to adopt orphans. Wolf, how did your parents raise you without telling you they hate you? JK, love y'all. Hi, Rags. Watch later on Moolah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot in that. So, hi Metal, I see you in chat. Uh, question for Fringy or Shad, do Aussies have health bars above their heads like all the animals and insects in Australia do? Oh yeah, absolutely. How's yours looking? I mean, mine's pretty good, okay? I'm, I'm living pretty safe. Still in the green? Moment, still yeah. in the green? Still in the green. 
Not gone yellow yet. That's good. Yep. Right, we're good. We're good. Uh, finally made alive. You're all breathtaking. Aww. <laughs> finally able to catch a live EFAP. Nice to see everyone today. I would like to know what you guys think about Monster Hunter World and the Iceborne info coming out, if you've seen it. Rags is best, Doggo. I've not seen the information, but I loved Monster Hunter World, and I really should have played yeah. more of it. I just haven't had the time. You know, that's exactly the same. I played it a bit, enjoyed it, didn't get enough, didn't, wasn't able to build momentum to just keep going, and then I got distracted and wasn't able to pick it up again. But man, yeah, I'd recommend it if you like Monster Hunter on other platforms. It was a godsend for me, because the last time I played it was, like, over a thousand hours on PSP, which is, you know, everything is downgraded. And then you go to PC, where it's just, oh my god. <laughs> yes. Um, Maybe Miss Dragon's Dogma. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it, but unless there were a, there was a console involved and no fancy interfaces or pop-ups, then no, it would have been a complete it would have been complete garbage. Not sure what that's referencing. Yeah, I don't know either. Dang. Apologies. Uh, Thor is completely different from the comics, where he went from stoic to joking. Does that mean Thor isn't a good adaptation, even if it's liked more? I would need to have a more familiar understanding of the source material. Thor is, yeah, uh, nowhere near as familiar with Thor. Spider-Man was always one of the bigger, you know, um, comic book characters I enjoyed. And uh, like I said, it's not impossible to improve upon the source material. Uh, it's it's always going to be more difficult the better the source material is because um, it's very hard to, you know, improve on sheer perfection that what it, that is Spider-Man. <laughs> kidding, but... Yes, I don't, I just, I'm not as familiar with Thor. Yeah, and I, I have no idea what he's like in the comics, but um, I know that there were fans of his first two movies that were upset with Ragnarok, so they were like, hey, this isn't Thor, this is some Joker. Oh yeah. Um, has Rich Evans, has Rich Evans an objectively angelic face? Yes, I can, I, yes, confidently. Spider Getty. I'm side of Molly here. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, I already bought wings, not spaghetti. Alright. <laughs> a lot of food stuff here. Oh, Speaking I'll tell of you which, what, when you're in the mood, spaghetti bolognese is just I can hit the spot so well. Uh this food analogy doesn't work. If you get the order you didn't ask for, you send it back. If you eat it anyway, knowing it's different, you have to judge it for what it is. Yeah, but to make the analogy more comparable, you can't send a movie back to get it fixed. <laughs> so it's like I suppose uh, you could you walk out and get your money or yeah like um, if only we could if only we could Ryan Johnson remake <laughs> this piece of crap right now like I thought that TLJ was going to be it man I thought it was like this is the yeah. movie it's so bad and so important that they'll remake it it's going to oh, be this one gosh. I was like no they didn't no <laughs> <laughs> they had a chance. Uh, Aliens is my favorite movie, but it's a mediocre alien movie. It's a fantastic action movie, but it lacks the terror that the original portrays. What do you think, Shad? I think um, there's a very different tone between Aliens 1 and 2. Aliens 2 had a much greater kind of action element to it that, personally, I enjoyed more than Aliens 1. And I personal thing, I'm not a big fan of horrors, and so the horror tone of Aliens 1 was, like, just, you know, still a great movie, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I really enjoyed Aliens 2 so much more. I love them both. I prefer Aliens, and it's because I cared a lot more about the characters. That's usually what... Made me like fall in love with that film, and I loved the uh, the journeys everyone goes on, and it was the film that made me love Ripley as a character as well. Uh, not that I didn't like her in in the first one; it's just that it's 
it's very much a, uh, you know, they're taken down one by one by an alien and the, we don't get a lot of character for all of them. Not to say they're bad in any way stretch of the imagination, I just um, connected more in the second one. But the first one is absolutely way more of a horror, while the second one is much more of an action film. I wouldn't agree with that. I still found the aliens to be quite um, terrifying in their own way in, in Aliens. Like when they, oh, yeah. when they come out of the walls in the first like action sequence, it's just like, oh, Jesus. I know where they're, where they're like, they're coming in, they're surrounding, and it's like, where are they, where are they? And then they like look through what the roof or the floor, like, holy crap! <laughs> like, yeah, there's some great, you know, like, uh, uh, beats in, mm -hmm. the, in the second one. Sounds, uh, <laughs> look at Batman Who Laughs, where he uses a gun. Batman Who Laughs? Is this an example of a, a deviation from what the character is that's so far in which you would say it's not the... Not I guess, the, yeah, people tend Batman to say he doesn't use a gun, right? Is that a thing that Batman does not yeah, do? Yeah, that's a big thing about Batman, yeah, and it's generally tied to his emotional scarring from the death of his parents. Right. But there would be a scenario in which he's forced to use one, yes? Yeah, there is. A, well, um, in the beginning of the Batman Beyond series, to explain Batman's retirement, he's getting old and he starts to get beaten by these villains. And uh, um, just because he can't manage it anymore, and he actually picks up a gun and points it at them, and they get scared and run away. And then he like looks at the gun in horror and realizes, I can't do this anymore. It's pushing me too far. Mm. And uh, so there's a great example of using... Exploring something that a character would generally never do to help, you know, progress the story in a different direction, a new direction, and stuff. So it can be done when done right, of course. Yeah. Uh, what about Batman White Knight? Don't know it. I don't know what that is. Either. Just finished Stranger Things three. Gotta say, I'm pretty disappointed. Not all bad, but I'd like to hear some in-depth thoughts within the next. Wait, some in-depth thoughts within the next twenty-five years. That he plans to make a video series, mostly. It's on my list, but my list is really long, and each thing takes ages. But yeah, I actually really did want to make a video on how season two destroyed everything. But um, I'd want—I wouldn't want to make that without making a season one video first to set up what was there to be destroyed. So well, that would take a while to get both of them done, and yeah. So maybe one day, no promises. Uh, Batman didn't kill anyone in The Dark Knight Returns, Fringy. Joker commits suicide to frame him for murder, but he never killed himself, even calling the guns weapons of cowards. My son agrees. Mm, there you go. There we go. The Shadowversity, the Blessed Swordsman. There is a super chat apparently directed to you, so I shall... Uh... Well, well I, I gift it to you, Maul, I, I, but I do very much appreciate the, the sentiment. Thank you very much. Thank you. Both, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> MCU Spider-Man is Iron Man's little sidekick. Feel that way, okay. I mean, I, I can see why people are led towards that opinion. I don't think he properly fulfills what a sidekick is supposed to be to honestly call him a real sidekick. I think he would have to appear in an Iron Man movie to help it, you know, assist, you know, Iron Man through his whole thing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um so, yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but I get the argument people say that a lot of his independence seems to be undermined by <clears> his um, adherence and desire to please Tony Stark. I get that. I get that. Uh, so in 30 years, when there's a million MCU Spider-Man movies, it'll be the true Spider-Man? It's very possible. If, they, if they're all consistently depicting a new version of Spider-Man... 
An example of a story where Batman kills and stays true to the spirit of Batman is Thomas Wayne's Batman in Flashpoint. Both Bruce and Thomas are Batman because they both fight for what they lost. Yeah, very. I'm. I'm. I'm I've got no reference. So less familiar with DC. <laughs> like real. Like I've, I. Growing up, I was always very Marvel. Um, and there's a, a decent number of DC comics I have enjoyed, but in comparison. It's very small. Or Fringled the Froggled. I will uh, make a note of that as well for Mr. Fring. Uh, get on with it. Tired of Spider-Man. Oh man, I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> Spider-Man didn't Ouch. stop for a while. <laughs> Not for a while. I'm, uh, unfortunately, it's dinner time and I'm needing to get the dinner ready for the kids. Mola, I uh, feel heartbroken that i have to abandon you to be alone That's it is all right so i wouldn't ha i wouldn't want to take this much time from you i've, I've already had much more <laughs> of a of an audience than ever would be deserved but i appreciate uh, how much time you spent honestly it has been such a pleasure thanks mate and until next time i'll see you later very well see ya which leaves me on my lonesome um <laughs> i think Discord gives you like two minutes in the call before it boots you out. So I'm going to see if I can grab Metal. He was in chat a second ago. I don't know if he's in work or whatever. If so, I'm just going to pull Discord off the screen. It's not going to be too much of a problem. Um, bye, other person. Mel, are you free? You can trust your tisms. Holmes. Alright, it's happening. I'm going to use Metal. You guys know him. He was in the uh, EFAB Gaming. Done and done. If he answers the call, of course. Insult chat. Give me a minute. All right. Hopefully, it'll he'll it'll he'll he'll sort it out eventually. Um. Until then, um, Shad, I know you're playing Devil's Advocate, but the argument is weak on the basis that Spider-Pig is a thing. Literally anything could be a Spider-Man. Damn, that would have been a good question. Let's, uh, I'll put it in, like, a thing. Hopefully I can ask him sometime. I find Spider-Pig amusing. I'm assuming that's the one from Into the Spider-Verse, right? He was a pig. <laughs> that's the extent of my memory. Uh, where do you get your film footage? How do you edit? Making vid reviewing shit films is amazing starting with Transformers 2 and know nothing about vids. Uh, you can rip them from, like, actual ones. You can, um, th there's a lot of different sources you can get films from. Uh, obviously a lot of people, and this is what I used to do all the time, was uh, YouTube videos. Just, the, you can almost find full videos of clips, or at least the most significant parts of movies typically are on YouTube in clips. Just download them. And, uh, That'd work pretty good. So, uh, that's what I'd recommend. Uh, or that, I suppose. Um, in case it disconnects me and looks weird, I guess I'll have to take this off. Oh, I'm good for now? Yeah, just join the- oh, there you are. Hello. Let's <laughs> join call. There we go. <laughs> How do you do? I am doing alrighty. How yeah, is it sorry going? guys, he's German. Can you- do you mind apologizing, please? I'm sorry. For- for the things. 
Uh, I've stuff. got I've got super chats to read, and then I can um, possibly consider sleeping. I probably won't. Sleep is for the week, is what I've heard. Can you confirm? Obviously, this? Mm. I can confirm this. I I had a nine-hour trip back from the wedding slash vacation yesterday, mm. and I had a appointment at eight eight o'clock this morning, and I hated every single second of it. <laughs> was it was it to discover if you have the big gay? Uh, yes. And what was the result? It's super gay. Like, Damn. the massives. Well, oh, that must have hurt for anybody listening to this. Sorry, I knocked my microphone. Um, why would you? Why, why, why would you do that? Well, hatred is expressed in many forms. That is my, that's my comment on that. Um, I agree. Help me settle also, a yes, debate. Hello. What, wait, what? What? They, everyone said hello, so I said hello back. Oh. Yeah, this is Metal. He played a game with us once on EFAP. It was a thing. And we played more games other times. That is true. <laughs> um, right, so help me settle a debate. Who would win? Captain Marvel or a fully fledged, fully armed Death Star? Yeah, it's Captain Marvel. It's not really... The Tick. <laughs> he would definitely I'm win. Sorry, I'm, st I'm still on the Tick high. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Villain, you face the Tick. The Tick. <laughs> um, that was so great. So sad it's cancelled. Tom Holland is the amazing Night Monkey. I would watch it. I'll say it. Comic Peter is a simple character with one motivating answer to all situations. Uncle Ben. The MCU Peter is the opposite. He learns to be better rather than referring to one experience. <sighs> Your lucky Shad was gone by the time I read that out. Though chat will still come after you. Shorter... short... Shorter Froman? Shorter Froman. Somebody touch a my spaghetti. Somebody actually like super chatted that. Alright. Nice. Thoughts on Picard? Thoughts on the Star Trek franchise? I haven't watched any of it. I'm the wrong person to ask, I'm afraid. I saw the trailer yesterday by by chance. Did you hate I, it? I don't know. I, here's the thing. I, I'm not a Star Trek fan. So I can't tell if it's like super cringe or it's going to be a, a neat little last hurrah. Well, it looks like an, like an action movie, like the newer Star Trek movies. Hmm. And that's not what I uh, connect <laughs> with the car like, thing. This is like a, the ancient, you know, Patrick Stewart, like, as he's like driving around, all these like super expensive lasers like flying everywhere. And he's like, I've got this. <laughs> well, yeah. There's like some uh, old characters in there that I saw. Data is back. It's like, I don't know, is that is that good? Will people I like think, this? Um, I, can't, I can't tell. I have no idea. I think uh, Nerd Rotic will be covering the shit out of it. I'll just get my, my Star Trek feed from him because I, I don't know anything about it. But I'm very, yeah, very much considering basically going through all of Star Trek because I keep hearing about it, man. I keep hearing about how bad the new ones are. And it's like, you know what? I want to know how bad they are by watching the old ones. Um, my dad recently watched Star Trek. I think, uh, what was he uh, watching at the time I was home? I think it was Voyager. It's just like need to watch i guess i mean i don't know if i would watch it all the way through but hmm. i know if, if you want to want someone to watch it with you I, I would be down i guess well we'll consider it we didn't get through game of thrones yeah. but maybe star trek will be the one well who <laughs> who was lucky there <laughs> i was <laughs> you got me there uh as a spider-man fan who doesn't read who doesn't read every comic and someone who loves mysterio as a villain I feel Far From Home has the best iteration of the character. 
Oh. Apparently I can't super chat from Firefox anymore. Damn. Uh, when they turned Spider-Man into a Latinx bisexual, they also changed his name. Why bother if there's no objective problem leaving it as it is? The scope for your objectivity is autistically constrained. Um, I, I, you haven't highlighted why, you've just said it's true. So, rip. Um, if you're going to highlight third-party content as your reasoning for why it's a bad, then you're not remaining objective to the primary content. It's kind of what we always said. And, and if you don't uh, remain consistent to that, you're going to find a lot more issues with a lot more different properties, and you'll find arguments like, well, that one doesn't count because that one's not as old. That one doesn't count because that one's not as well understood in terms of its legacy content, or, you know, how it has to maintain the spirit of the character, and then that gets very complicated as to what that even means. Um, a lot of people disagree on what needs to ma be maintained, so... Yeah, I tend to throw the entire argument out in terms of when we're judging this, the writing for what it is, uh, we consider it within itself, and then obviously extend that to continuity, so like sequels, prequels, universe, that sort of thing. But um, I would never disregard how important it may be for the expected audience uh, reaction. Like if I was making the film, and was like, should we have this character from the comic and completely ruin what they're supposed to be in the comic? I'd be like, that's probably not a great idea, guys. I don't know about that. I'm gonna piss off a lot of people. I don't know if that's worth it. Um, sorry, but Shad is 100% correct. A what-if scenario is convenient, can be applied to anything. I mean, what-if scenarios expose weaknesses? So Shad would do it with other people, and we would do it with other people too. So it's a good way to figure out principles validity. Validity of principles? Hmm. Words. Alita Battle Angel is a poor adaption. Yeah, Wolf managed to get uh, to talk about that in the beginning of the 45, I think it was. This is 45, right? Words are too hard, they escape me. Marvel was legally required to change Spider-Man due to the deal with Sony. This is why I don't like the adaptation argument, not all Marvel's fault. Well, yeah, I got to talk to Shad about that, so... Can pass along that video that sort of goes over it. Mr. Freeze from Batman TAS is a horrible adaptation of the original Vision from the comics, but because he was such a well-written character, TAS Vision has become the set standard for him in general. Which means, would one argue he was poorly written on release until enough time passed and he became well-written? It's kind of the issue for me as well, is that if it was well-written, it is. There's no... Time shouldn't be the one that changes it. Um, but perhaps there's a flaw there that I haven't seen yet. Uh, the m-adaption argument makes no sense to me, as even in the comic there's a bunch of different visions of Spider-Man and Peter himself. Uh, there's different justifications, like, as Shad was pointing out, the, um, the majority of the works is, I think, what he said. Uh, ignorant analogies don't make Shad wrong. Alright. What about non-ignorant analogies? When will you learn? When will you learn your actions have consequences? Now that's a reference to a certain Sonic fan. Stop supporting garbage cinema. Hello, Shad. Have you read Stormlight Archive? Um, when are we getting the Man of Steel BVS EFAPs? They're on the way, and I'm going to save this question for Shad. Hopefully I can get it to him one day. But the awkward thing is, like, you realize that me, Wolf, and Rags, when we do that, we're not going to be arguing from, like, why they betrayed Batman's character from the comics, because we have not read the comics. So I'm interested to see why... I mean, we'll just be talking about the films themselves. Hopefully that's 
what you guys are expecting. I don't know if you're expecting us to talk about the comics of Superman, because, I mean, most of us can't even read, so... ...be able to achieve such... That is a problem. Mm-hmm. The entire third act is a consequence to Peter interfering with the Sting operation. The Vulture decides to go for the big score because he learns Iron Man, Spider-Man, and the FBI are after him now. Peter then has to fix this on his own because he no longer has Tony's suit. The reason that Vulture was not caught was his fault, and he has to fix it by himself. That's actually something I didn't manage to mention, that that Sting takes place because of Peter's interactions with him on the, uh, ferry. But yes. Uh, yo, just dropping in, gotta go to work, though. I hope you have fun, sir. The teacher not being assertive is what the SJWs want. This is their pre-plan, and history has followed. This is the two sides of an ambiguous coin. Alright then. In Spider-Man 2, he's in college and dealing with real life. He will naturally have more consequences than he will in high school. Well, that's the thing about saying he should have money problems in high school. It's like, it's a little bit harder for him to have money problems when he's, um, of that age. And I think that once he grows up out of high school, they're probably going to be bringing in a lot of those um, money problems and stuff, depending on how they're going to separate him from the sort of uh, Stark fortune. I'm curious how they're going to do that, if they're going to do that. But they might not, so we shall see. Um, a lot of people in chat keep saying they want me to go to sleep. I gotta finish this first, guys. It's a commitment. So when does that happen? I don't... yes. Mola, here's a few bucks in advance I if you agree. guys ever do talk about Godzilla movie on this channel. Big thanks for all the content you produce. No problemo. And as for talking about Godzilla, I think we plan to do an EFAP movies on one of the Godzillas at some point. So that'll oh, happen, yeah. at least. Uh, every sense with Captain Marvel has tremendous stakes. She can kill anyone at any time, so even a meal is life and death. Thus, Captain Marvel has the best story. Every scene with Captain Marvel, I see. Alright. And I understand. I never liked Spider-Man. He was a wuss from the beginning and is so whiny and annoying. This is for the Godzilla potential. <laughs> so this is like starting a meme that we're going to talk about Godzilla. I don't know where that came from. Um, speaking of narration in book adaptations, I'd like to highlight Rorschach's journal monologues in Watchmen because I believe they are so well done. I remember what you're talking about, yeah. I need to see that movie again. I need to read the the novel version though, though first to understand if it's terrible or not, as a lot of people say. Uh, I haven't been able to stand High Top's content for a while. Glad you're covering him. Also, tell Wolf he's a massive orphan, or bleh, massive orphan for me. He's already fully aware of that. Also, I'm nearly releasing the uh, expanded universe law for EFAP number one on that J stream onto the Moolah channel. Like, I finished rendering it last night. It's like, I have a secondary project running every time I get, like, overwhelmed by the primary one, and that's the one that I took a million years to finally finish, but that'll be coming out. It'll be great! And finally, people will understand the orphan memes a bit better, I think. Um, it's confirmed. SM2 greater than Homecoming and FFH. If you say so. Okay, then according to your logic, that new girl 007 is going to be better than Craig's, regardless of the adaptation of the books. I don't know that... So the Craig one is the same continuity. If you're gonna, you can make an argument that they're not supposed to be um, female if it matches something in the universe. You can make the argument that she's supposed to have a different code name, or she's not supposed to share, share names based on evidence again in the continuity. Um, but yeah, you could have a female 007 that is a well-written story. Just because she's a girl doesn't mean it can't be well-written. 
Um, but I don't know enough about Bond to know what they might be breaking in a potential girl Bond film. And I don't even know that that's what they're doing. I can't remember what, uh, what the plan was. But, uh, yeah, it's possible. It was possible for the Ghostbusters 2016 movie to be good. It just... <laughs> it was unlikely. And they did not achieve it. Well, EFAP outlasted my earphones. See ya, guys. Goodbye. A villain in SM1 threat Peter's threatened Peter's beloved ones. Peter beat the shit out of him. Villain in Homecoming threatened Peter's beloved ones. Peter started sweating. <clears throat> I mean, Peter doesn't even let him die. Peter in Homecoming has different values, I suppose. Are they better or worse is the question. Fringy, they did use authentic. They said it wasn't historically accurate. It was authentic instead. Which is a bit of a reach that Battlefield 5 is authentic, but I suppose that could come down to how we all define the word authentic. It's complicated. Chad, the Japanese Navy used the katana in place of the saber used it by many Western navies during World War II. I would assume he's aware of that. If not, um, I, well, yeah, again, I, I would have thought he would be. Uh, a shy nerd would have problems taking girls out. The movie he is saying yet here and he is nor not shy nor is he acting like a nerd. He's an astustock hipster? Atastock? Oh wait, is that supposed to be autistic and it's spelt weird? I, I don't know. Either way. Um, <laughs> he still has trouble. He's still shy. Uh, please address Disney's casting of The Little Mermaid. Um, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but... I don't know what the hell their plan is with live-action movies. I don't know if there's a consistency to it. Are they all... Like, how is that even going to work? The, the Little Mermaid is going to be like... She's like the only real thing, and the rest of it's just like animated ocean and stuff. Melissa McCarthy is Ursula? That's just funny. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't want to watch any of those films. I saw that clip from The Lion King, and it's like, oh my god, why Why is everything horrible? Why is everything also, horrible? I, I'm so confused though those are happening anyways. Like... It's not like they did one and then another one the next year. It's just like all of them just like boom, 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 boom. It's like, when did they make this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went kind of <laughs> crazy with happen? it. Uh, Midnight's Edge says the MCU Spider-Man needed to have characters from Spider-Man to be significantly different from the comics because of rights issues between Sony and Marvel, so they had to change MJ. I wonder if that affects the argument for um, those those sort of people or not. I don't mean that derogatorily, I'm just curious. Uh, metal suit was given in the comics from Tony. We did bring that up. Hi. Hello. Uh, the thing about there being a true Spider-Man is that it's a title that changes hands frequently. It'll be more productive to argue the traits of Peter Parker and how they mix with the persona. Yeah, like Shad said, was the majority of the works is uh, kind of what he went with. Um, a great discussion with no passive-aggressive comments or personal jabs? Yeah, rags must be gone. Ooh. That's, that's mean. <laughs> sure, Rags would have been just the nice man. He would have been just a nice man. Hi, Mauler. Hello, Avenger. When he said everything is fine, he meant Peter didn't change. He is the same from beginning to end. I disagree. Though I disagree with that still. Hey, Mauler, just catching up now, but I just wanted to say I started watching Buffy and it seems like Power Rangers, but with better characters. <laughs> well, I hope it gets to a point where you uh, consider it better than that. Hopefully by the end of Season 2, uh, you'll be enjoying it more. We shall see. The sequels confirms he didn't change. Yeah, that's not something I agree with either. Um, there's a lot of detail in the journey Peter goes on, and uh, I think we've got it discussed today. People disagree, people agree. It's dependent on a lot of elements and how you may or may not interpret them. 
I felt our sort of uh, goals of explaining his journey was more supported by the dialogue than not, but uh, I'd have to see Far From Home again on the good old clean-tisms to be able to see stuff. Mola, before you finish that Game of Thrones Season 8 5 Rage, grab a joint beer or some Benadryl and consider your beautiful shots and themes. The themes! Maybe I do have a theme in that video. Maybe if yeah. you spot it, you'll get a birthday cake. I shouldn't make that promise, I'm gonna be held to it. <laughs> Could you have an objectively good rom-com predator? Um... I guess it could be consistent, but it would be uh, quite bizarre to deliver that to the public. I'd like to see how they'd react to it, though. Uh, did you hear about Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? It's supposed to be a horror-type movie. I like that idea. Yeah, when I found out it was horror, I was super interested. And apparently Scarlet Witch is in it, so... That shall be interesting. Okay, so this is then EFAP 45. There's like a whole slew of welcome. So welcome back all. Hi, Wolf. Speaking of reading manga, you guys should read Jojo Bizarre Adventure manga slash anime. Fair enough. I'm just here to annoy Wolf. I'm sure he appreciated it. <laughs> Machiculations. Hitler was overrated. How dare hey. you? <laughs> <laughs> Wolf, welcome back, you massive. Condolences on the loss of your friend. All hail EFAP and the brood. Long may it rain. Long may it rain indeed. Hi, Wolf. Uh, what about Machiculations Sword Dragons? I mean, I'm pretty sure those will be in Chad's book. How could they not be? Wolf, I'm aware that giving you this towards your pizza addiction is enabling, but I won't tell if you won't. I will make a note. Uh. Wolof, hello, my favorite massive, in my opinion. Froggled, make more videos. Molesler, how is Fester? Oh, he's good. He's good. I, I make sure to ask him regularly. Don't like him to feel alone. Praise Theoden. Wait, praise the Dawn, not Theoden. <laughs> I'm okay with praising both of them, but yes, the Dawn gets preference. Shad's book is a bad ripoff of Fern Gully. I think he saw that one. We managed to talk about it, I think. Uh, Wolf is a massive closeted fur fag. Also, hi, Mola. Yeah, yeah, hi, and yeah. <laughs> Far From Home is a rewritten <laughs> yeah. Iron Man 3. Angry Stark employee. Yeah, I agree with that. Revenge plot using his tech. Uh, well, it was their tech in the case of both films. You know, the regenerating stuff and then the, his illusions. Dumb character shit. I mean, that could apply to basically any MCU film, depending on what your thing is for that. Bad comedy. Again, eh, I don't really know what you mean. Bad science. I don't know that any of the MCU films have, like, super accurate science. But fair enough. Shad is a cutie. Are you saying there's no time travel? Fuck. Uh, I'm not going to confirm that. I don't want to smash your dreams, but I'm going to say that it's a maybe. A maybe. You already smashed multiple dreams of mine, so I'll, I can take it by now. Sweet. Wolf, your poll was confusing. <laughs> Gyllenhaal made me gay, but the movie was good. Oh yeah, Wolf was like, is the movie good or bad? And the answers were, it's gay and it's straight. People were like, wait, does... Is gay bad? Is gay good? And obviously, Gyllenhaal made a lot of people gay in that movie, so they were like, oh, so gay is good. So it might not have been, I don't know, we'll never know the answers. You know how much I sacrifice, shocker! That's a good combo of memes. Uh, how did he know about Edith? How did the holograms make- oh wait, so he knew about Edith because there was someone on his team that was involved in uh, Stark Industries specifically. I can't remember what 
the uh, profession is, but he does mention it. Uh, how do the holograms make darkness in the illusions when the holograms are made of light? How did he do illusions without drones? I don't think he ever did illusions without drones. He always had his own drones. He just got more when he got Edith. And uh, make darkness? Um, I suppose you can project dark, like lights that project dark colors. I um, I don't exactly know how the illusion tech works. Because uh, I don't necessarily know that it's really as possible as they portray it in the film. They just tell us that it works that way, I suppose. It's kind of... It's, it's amazing technology. Um, if Peter didn't use the drones to hide and conceal his identity again, then it's a bigger problem. Edith is kind of a franchise breaker. I don't disagree with that. It'll be interesting to see if they acknowledge that. Um, I don't like my boss. Should I kill my children? <laughs> I'll see how those two things connect. <laughs> is that I a think meme? That sounds reasonable to me. Is that a meme? Mola, please, it's 4 a.m. I know. <laughs> it's not 4 a.m. No, it's 5.40 a.m. for me. No, wait. It's 9.52 no, a.m. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Brain melting. There's a wait, how long have you been streaming? It says like five hours for me, so I'm confused. Everyone is surprised by five hours. Uh, that would be part two is five hours. Ah. Hmm. Well, see, now that makes sense. It's like zombie only in quotes five hours. Why is everyone saying you should go to sleep? Violent meme. Uh, someone donated $5 to say Venus. <laughs> I like it. We'll be living. Mola, close your eyes, go back to 201, and imagine the first time you booted up Battlefield 3 and played Conquest Large on Operation Metro with a shotgun and frag rounds. You're welcome. I have not played Battlefield 3. Why? I don't know. I was playing the COD games because I was less cool than you. Okay, there, I said it. Uh, um, I'll take it. Uh, I just got off work and walked into an argument. Get into the memes already. Oh, we're saving the memes. The memes must be saved, rescued, if you will, for the Save day of reckoning. Uh, Rags is oh, online. No. Add him to the call. R in chat for Rags. He was, um, uh, he's, 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 his throat is not up to the task today, and if he was to talk more, it might make it worse, so. No pusherino. Uh, Two-part chat. Villain plan are all stupid. If you wanted to control the world while heroically playing the victim, the best plan would be to marry into a highly nepotistic ethnic tribe with high verbal IQ that controls media and politics with blackmail and propaganda. Maybe we'll see that in Spider-Man 3. You don't know. How come Tony didn't just tell Peter about the FBI so that he didn't do something stupid? Um, I don't think that Tony was expecting him to even be, let alone aware of the... Um, the sting with the ferry, but that he was even in the location, and that even if he was to be doing all of those things, that he would end up doing the actions he committed to. And on top of that, the motivation behind it being, I wanted to be like you. It's like a big collection of Tony being disappointed in all the choices that Peter made, but um, complicated, to say the least. Marry into a high... Oh, wait, I read that. Lol, endgame, too much death. Let's have some fun now. Lamp. Yeah, uh, there's tonal shifts when you go through the entire MCU. Depending on what the film wants to do itself, and usually the opening scene will try and dictate it. That's uh, how a lot of these movies go. Like, if you watch the Civil War opening scene, it's just the, um, they're like, waking up Winter Soldier, and it's very, almost creepy. It's a very serious movie. But then you go to something like Thor Ragnarok, where, like, oh no, Thor's in a cage. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> Uh, Shad, you have how you wait. Shad, you you have 
preferred if he said, Fury just gonna drag me into another meeting. Fury's just gonna drag me into another meeting. Maybe. I don't know if Shad would say that's what he would be after. Uh, maybe. Olsen was there first, found the hammer and called for support. Oh, fair enough. I thought it was that uh, he was sent there. Yeah. Peter is unlikable because he's an orphan. Dun, dun, dun. Are people super chatting lots of Venuses? Oh. <laughs> Dad, you clearly just dislike Peter because he's neither a dragon, matriculation, matriculation, or sword. You would have agreed with that. That's just, just straight up truth. The Flash. Uh, Wolf, I got Ori to play on my laptop on flights to slash from the US. You're so positive about it, and it was so good when I tried it out. I spent half a day playing it. My flights aren't for a week. It's too fun. You would literally just tell you, yeah, it's an amazing game, and it's, I believe, his favorite game of all time. So, definitely a high scorer for Mr. Wolf. Um, thank you for the many hours of content weekly. You help keep my head at work. Love the objective versus subjective topic and view. Uh, keep up the criticism. Yeah, I, and I think that a lot of progress got made throughout these two EFABs discussing it. Um, I love the debates, you know? It's fun. And like I said, me, Fringy, and Shad have actually had these conversations a few times. We, uh, we're all very big into writing, so... It's fun. Anakin saved the galaxy and fudged. Is he a hero? And he fudged. Uh, but yeah, maybe. I don't know. He might come under the definition if he rescued some peoples. I can't remember. What makes a hero, Mel? Tell the, tell the world. Sorry? What is a hero? What makes a hero? Yes. I know. Doing something that's impossible to someone else, or overcoming something that is very hard to do, and you save the world while doing it. I mean, there's a lot of definitions to what a superhero. Think a hero. I mean, superhero is like someone that's like invincible, I guess, that has like a power or something. But like, <laughs> A hero general, like that could be a lot of things. You like, could be a hero like, if you free. rescue a child from being hit by a bus. Yeah, but I wouldn't do that because I don't want to get hit by a bus. <laughs> I could just see the scene now. Go, <laughs> you're, you're standing there, you point at her and go, No! <laughs> <laughs> Someone save that child! <laughs> it's a really slow like bus setting. headed towards there. You're just like, If only someone <laughs> could do something. I, I'm saying, like, right next to us, like, I could just. Reach out and like pull it back. Like, you, you, oh, could, you could no. even throw something at her to just make her fall over. <laughs> just like no. Uh. Um. Played most of Dark Souls two. The second half of the game is a complete mess that I could never figure out what to do. Got into three trees in early game area. DLC very varied in quality. Terrible recycled bosses. Try in Shulva, but also Sin and Alon. Well. I assume you mentioned that to me because of my DS2 series, and you probably know from that that I love DS2. You never played Dark Souls 2. Lies. Haven't watched Far From yeah. Home yet, but I will watch this stream after that. Have a good stream, boys. Love y'all. And Shad, I will buy your book soon. Wolf, when it's reprinted. Fringy, you frog. Yeah, agreed on all counts. Fringy, what's I your favorite Daredevil season? Mine's three, but one is a close second. I think... I think his is number one. I will keep the question and try and ask it I'm that's suitable. What's up, Mola, Wolf, Ringy, and Shad? Oh, they didn't say hi to you, Mel. Damn. I mean, I guess that's no, like no, eight hours no, away. No, 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 no. Just hate me. <laughs> okay, that's cool. 
I'll take it. The thing I dislike about <laughs> Far From Home is Mysterio's origin, as it's been done before in the MCU. Mole, you inspire me, good man. Why, thank you. And yes, it has been done uh, in the vague terms of person who is disgruntled because of Tony. I believe there are four of them now, possibly more. A lot of Tony disgruntled peoples. Wolf, I love you, please. Films of the past are not <clears throat> films of today. The most exciting future MCU film is shown at SDCC. I think it'll be the Doctor Strange one. That's the one I'm most interested in, anyway. That old blade. Wolf vs. the World. Also, don't send me to EFAP prison. Oh, he did read that one out. Um, Beowin, if Mauler and Wolf are cat dog, then Rag should be the blue mouse. Also, Wolf Jack Black. Um, I think, yeah, Beowin's got free reign to do exactly whatever he wishes to do. Uh, Wolf sticking around? Great, let's talk prequels. Uh, I think he was too far gone at that point to be able to talk about the prequels. Maybe one day. Mr. Wolf, Doritos Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese? I'm gonna guess he'd go with Cool Ranch. That's my, that's my guess. Though, um, if I'm wrong, then my other guess would have been the other option, so I can't be wrong. My backup choice. Yes, this video nice is choice. subjective. He confirms it. Doesn't change the fact that Far From Home is objectively massive. Glad EFAP Civil War 1 has ended. Godzilla is retarded. Um, I retarded. agree, yeah. And, um... He does confirm his video is subjective, but he also makes a couple of objective claims, which is part of the problem. A classic mistake. Or was it a mistake at all? Maybe it was deliberato. You ever think about that? No, I'm very retarded. <laughs> I refreshed the page to make sure I'm getting them, and I got like a new comment on a video. I checked it. It was like, uh, it just says on my Captain Marvel one, couldn't be bothered finishing this vid. In fact, why am I writing this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do you, buddy. Just got here. What are you on and can I have some? Oh, that was for Wolf and probably you just gotta gotta ask him, I guess. Uh, I mean I oh. can give you some beef jerky. I have some lying around. You can't just That's offer insane. people beef jerky, dude. Sorry, I'm Okay, no. Dangerous. Fuck you, you're not getting any. <laughs> penis you up. It's full penis now. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> Who would ever meme something heartbreaking? It's not like after Infinity War there were tons and tons of dead Peter memes. Yeah, it's totally not like uh, kids of our age to meme tragic things. Those bastards. I would never do that. Ugh. Why am I not surprised this is still going? Yeah, there was no point in being surprised about something like that. It's just... It is inevitable. Uh, Follow-up. Yes, I watched all of your DKS2 series and found it interesting. I was surprised you never mentioned the terribleness of Grave Robber Varg and Sierra while talking about the DLC. Eleven hours. You had time to do so, Baller. I missed out a couple things, honestly. And the, the, the series evolved. It wasn't necessarily intended to be the way it ended up when I started. Um, I think the way, the best way to explain it is, uh, I don't know, Mel, you probably remember this, it was like, I, I know what arguments I had to counter from H-Bomber Guy, and I needed to collect footage. And as I was collecting footage, things started to happen where I was like, holy shit, this is bad. <laughs> and then I collected yeah. them up, and I was like, how do I put these in the script? I was like, how do I... How do I... And then I was like, oh, some of these things I can fit, some of them I can't, I have to put them around different videos. And it was, yeah, it was, it was complicated, but I think it worked out. Um, I think May's position... Sorry? Uh, just a, I think just a <laughs> collection of the clips with hit bad hitboxes was like... Oh, yes. Compl 
not complicated, but it was so many of them. I think you had like at least three times more than you have in the video. Yeah, already. it was just a matter of trying to get the clearest ones or the best ones. Yeah. I think that May's position in this movie, to be fair, if I made this movie, May's position would be on her knees. Oh my. Uh, Luke should have given Solo's dice to Peter Parker. Dice are better than a briefcase. I agree. Ben's dice meant more. Wolf, how do you have 300 red... Oh, he did answer that. Um, would you feel as objective if D&D didn't make the Old Republic movies off of any source material and it was still an objectively decent movie? Um... I honestly, whatever they do with Star Wars, I hope it's good. But we don't have a lot of faith to go on right now. The interesting thing is the fact that they're supposed to be good at adapting. So what if they do take source material and do well with it? That'll be quite the um, experience considering their reputation right now. But, um, would you feel as objective if D&D didn't make the Old Republic moves off any source material and it was still objectively good? I guess so. Like, I, I don't know why... I wouldn't, but it may be... Oh, maybe you, if you've made the mistake of thinking, like, I don't, I'm not too into the, um, the Old Republic's content, uh, I guess a good one to go for with me would be something like Buffy, or if it was adapted to a, a movie or something. Um, the question would be, would I be able to separate myself if they fucked up the characters, that sort of thing, but, I mean, Game of Thrones kind of did it, and I still separate myself to talk about the quality of the writing versus uh, the quality of the adaptation. It's still two different things. Group hug to Wolf. Yes. Hey Wolf, was wondering since you read the Wheel of Time series. Oh, I th I think he answered that? I can't remember. He definitely read something about the Wheel of Time. Uh, he definitely read that one. It might be 2 2, 2 a.m., but EFAP is more important than sleep. Wolf, I feel you on the high deep thoughts. Love you all. Thanks for the great streams. No problem. Molly, you massive. Buy a Kit Kat and a soda to boost your dignity. I appreciate that many people saw the uh, the world class bullshit stream. I've seen a bunch of references. Good shit. Um, Buffy is technically an adaptation of the original movie, is it not? I think that the source for both of those is Joss Whedon's head, and that technically the movie is partially considered to be like in canon within the show, but to a different degree. They mentioned she came from a different school and she burned down the gym. Which isn't what happens in the movie, but it's implied that that's where she came from. Um, but there's other reasons why that wouldn't fit together entirely. It's just that, as far as I'm aware, the movie was taken from his ideas about Buffy, and then the show is also the same thing. Uh, oh, and hi, Rex. I think the movie would have been better if they paced it out more, spread it over two movies. Villain plan phase one, movie one, phase two, movie two. Perhaps. Wolf, you was kind, you was smart, you was important. He did read that one out, too. Conspiracy theory. I think this is building up to Spidey leaving the Avengers or being the big finale piece in some movie later down the line. The former would be interesting, the latter more likely. Hi, Rag. Glad you've been live since I left for work. Now at home. Also, hi me in three hours. There you go, some guy. There you go. <laughs> he kills villains like Iron Man now. Well, Spider-Man didn't kill anybody. Uh, Mysterio shot himself, which... I don't think you can really say as much different from what happens with Norman in the first movie. <laughs> Holy fuck, it's the famous stream on Metal Commander. <laughs> <laughs> we got Metal Commander. Mysterio is a simplified syndrome. He doesn't intend to give powers to anyone else, though. It's usually just for him. Syndrome did say he wanted to like sell his stuff eventually, right? 
But yeah, I, I can see the comparison for sure. Um, brought our dried up, dew filled pubic hairs together quintessentially. Someone paid money for me to say that. Nice. A strange world we live in. Guess. My work day is longer than one episode of EFAP. Get good, scrub. Is it though? <laughs> what is it though? <laughs> uh, do you think a story needs an overarching theme or lesson to be good? I think not, but hey, I'm not a writer, so I wanted your opinions on that. No, um, I don't think you're required to have one. You could have a story where you didn't even detect one, and then it could be ones that weren't intended to have one that do have one. It's a whole fascinating thing. I think that people will tend to connect your story more if they can enjoy it on its own and then see a big pattern slash lesson sort of thing. It'll it'll maybe hit them in the heart a little bit more, and if you want them to remember it more, you might gun I for I mean, that. isn't that because the Dark Souls lore is so, so popular? Because it's not a focus, but there's like a lot of going on, apparently. Apparently. Well, I think, <laughs> I think people will be comfortable in saying, yes, there is a lot going on, absolutely. Yeah. How do you massives go for so long? Love you all. Uh, training on Twitch for many years, and this became a thing. What if they pull a Daenerys with Rey? Oh, I'd love it, Bobson. It would be so much fun. I hope they do. Watch Lord of the Rings for the first time in 12 years. First time extended. It's great. Lighting for nighttime mm. scenes is amazing. Puts Game of Thrones to shame. Love you. Completely agreed, Kara. If young Bruce Wayne gets Green Arrow's tech and depends on Ollie more than Alfred, his parents' memory, and if well executed, is it a good Batman movie? I mean, I'm of the perspective that uh, what would be required to make a good Batman movie is something to do with adaptation, and then what makes a good adaptation is complicated. I like the sentiment that you need to keep the spirit intact. The problem is what defines it, and uh, that's another conversation I think is very interesting. Um, but obviously, I would just maintain that it could still be a good movie, but what makes it a good Batman movie is a little bit more complicated. I think you'd probably agree. But I'm not the best person to ask anyway, because I haven't read enough of the Batman comics or seen enough of the shows. Slash, Well, I've seen all the movies, pretty much, so at least I've got that. Finally got into university Yay. I hoped for. Was able to catch the end of yesterday's EFAB that started after I went to sleep. Nice. Good day to you. Good day to you, sir. Makashi is a fighting style lightsaber form and is one of seven. Check out Jensara's channel for more info. I'd like Chad's take. Um, yeah, it would be cool if he did a video on that, actually, because I know about the, um, the, the seven fighting styles or whatever. Um, and he goes through some of the stuff in his videos on, like, lightsaber movements. It would be interesting to see which ones sort of match up or which one he would decide is the uh, most effective. Please split evenly amongst everyone on EFAP today. Uh, I, I don't know if the the cost of sending um, 66 cents is probably going to be about equal. I'll just put it in like a kitty thing that'll just grow and then once it gets to a certain thing I can send it. But yes, uh, pulling a Daenerys with Rey would be different. Daenerys had a personality to ruin. That's a good super chat. Underrated. Beautiful. Uh, next EFAP gaming needs to be Shad Spawn versus Sargon Sun in the dinosaur game. <laughs> that was a fun <laughs> stream. Uh, Marry Shag Kill. Tom Holland Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Ooh. I'd marry the Tom Holland one. He's got a promising career right now. He's, uh, he's, he's a very handsome lad. Uh, Shag Andrew, because he's a very attractive lad. you know. And then uh, kill, you know, Toby, because, you know. You would cry about it. I'd be like, it's okay, Toby. I'd pat him on the head. Uh, 
Black Panther movie rewrote the premise. Originally, they found the vibranium less than a hundred years ago. I think they had a problem with technology developing too fast and made more problems trying to fix it. That's really interesting, if that's true. I could totally see that being sort of like an unseen problem with trying to approach it. Have you seen You Were Never Really Here? No. I don't recognize the name, either. Uh, Shad, I must protect myself from temptations of the gay. Tell me, Serpent Slayer, how did our ancestors defend themselves in long times past? I'm so sorry that, uh, he was unable to answer that question. Wait, two EFABs in one day? Holy bonus content, Batman, have some money. Why, thank you, Matt. Uh, it was kind of two, well, one split into two, as we did with the Critical Drinker one, and the... Well, that's the latest one we did it, that's not this one. There's been a couple of them now. Um, important question, have you seen the Cats trailer? I did, it was terrifying. I don't want to see it ever again. Um, why? I, I, I heard about this, what, what is the fuzz about? The, the creepy costume no CGI cat people, it's disturbing. Oh. Some of them are like fat too, and it's like, what, 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 why? <laughs> um, I really want to see the trailer now. <laughs> go, just watch it, do it, it's a weird one. Alright, so... I'll do, it. I'll do it right now. Venus 2, Venus 3, Venus 4, Venus 5... Oh my Venus... god, what is this? Yeah, say I told you. Venus 5 it again. It was only the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> I just got through your DS2 series for the third time. You'll be pleased to know I was never bored. Ah, that's excellent, Ryan. I'm on, I'm on par with TLJ then. I swear I wasn't stealing a joke by incident, it's just slow. Oh, it's all good, Taylor. It's all good. Pirates of the Caribbean, Ferris Venus Day Off, Venus the Sixth, Venus Resurrection. I, I, I'm fascinated by this. Please ask Metal the bathwater question, you massive. All right, Metal. Important question for you. I'm okay. not gonna sell bathwater. No. That's not the question. The okay, question I was is: guessing. If a person is to drink used bathwater at will, <laughs> will he get herpes? Do they deserve herpes? <laughs> Yes, yeah, why not? Oh, you're saying yes? Alright. I feel like we might actually have to make a note of everyone's votes on that one. Um, I mean, is it your own bathwater? Is it someone else's bathwater? Someone else's. You purchased it, you opened it up, and you drank it. Do you deserve herpes? <laughs> you deserve to get, I don't know, shot in the head or something. Shot? <laughs> um... And then the last, the last super chat from Eric Stewart, Metal, I want to cup your butt cheeks with both of my hands and bounce them back and forth between each other like I'm trying to weigh them. What do you think? Excuse me? I think that's, uh, that's not a denial. I think he's on board. Wait, wait, wait. I, I was only half listening because I didn't realize I was... It's better that way. With both my hands and bought some... Um, <laughs> how much do I get? <laughs> and... And can I put it on my porn channel? Yes. To make money off of it. Well then, go, go wild. The Venus water <laughs> question. Okay, that is it for this double bill of EFAP. I need to go back to the living world. Um, uh, thank you so much for watching. This is the end of the, the Spooderman arc of EFAP, I think. There was three episodes in a row for it. I think we talked about the films extensively, talked about their pluses and cons in, as a, in a consistency manner, and then tried to talk about them from adaptation points of view, and then checked out both the high top videos. He's He seems just fine. If he'd like to come on EFAP to discuss the films, that is absolutely fine. Um, I remember Wolf was telling me the other day that apparently he's debated the uh, 
the the films previously um or it might not have been wolf i can't remember someone told me um it would have been fringy, actually. The, the, I might check that out just to see what what they kind of argue with or how. Um, big thank you to the guests. It's been wonderful. Shad and, and Despel shit hanging around for a bazillion years, and of course Fringy. They're all bringing their A game for their arguments. I hope you all you all enjoyed it. Um, it's tough to sort of uh, talk about films at the same time as trying to like reestablish a agreed upon foundation for like writing. And so, the point is to try and actually, like, just have people listen to it and maybe uh, it can benefit them in their own writing or at least explore it so that we can all progress and, and make better judgments as we go along too, because uh, this adaptation thing, it's not over. It'll come back. It's going to be with something else. It could be Batman. It could be um, the Man of Steel stuff that people are looking out for. So, yes, and um, people sending memes on Twitter, etc. Don't worry, they're being catalogued. This was episode 45, so that means five episodes from now we're going to be doing the um, the 50th, which will, that one will have memes, or it'll be the one where we're celebrating an anniversary, which would be the 22nd, a month from now. One month from now is when we did the first EFAP stream, guys. It's been one whole year. So, uh, amazing. But yes, thank you all for watching. Thank you for your generous donations and um, your wonderful pieces of artwork that I'm still collecting. I hope you had a lot of fun, and links for everything is in the description. This will be uploaded on the Moolah channel. The first one should be going up relatively quickly, because I think it should have processed by now anyway, which is a good thing about doing two parts, I guess, but, um, yeah. Thank you all, good night, and we shall see you next Bye. time.